on in, Get Fresh crew. Sit down. The fire is warm, and Uncle Jim and Uncle Eric are about to tell you about this week's books. For some reason, that came off creepier than I thought yeah, it was. But I'm America's creepy. sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm, I'm Jim Werner. And this is the Weird Science DC <laughs> Comics Podcast, episode number 166. 166. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official unofficial podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com. For the week of March 9th, 2018, Eric, and I say that a little different. We're actually recording a lot of our podcast on a Friday night. Right. Going to clear up that weekend for you. You got a lot of weekend plans there, you, you creepy uncle. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I don't know what. Toys. <laughs> yeah, really, everything's coming into view. Right now, I, I oh. see your overall plan. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, proud. the Batman Podcast proud. Network, and the Tangent Bound proud. Podcast Network. Eric, proud. Facebook, we're on of that at Weird Science DC Comics. We're also on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have an already mentioned award-winning website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com. We also have an iTunes account, Eric, and wow. I'm telling you before, we I did mention that some guy, uh, some Willie, Five Willie Shuffle or something, he has a review on there that is not so uh, pleasant. And uh, I'm just asking somebody to get one other review up there on iTunes. So we're going to have a contest. Uh, the next review on iTunes will make me smile. There's your contest. And really, I don't even want to do that. I'm telling you, though, it doesn't happen often. I mean, that is a very prestigious honor uh, to make me smile, Eric. You've never done it, so there you go. Oh, what up? We also have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash weirdscience, where we have a lot of shows each and every week. Uh, mostly, we try daily, but there's a couple uh, days that we're doing other things, like reviewing 800 comics or recording a podcast, Eric. Yeah. But we try to put up a lot of shows we have over 190 episodes Crazy. of shows so far since we started that uh one of the big things that we have is the badasses get to pick the patreon only spotlight and that is a spotlight that will only be on the patreon account you can go and subscribe to listen to that but it will not be on this podcast and this week they picked batman white knight number six and justice league number 40 so if you're looking for those they are over in the patreon account you can go over and sign up to whatever level there. you want and listen and as i say usually at the beginning of the month i really try to stress it but if you go and sign up you will not be charged right away that's a thing they do not charge you right away uh you will be charged at the beginning of the next month and if by then you do decide that you don't like what uh we're doing you don't like eric's jerk off voice anymore you have enough of him that. uh you can just quit you can stop and then you will never be charged and at least you got a little taste you got to see what is going on mm -hmm. over there Smack we also had a little yes bit, a little taste there a little taste we also i had a little taste of this buffalo chicken i made i made it in the crock pot it's a pulled Come on, chicken with buffalo well i had a little taste i'm telling you it's killing me uh, there might be a point where if you hear an edit at any point <laughs> that it sounded like we stopped and started up again you'll know what happened and i'm telling you i'll be changing my pants is what happened i'm just but we telling all... you jim from what you told me don't <sighs> shit their pants so don't go breaking they your don't. rules 
I'm telling you, though, I'm going to be getting close to breaking this rule if we, you know, go any longer. But we also have a regular spotlight that is on our feed. If you're getting this show on our regular feed, you will notice that we have a spotlight podcast underneath each and every regular episode. And that comes out on Thursday as well as the Patreon spotlight. And this week we did spotlight Green Arrow number 38, which was Ben Percy and Juan Ferreras and the whole, you know, creative team on Green Arrow, their last hurrah. And a little victory lap we got in that. Sure was. But that leads, Eric, to one of the favorite things that we have. And it's something that you enjoy because you're a smoking man. You, you yeah. love to smoke. It's killing you. I don't know if you mm. realize this. I, I don't know. <sighs> At some point I heard down the lane that uh, smoking was bad for you. But that doesn't matter because you're going to light up like a badass and we're going to do the badass roll call. All right, and these are the badasses of the Patreon account. We start with Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole. There she is. Eric Aldrin, Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Josh, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Manship. Manship's heading out. Uh, I forget where he said he was going. He did tell me where he was headed. I thought it might have been Minnesota. I don't know. He's going to uh, something for work, and he was excited because he'll be by himself and able to read we also have Brandon, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew in Belfast, the Cellar Dweller, J-Man from Half Moon Bay, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses Jones, Tweet, Hakeem, Double A, Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben, Eric, Ruben. And the OG, Chris Hyden, thanks one and all for joining up and everybody else on the Patreon account. We really do appreciate everybody's support. I'll tell you, Ruben, I've been sending Ruben a lot of karaoke. Uh, in the past week, I, I end up, he is my muse, Eric. He, he ends up, I end up just sending him songs. He's like, the fuck is this one? And here we go. And he's from Seattle. So it's a lot of Seattle music heading his way. Is this why way. you're sending him stuff? Oh, Ruben's from Seattle. Let's see if he thinks I have the no, right no, sound. No, no, I'll tell you why I send it to him because he's complimentary. Eric, and, I, and like you, I feed on compliments. So yeah, I send him some songs, send him a little Nirvana. A little, little Alice in Chains, as you know, I love, Eric, all that good stuff. But, yes, uh, soon I will find out some, like, boy band from Seattle, and I'll send them that as well. But, yeah, thanks, one and all, of uh, the Patreon all. supporters. And, yeah, again, if you want to go and be one of the badasses or just one of the other supporters, go to patreon.com slash weirdscience. Check out all the things we have, Eric. But as this new format continues, it's time for the books. Now we have waited for fall.
right, Eric. It's time for meat and cheese. It is time for meat and cheese, Wrong Turn. You Shut are up, right. Howdy, Trail Groom. Hi there. I like the killing. I know you do. I know you do. Eric, what would you call this? A bad that was, podcast. That was goo goo doo doo. How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> That's dotting the I. There you go. Where's Eric. Wrong Turn at? Uh, yes. W- what's that? Wrong turn. Must be Eric Shea Reborn. It must be. Must be. I, the, the Eric Shea I know would love this. <laughs> that is You've Laurel. You've never known me. That is Laurel and Farty, Eric. Laurel and Farty. Uh, what would you say about that wrong turn? Pistol shrimp? I, yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I, I don't know what that means. Uh, but yeah, uh, here we are, Eric. It's time for the meat and cheese. As wrong turn said at the beginning of that, and that means we're going to be talking about some books. And oh. I will tell everyone that if you're not paying attention to the timestamps that I work very hard to put each and every week, uh, you're not going to hear Batman right away. Uh, Batman uh-huh. is not in this section of books. Uh, Batman is the last book of the podcast. Now, everybody who has been playing at home with the at-home edition of the Weird Science Game would know that that spot is reserved for very special books. And this week, it beat out Bane, Eric. Ah. It beat out Bane to get there. And we are about one step away from never talking about that book again. And well, this is... is... We've, we've been talking on and on, almost jokingly, because we always talk about how we want to talk yeah. about all the books. And like we always talk about... Like, what if we just stop talking about Batman? We don't have a good time with it. You lose your fucking mind and your voice every time we have How to. How dare like, you? What if we just don't talk about it? But we can't do that, so we have to do the next best thing and relegate it to the shit pile of books, the last bit of the yeah. sections. and it, what is this? <laughs> That's the slide trombone. Yeah, take that, Batman. Which Batman? Because that book... I'm really struggling to find the Batman that I know and love, Eric. But, uh, you know, we're going to get to that later, obviously. But just for the fact That's that... That's our little as, that, Well, it is a protest. And as you say, I lose my mind. And I told you that I'm not going to lose my mind anymore. Maybe setting it in the back end. The back end, Eric. Uh, you know, poker in the front, liquor in the back, or whatever they say. I Rear. think I said it wrong. <laughs> uh, but... Maybe that will let me settle down a little because I do admit that when I do read and you review Batman, but when we talk about it, uh, unfortunately, up until the point where we do the podcast, I am arguing with people, discussing people, uh, discussing people, discussing the book about people. And I do end up trying to or in my mind, even subconsciously thinking that I have to convince people to think my way. And usually I can. I don't know. There's, there's, these Tom King fans, they, they're unbreakable, Eric. They really are. I can't do it. It's the kids, Eric. The kids, it's the kids. And uh, with that, I do think that a lot of what I say uh, gets thrown into the trash as just me grandstanding and things like that. And, you know, go, so I, I don't care anymore. I really don't. And I, when we get to it, I will tell everyone that – uh, I can't change anybody's ideas, so we'll just talk about no. the book. I will talk about what I don't like about it. 
Uh, and then I'll lose my mind. I, I know that I will. I know that I can't help it because I have a lot of things to talk about. I got in that a pool book. going on with the Get Fresh crew. How many seconds, t- seconds it takes for you to lose your goddamn mind? Really? I'm going to get on in the back end of that so I can win some money, Eric. I mean, really, if you, if you tell me you have a pool, I'm in. What, what is it? What's the, uh, the plus minus, the over under? Let me know. I want to get in on the action. What do you call well, this? When I, start, when I start using trigger words to get you going, okay. you'll know when my there time is up. There you go. What? Trigger words like Batman 42? Is that your trigger word? <laughs> Here we go. I'm already losing it. We're, we're hours away from there. And uh, I just win. so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you won. You won. Uh, whoever picked, he'll get mad during a section of books that doesn't even include it. Uh, yeah. Well, there you go. But. Uh, we're going to be talking about some other books in this first section. Some uh, may think that this is a little bizarre section, Eric, especially this first book. That was that was a uh, setup for you, Eric. Did you get it? Did you get what oh, I was I doing it, there? I Did it. you get you, that? Are, are you ready for me to go right into this? Do you have anything more you want to say? Uh, what would you call this? Superman number 42. It's not over. Yes. Uh, we had a nice podcast at one point. This, I couldn't find that one that we had that just never ends. I f- it's anus madness, Eric. And it's coming at you live. Uh, and there oh, it I thought it was over. Just go. Just go. Just go over the far, Eric. Tell me what book we're going to be starting with. It'll end soon. I, I may have... I had to pause. So I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I call that the. Ah, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, yes. That is classic. Should I hit the laurel and farty just to end it? <laughs> You're not, you don't find any humor in that, Eric. Not any humor at all. Not this at is all. what we're all about, Eric, isn't it? Fart jokes. And this is why I, I wanted to get right to the book so that people can really get. To know who we are. And there you go. 100%. 100%. What's the first book we're talking about? Superman number 42, written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi, with art by Patrick Gleason, Alejandro Sanchez, and Rob Lee. It's Bizarro World! And a shit ton of Bizarro speech, which I can't stand, but eventually we move into our actual story where a boy Zorro and Superboy meet, and it doesn't look like John is going to be having a good time with his Bizarro counterpart. That is true. And with this, I had a lot of problems reading this issue, and it took me a long time. Uh, we, I was getting ready for the podcast, and I ended up having to tell you that I needed a little extra time. It yeah. was because at the beginning of this, I was really trying to wrap my head around everything. And, you know, I don't want to miss anything. I want to tell you, really, basically, in my mind, I ended up reading it as if it wasn't Bizarro Talk, uh, translating it instantly uh, to the point where I think now I have a PhD in Bizarro Talk, and it's something I don't want. Now, we had talk, we talk about it all the time. I like Bizarro. I like the character of Bizarro. I like Bizarro World. I like the idea of the opposite deal. This goes too far. You get to a point where, I told you, one of the things about Bizarro speech and and with that is it always does fall apart. It's very hard to tell a ongoing story with full Bizarro speech because then, you know, he's like, let's go there. And does that mean you go the opposite way? If he point, you know what I mean? So a lot of times you do get the like, me, I'm sad. And he's smiling. You know, you get that, you know, it's a laugh, Eric. It's a lark. Uh, but, 
if you go full out, it really it really brings things down. Now, I think that the reason why Tomasi is doing this and Patrick Gleason uh, are doing this is because it really is just retelling the rebirth story, but with Bizarro. So I think they're like, okay, we can go heavy on it because this is something everybody knows. Now, unfortunately, that's never the case. There's always going to be some people who don't know exactly what's going on here. But if you do, there are some clever bits. Uh, when John, you know, Bizarro boy gives the thumbs down. When, when yeah. we first saw that, the thumbs up. You have the footprint. You have a lot of things here that are really neat. Now, the, the only thing that I can keep in my mind and going with this is, you know, if this was, if thou, if the thousand issue wasn't coming in and we did know, now we, or didn't know, that uh, Brian Michael Bendis was coming on the book, it's all this, I'd really be worried that we're going to go through the whole rebirth uh, as Bizarro World deal. We know that's not going to happen, but with that, I just wonder what's going to be going on with this. Why do you have to have such a big, big setup for something that we know can only really go an issue or two? The thing is, I really think that Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason thought to themselves, wouldn't it be funny to retell the beginning of our Superman Rebirth book as if Bizarro yeah. was doing it? Yeah. And that's all I think it that's is. That's all, Just yeah. A joke. Yeah, and a joke that then leads to, obviously, Bizarro Boy and the Bizarro family. Boy possibly, Zorro. You know, Boy Zorro entering our – but really the whole wraparound and the whole story and the concept is not as fun in my head as I would have thought it was on, you know, in the drawing board on the paper and things. But actually on the comic – it's not that much fun. We do get to see Kathy. We see some things, but to well, me, the thing is, I, I wrote this review and I got done with it. Jessica came home and she's like, Oh, you have any good books this week? I'm like, no, not really. But I ended up just reading her the first few pages yeah. of this book to tell her what I've been dealing with for the last book I was yeah. doing that night. And after I got done reading it out loud to her and her looking at me like I was a fucking lunatic, yeah. I decided to go down a point five of my score. Cause no, it makes less sense to me reading it out loud. Tell me the truth. Afterwards, did you say, I am love you, Jessica? And then she got upset. <laughs> you, you started. You am not gross. You, yeah, I'm telling you, am not gross. Me and make love to you tonight. That is inappropriate. I'm not agree about But that. yeah, that would have been funny. If you last a long time. <laughs> me, big man. There you go. Oh, <laughs> it's God. me. Me am six foot tall. Uh, but with that. You're right there. These little dudes. I know. Fine. Yeah. You tell an entire goddamn story with all bizarro speech narration, and I even the thing is, I've read this a couple of times, yeah. especially just the bizarro parts because I've been trying to wrap my head around it. Yeah, I, I have just got a thing now where the first line is, "It's not my son's death day," and I'm thinking to myself, "All right, and it's the rebirth bit, but as if you know, Clark was talking about boy Zorro of Clark, bizarro yeah. talking about boy Zorro going missing and they believing him, they. I'm, I'm talking bizarro now. Yeah, then thinking yeah. that he's dead. It's a problem. So, Oh my god, I fucking hate all of this. <laughs> You're just giving up now. I'm done. And, and, and yeah, you go. But again, this is the story we already saw. So you can kind of go through, you know where you go, you know, you get the cat and, and the dog and you get this nonsense and things like that. And instead of heat vision, you get the, you know, the fire or the ice vision, the fire vision, the ice vision, things like that. But all this leads to is that John and, and Kathy and are watching. Reason, 
Bizarro Hawk Girl coming down and getting frozen I know. with the Hawk. I, I, again, because because in Bizarro World, they don't have a Hawk. It's Hawk. I, I don't know. But you, you end up with Kathy and John there looking, and you have that whole tie-in to her ship and, and things like that. She's lonely in Hamilton County because her grandfather's which, dead. I'm telling and, you, it's a nice touch to get back to Kathy yeah. and Brandon because we have not dealt with her in a long time. So seeing that John is making the time on top of the move the Metropolis and the Super Sons, but to go back to Hamilton County – and, you know, do stuff with Kathy. I like that aspect of the character. Yeah. I like bringing her back. Yeah. It's just, why the fuck did it have to be Bizarro World and not any other world in the multiverse? Yeah, and, and the thing, though, is I do have to point out there there is one thing, and, and you always have a problem. Like I said, when you have Bizarro talk too much, you'll always lead to something that's a problem. And, and in fact, they end up making Lois pretty much the exact Lois on our planet. She's awful mother, Eric. That's all you get. It, it, it made me laugh because it's not. But as she's there, like, yelling and screaming, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of what you get in the regular Lois when John's around and things like that. But still, uh, it goes from that just to be a setup that's half the page. And I did see some reviews. Now, I'm so glad that we got to know what a Bizarro's all about. Basically, to me, all this is going to do is confuse people that end up going over to the Red Hood book and, and things like that. Uh, this is not needed. We, we really don't need to be introduced to Bizarro and Bizarro Boy when is, this we, book we, is ending. We do have a Bizarro world, and we have an undercooked clone Bizarro, which is my Bizarro, which I love. But yeah. you got you have to differentiate the two, and I just why I, I, I are we gonna why. get are we gonna get a lot of Bizarro going forward? Is this it's, something it's, it's you a think part of the DC multiverse that people should just know in my mind? Yeah, but here's the thing: if you want to know, there have been books and things like that. And again, we have a world that already just has a Bizarro. I, I don't see the need to give a lesson of Bizarro uh, when really this isn't a lesson. You don't know that he lives on a square planet. You don't know that, you know, all you're doing is getting thrown in and seeing that it's the, you know, mirror image, the opposite image of Rebirth. To me, this is not something that I'd be able to say, like, to my son Logan, hey, you want to know about Bizarro? Read this. Because I think, number one, he'd be confused anyway. But I'm you're confused. Not, but you're not getting a, you know, the Bizarro story <laughs> per se. You're just getting the opposite Rebirth story. Uh, and, yeah, maybe that's the important part. Maybe we're supposed to have it that we find out later that this opposite version is going to do something. But to me, like you said, well, I think like it's just a wink, wink. About- which is the most interesting part of the book in my mind is when, you know, Bizarro is at the grave and he's giving his yeah. whole Bizarro narration. Like we saw in the first issue of, I think it might have been Superman Rebirth number one or Superman number one, yeah. where he's at the grave himself and he leaves a blue handprint, well, like, you know, in the grass, yeah. you know, which would eventually get us to Superman Reborn. So I'm like, yeah, is there going to be a Bizarro Reborn in the Bizarro world? For some reason, yeah, I... as, as much as I hate well, Bizarro Well, here's the character, thing. There will that, be in this story off panel maybe you know what i mean this is what's going on it would have led to or will lead to a bizarro reborn but where and when i mean like i said if this would be a six issue arc uh where we were going to get each issue starts out with eight pages of this continuing deal and yeah now, i'll tell some, you right I'm now sorry, no, for some reason i just thought way too into it for some reason that there were some, for i don't even because it works multiversally yeah the whole convergence thing I went forward as back as converged in my mind as that we had yeah, a I, pre 
like Flashpoint Bizarro family that no. went to the Convergence and then somehow survived and came or to this Earth. Or they didn't go to the Convergence. Ever. Oh, God damn it. This is how far <laughs> I took it in my mind. Yes. And uh, like I said, my main problem with it uh, overall is the fact that this book, and I say this book is ending, it's more the creative team is leaving yeah. because of Brian Michael Bendis. So I, if they had grand plans for this, I, I just don't see the space for it. But yeah, I'd like to see what the bizarro version of Mixie would be. I'd like to see the bizarro version of Mr. Oz. In fact, if that was a story going on, and say we did have a six-issue arc, that we were going with this, and it may actually, seeing the opposite version may give you hints about what happened in the regular version, and they could even throw in those hints for us in a clever way. But we're not going to get that. Too. And the thing is, even if we did get those hints, nobody would be able to understand no. what it was from no. reading it. No, I'm telling you. We wouldn't get those hints, I meant, Eric. I'm telling you, you. I, I ended up at the end uh, in the DCYOU, the end of the New 52. They had a Bizarro mini where Bizarro and Jimmy Olsen went on a road trip uh, to Canada. Bizarro America, which is Canada. Bizarro America, that was Canada. There was a couple good jokes. It, it fell apart uh, as it was going. I'm telling you, I was tempted each time to put in my blurb, in my review, like, me am not like this. And, and don't go there. <laughs> And, I, and you didn't. I did see some reviewers going that route. And I'm like, ooh, ooh you bit. You went with that. But, yeah, with this, You went full bizarro. Never go full bizarro. You did. Never go full bizarro or always go full bizarro. You You have Kathy and John. They're watching uh, with her kind of portal, her ship makes. Yeah, they her can dimensional see what's going ship. On. She can go and they create a bubble and look at different worlds in the multiverse. Yeah. And just get an idea of what's going on there. Yeah, and, and it's, that's, a, cool that's a cool idea. idea. Yeah, I like for it. For some reason, you know, Boy Zorro and John touching between this bubble – it's somehow the catalyst for this, even though we don't get to see that right away. There's a ba-boom, but, you know, the, the machine just stops, and we are left with yeah. Kathy and Superboy like, all right, that was fun. Let's move on. Oh, wait a minute. Steve Orlando's on the line, Eric. He's calling this a thin membrane uh, between universes. So there you go. Okay, that's it's a thin he, membrane. There we that's go. what it seems to end up making. Steve Orlando it does. Has an answer for everything. He does. Uh, but, yeah, you go back, and you get this, like, kind of a recap for people who don't know of who Kathy is, about her grandfather. Again, it's not a full-out recap because if you weren't reading back in the day, I like to call him Eric, and uh, with the grandfather, you, you have no idea what happened to him or what that implicates or what that means, but he's gone. It was 25 uh, issues worth of story at the beginning yeah. of Superman. I'm telling you, it's like, oh, sorry, you know, after your grandpa, well, you know, and they're like, see volume four. I'm like, you know, he was an alien. That I mean, that you know, I wish I still knew. I, I'm telling you, I think back and I'm like, yeah, I don't really know. I, I couldn't explain it to anybody. But we go on with this where John then realizes that he's late for home. And I like the idea that he likes to go back and, and see Kathy. He, he wants to keep her company. She says there's not much going on. He kind of doesn't like the city as much as maybe he wanted to uh, because of all, you know, the hustle and bustle and things like that. He's a country boy, Eric. Yeah. But he goes back, and that's where you see Lois and Clark come in where Superboy then comes. And basically this whole thing, it, it, they are awful. They, they, they really I'm are. Telling you, they love each other and they're fine people for what they like yes. you, for their love for one another. They never should have had a, a child though. I don't think you, they should. They walk in and they forget 
they stopped the whole kissing. Superman even brought flowers. Stuff like yeah. that. That child hasn't taken that garbage out yet. He's like, well, he better have made dinner for us. But yeah. like, <laughs> the worst, no, the worst is boy. I'm telling you, is this, I, I actually thought as this went, because Superman goes, huh? His night to make dinner too. Don't smell anything cooking. I mean, he, that is a dick, dick move, bro. But uh, with that, I thought that maybe right now. I'm telling you, I thought that yeah, really, this. yeah, really. I, I thought that maybe this was supposed to be like a beginning of showing that there is a tear in that multiverse. Like, who you're becoming a you know a jerk. I, that is such an awful thing to say. Not even like, oh man, I wonder what he's going to cook. Or I wonder where he is. No, it's that he doesn't smell anything cooking. And the best is he's not smelled anything cooking, probably for fucking miles upon miles coming home. Uh, but, yeah, John shows up with uh, takeout. But also it's funny because Lois is like, he forgot to take out the trash. And I'm telling you, that recycling bin has a lot, a lot of bottles. bottles. Yeah. It's got a lot of bottles. It looks Drunk like some Lois wine, some liquor. You, you don't realize that that's just yesterday's trash. And right. they, there it is. But he comes in and says, sorry, I'm late. You know, he brought some Chinese. Uh, and they're eating. And, and they again, want to know. I want to know. It's a lot of things going on here where, yeah. you know, th these are hardcore parents who, are like, you know, they have John doing a lot of stuff for a 10 year old in yeah. my mind. Oh, yeah. I want I wonder to know what his allowance is to get all That's that what I want to, know. to bring home to his family. No, he stole it. He, he oh. used his super abilities to steal it. Plus, you would think that he just flew in because even then Lois says, hey, no super suits at the table and whatever. He just went down, grabbed some shit and ran. Uh, but they start talking and that they're using their, you know, their, uh, skills as reporters to figure out what has going on and realize also Lois has people all around that say that John was in Hamilton County. She's got spies, Eric. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he gets embarrassed because they, you know, they throw the whole Kathy thing. And that's when I'm and like, okay, is, now we're I back. Actually, I like the line yeah. of questioning they oh, do I love as it. reporter parents going at yep. this whole thing, trying to get the truth out of John because it actually is really good banter between oh, yeah. these two just it's kind of awesome. embarrassing their boy a bit and also just getting to the truth of the matter in a like a very fun kind of way yeah this actually is very classic even classic saying like this rebirth run and the lois and clark book at the end of the uh the uh, new 52 this is why we like the book this sort of thing and and basically throughout all that we would always end up liking these scenes where they're just being a family and it's fun and it's great seeing them get embarrassed and then just end up doing all the the wash and the you know he's doing the dishes now again I, I, he's I doing it with powers which he's not supposed to say about batman being the world's greatest detective because they're trying to figure yeah. out what, where John's been, they know he's been in Hamilton yeah. County. They just want to admit it's like this. Oh, yeah. Pollen in his eyelashes. Oh, I love it. amount of chemical fertilizer in his hair. Mom, Dad, please stop. Pupils yeah. dilated, heart rate accelerated. The, Superman is the world's greatest detective. Yeah, he is. And this is where, and this is a goofy kind of way to show it, but this is something that we always bring up when it does come out and he does something. He is a reporter. I yeah. mean, yeah, maybe he's kind of like a Spider-Man. He kind of uses his Superman stuff to pretty much know the stories all around. But he still is a reporter, and Lois especially. Uh, but I do like that as it's going on, and John's like, no powers at the table, remember? <laughs> and you're like, oh, who needs powers? Your face is as red as a beet. So how's Kathy doing? And I loved it. I thought and that, that was really, really funny. And then he just quick his way to clean up the dishes, yeah, take out the trash, put himself to bed. Yeah, and, and then he puts himself to bed, and there was a good setup earlier with him talking to Kathy about 
how you know I like to hear the cicadas and stuff that you know country stuff used to make me be able to relax and fall asleep. Well, now I just hear the clickings and the people in the city and everybody seems lonely and their heart beats and all this stuff. stuff. Like that, and yeah. with this, you see the changing of the lights and things like that. And you can only think that. And then you even hear where he hears his dad. Now, I do want to say that Lois and Clark better go somewhere Gross. else if they're going to do anything. I mean, really, because he can hear everything. And it is, I felt right away, gross. Uh, but yeah, he's there and he's trying to figure out, you know, or not figure out, but trying to go to sleep. Uh, this is me when I take my Adderall too late, Eric. I'm counting sheep. I'm doing crazy-ass things. And you somehow say prayers? I say my prayers, and then somehow out of nowhere, a crazy bizarro gym comes in, seven foot three and good-looking. The and bizarro gym is successful, has a lot of friends, the no family. The for him? Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. One what kid. What a life that took. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Didn't go to WVU. Uh, what he, else? He actually, Where he else actually could I took, go? His major was archaeology. Did yeah. really well. He became an archaeologist, Eric. Uh, he he dis- Indiana Jones. He disowned his family five years before I did that. That's just a little bit different, but that's still. Yeah, five years we- takes a long way. Wear suits. Socks. Never, never had socks. Actually, <laughs> Underwear. you know, wash. Here's the best though. On on Bizarro Gym World, he he actually owns and uses. A washing machine, Eric. He does not need to wash his clothes in the shower. Bizarro Jim does not need What that, a crazy Eric. world you come from. The, the respect of people. Oh, my goodness. Huh? Get out of here, Bizarro Jim. He's also oh a Cowboys goodness. fan, though. Immediately hate him. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Well, there you go, though. More Super Bowls than this gym has. But <laughs> y- you have you have uh, John sitting there trying to, you know, do there. He has his little comic books. He's got his toys there, Eric. I, yeah. I would like to think that it's that like is a transformer of some sort, possibly a mailbox. I got my mailbox. above my head. You know, it's, I got a bunch of stuff Tell going you, that on does look like type. one with a tape in it, Eric. That's what that looks like. But he's doing this. And then Yeah, basically out of nowhere. See, this is the amazing world of sight when you're reading these books. Telling you, it's right in the middle, and you're like, okay, there's John. What are those eggshells near him? Eh, Pass it on, buddy. But yeah, you go, and uh, Bizarro boy comes in. Bizarro. Bizarro comes in, uh, growling and screaming her. Growling and screaming. It's and more. Sorry, I called him Bizarro Boy for all of my yeah. written review and had to go back and change it after I read it yeah, out loud. I, I want to call him Bizarro God Boy. God damn it. Now I'm like uh, fucking Bizarro everywhere. I will tell you. He comes in saying goodbye, and I'm like, why is Laddie from Lost Boys in this book? <laughs> Even though the <laughs> hair color is like different, it looks like Laddie, doesn't it? He comes in and yells goodbye. And there you go. You have the end there or the beginning. And then it says next blood, brother. So we'll see what's going on. And again, uh, I don't know how full out they're going with this. Are you going to go full out that they, you know, Boy Zaro is a piece of shit and it's going to cause problems? Now well, it does Bizarro's say next. not a piece of shit, so I can't no, see but that he, Lois kind of was, and and you did have Bizarro when shit had to be done. He was out on the hammock, Eric, not the cot, the hammock. Uh, so who knows? But yeah, we'll see how this goes. I think that it's one of those. It's just for the cliffhanger, and I hope because I, I would like John to have some fun. With Boy Zorro and, and do that. So we'll see how that goes. I want him to bring him to the Fortress of Attitude for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. I want Damien good. to see it and get all Oh, Damien, off. that'd be great. And and I'm telling you, if you didn't have full-out Bizarro speech and he did not look like a feral laddie, I would love to hear him talk about how nice 
and caring the bizarro Damien is and see Damien lose his shit. Uh, that'd be cool. But uh, what would you give this or what I, did you give? I'm this? saying I did give this a six out of ten. And I want to tell you right now, I gave this issue what I did. Knowing that I personally hate Bizarro speech yeah. and I, it ruins most of my enjoyment any book when it shows up. I gave it a six out of ten, though, knowing that a lot of people I think would find this fun. It, even yeah. I think it was too much for what it was, but I tried to give it the benefit of the doubt and put my own biases aside for Bizarro people. Yeah, I know. And just go a six out of ten. I could honestly go down to a, a four out of ten for Jeez. how much I hate Bizarro speech. Yeah, I know. But I went with six out of ten, and I will stick to that because I still love the art. And I look forward to what this took too many goddamn pages to set up, but I look forward to see where it goes from here. Yeah, and and with that, I, I was kind of joking around with it and, uh, you know, saying I'm actually giving it a 7.5. I didn't mind it as much. I do think that there's a lot of unnecessary setup, uh, but it's okay uh, with the fact that usually when Bizarro shows up, a lot of jokes. You know what I mean? The backwardsness of the talking things always leads to a chuckle. This isn't like that. Uh, because of the way they redid Rebirth and had, you know, the thumbs down, the footprint yeah. things, I thought that was a bit clever. Again, while I was talking, I, I mentioned it over and over. I don't know what this is going to lead to, and, and it can't lead to much because no. of the amount it's of a, issues and it's left a for this Zorro team. book, so I don't even think we're going to see Bizarro yeah. or Louise yeah, so. freaking for the rest of it. But that's yeah. the thing is, I think we got six pages of actual our world kind of story and the yeah. rest was just bizarre world and but it drove I, uh, me for nuts some until reason, it forever yeah. get through it it drove me nuts until i wrapped my head around kind of just going with it but i, I did it. i still had a positive feeling by the end and i do think that we'll see louise and uh bizarro come but at the end kind of where you'll have the two sets of opposite parents like shaking their head like kids and then you know bizarro adults uh, some sort of thing, but I do wrong think turn get planet. I fucking hate it. It is wrong turn, but you know, I I didn't hate it as much as you. So I'm gonna be positive. I'm gonna be positive all episode, Eric. I'm Good. gonna win this bet. I can't wait for Batman. I'm gonna win this bet that you have set up and and set up for my demise. But uh, actually, Eric, it all stops here. The buck stops here, my friend. Or does it? Nightwing number 40, written Stop by Sam me. Humphreys. Uh, art not by Bernard Chang, Marcelo uh, Mayalo, and Carlos M. Manguel. Carlos, hum <laughs> Carlos Humphreys. Sam Humphreys does not continue his not the judge story, and we still get a lot of him. I'm not going to bizarro you anymore, okay? Bizarro talk. That's why. But bizarro talk is done. <laughs> that means it's going, Eric. Did you get it? Sam Humphreys continues. I'm to a point before you go on right here, just because I'm like, I was so angry then too in the Superman issue because then you know for the credits page they bizarred that up yeah. too for the yeah, writers. They did. Oh, the speakers, and yeah. then it was for uh, Vandal for the freaking artist. Vandal, Vandal. I'm like <laughs> Vandal it's for the cover, back cover. <laughs> yeah, you sons uh, of bitches. Who, who'd they call Keith Giffen for those? Oh, the number, Bob Oh, the number was he. <sighs> Sam Humphreys doesn't continue his not – Sam Humphreys continues his judge story. I, I'm going to let you off the hook. Thanks. Sam Humphreys continues his judge story, and we still don't get much information about the judge's powers, but we do get a squid, a motorcycle, and a casino, and some teddy bear backpack uh, explosive devices. I am still trying to figure out why people keep sense. going with the judge's heads I win, tails you lose plan. And while the art here is great, this issue was not – and yeah, I am not digging this story at all. And no. it all pretty much goes down to where 
a lot of stories like this, especially a long, drawn-out story that's really predicated on this villain, you need to give me some sort of idea of what he can and can't do. This is transformed by the sea. Yeah, there you go. Transformed by the sea. And then throws Nightwing into the sea to see if he gets transformed. Which maybe he does, Eric. I don't know. But with the whole the thing with the judge. Back, Jim. Her, the sea. I love, I give my life to the sea. You know what? For some reason, though, as much as I don't like this issue, later on when Nightwing does show back up, the judge, yeah. the sea sent him back. Yeah. Made me laugh for some reason. Yeah, the reason. sea sent him back. <laughs> I'm telling you, he just, driving the motorcycle on a wave. It's a double-edged sword, this one is, Eric. With this, though, you you have, as I was saying, Eric, before you so rudely interrupted me with your your chitter-chatter, you have a villain that is just not defined to me. You you have the whole thing where the stakes are set only with Nightwing can't bring him down. Oh, this is – it's pretty much Nightwing's – Biggest regret. I mean, everybody has to tell a big regret. Where's Selena? So she could sit on the bed and listen. But all this, that, that you have that, but then you have the judge who was an original judge in the colony, Bloodhaven, that eventually became Bloodhaven. He, you know, this is all from last issue, but, you know, I just want to bring it up. Brainwashing yeah, and, and that's the problem panel. is you go from a colonial judge who wanted to stand up for what was right and was killed, or they thought they were killing him because he didn't go with the corruption that was already going on, to a guy who has poker chips, though seems to be against casinos, who can look into a man's heart to see his corruption Corruption. because he sewed his eyes shut when he became a monk because that was something that he wanted to do to the deal where these chips control people's minds to do his bidding, but he ends up telling them that they can get their biggest desires, yet everybody's biggest desire is always to tell somebody else they're a piece of shit before they kill themselves. I, I just want to tell anybody, this is a PSA. You don't need the judge to do that. I'm not going to tell you you should kill yourself. But if you have a heavy heart and you've done something wrong in the past and want to come out with it, you can just do that. You do not need the judge to do it. Now, I would like it to see where if you went with this whole deal, where in this issue you have the next guy in line to kill himself is a guy who set up this casino by doing some things that ended up getting family, including a five-year-old kid, killed. It kind of was a, you know, a series of unfortunate events that led to that, but he did start that. If you told me or showed me at a point where he's like, I really have to tell somebody, I have to tell somebody, I can't, I can't do it, then I would go with, okay, that is his desire. His desire is to be able to have the gumption to, you know, the balls to tell this. It it doesn't make any sense. You started this whole deal off with a woman who was an old lady who was gambling and wanted her friends to think she was dangerous. The fuck is that anyway? So basically, the judge doesn't want her daughter to become a cop one day, so she has to kill Nightwing. Yeah, kill Nightwing. And and at no point, because you have this weird idea, if it's mind control, at no point, Savota's like, wait a second, you know what? Don't mind killing Nightwing. You know, he's okay. He's warm uh, for my form, got me divorced. Yeah, he's warm for the form, but 
my kid, I don't want my kid to not have a mother. I'll have to go to jail. Like, they never seem to think these through to the point where, but you never get the idea except sometimes that it's complete mind control. But when, I, I don't know what it is. I can't wrap my head around it. And I mean, that's the idea that Chip alone doesn't yeah, make sense no, to the character. No, it doesn't. And have it be a gold doubloon? I'm in. Yeah. There you go. Have it be something where this leads to a plan like i'm telling you wrap your head around all these people's things and all of a sudden by this the you know fifth whatever issue we're on uh like all of a sudden it was like all the gold pieces of that aristocrat that had him killed at some point or something like that it's almost like a phantom stranger type thing with his points but have that and then at this point have the twist come out where you've done it so cleverly that all of a sudden I realized that everything that one every person including the lady I want to be dangerous that's down that ends up changing the teller that we now saw that that led to this that led to that now at the end it's the twist that this was all a plan these right now maybe it'll come together next issue it's random it's so random just to be like at the end I think that basically the judge's plan is to fuck with Nightwing and laugh at him. That's all it seems. Uh, yeah. It's just nonsense. It starts off, and we saw last issue that the the fucking semen, the semen that is the judge left uh, Nightwing underwater. That the tide was coming in. We had these left buildings that were to supposed to be there since World War Two. We were guessing maybe World War One that still somehow survive the tide coming in each and every day and them going under and, and that's the thing the judge was throwing shade at these buildings they, these things somebody should study them because they are the hardiest buildings that, that have ever been uh but yeah you have them chained to a chair the tide comes in he's underwater you get this countdown where it's supposed to be tension here where you have uh night like i got 11 seconds huh you know what it was a nice life buddy uh but with that a squid shows up and looks at Nightwing and the art I like. I mean, and it is kind of funny, the big eyes and I'm stuff saying, like it's that. It's very cartoony. I'm, it I, is I don't cartoony. Know if there is what squids look like if they yeah. do have these giant eyes. I don't eyes even know like if this. a squid would even go that way, kind of straight. I have no idea. I mean, at points you cartoony. look. Yeah, when you look at I'm not so sure that, that squid is not giving him a lap dance, Eric. You, you see him, he's straddling his legs at sea. one point. <laughs> really? And really, I want to go to the sea. Uh, but with this, you have Nightwing, and this is the transition. Huh, I remember seeing this on, on the, the Discovery Channel once. The, this You have 11 seconds, mother. Just start fucking headbutting. We know what you're going to do. Because he's like, you know what? They're not dangerous to men. Uh, sorry, Squiddy. And he ends up headbutting it. It ends up attacking him, rips him off of the chair. He goes up. He's got sucker bites all over. Not, not only that, it doesn't rip him off the chair. It, squ- it crushes him to the point where the chair is crushed around him as well, freeing him yeah. from these chains and uh, just the shackles and stuff like that. And then he gets out yeah. of there in time. But I'm just like, what the fuck? I thank God this squid is here because Nightwing would be dead if it weren't yeah. for this goddamn a squid. This, this hero of it's the a sea, joke. Jim. Yeah, he is a hero of the sea. Uh and with that, y- you and he have... might be dead now because I think that Nightwing might have grabbed a, yeah, just he might. a random frying pan and beat its brains. Yeah, I don't he, know he what they're like. Again, they could you know, that. the random frying pan that just happens to be there since uh, fucking World War II. Just floating yeah, around, just even floating though it's around. heavy. Just goes in and up and down each day. Uh, with that, you have Nightwing who either uh, was uh, attacked by that squid or possibly Kid Delicious was in town, Eric, because uh, yeah, he's got sucker bites all over him, but they look like hickeys to me. 
Uh, but yeah, you go, and this is where you get the end of the uh, CrossFit. You get the end of the Grayson CrossFit. I and it's just disappointing. I know, crosses. really. And this is something we've been wanting for a long time. It's one of the things that we like, uh, the Grayson CrossFit. But tell me about that, Eric, while I take a sip of drinks. That's the thing is he's getting all dried off and looking at the damage of his body from all these sucker wounds. And we have, you know, he's shutting down. He's like, I let it slip away. Even I like Dick Grayson slip away because I can't have this and yeah. take down the judge at the same time. Like, he spent all of Bruce's fucking yeah. money. This all guy of Bruce's money. Shit. And, and I, you're like, uh, I, I get so angry just because he's, all right, yeah. You know, my one, like, last client besides for Kid Delicious, she's out there yep. somehow complaining that now that the casinos are shut down, everybody's going in for hockey, which is pissing her off. This makes no sense. This makes that. no sense. It makes no sense. She says, hey, Grayson, I know you're in there. You know, ever since those casinos got shut down and there's no gambling, everybody's joining the hockey team. Oh, really? Oh. Is that what happens? I mean, really, then you, the NHL immediately should fucking start getting lobbying to shut down all casinos. Maybe somebody will watch a game beside Dancing Mike there, Eric. Uh, but, yeah, you have Dick Grayson, who now is a piece of shit. Like we said, he ended up getting all that money from Bruce for something that may have lasted a week. And this I'm is sorry, why. In my mind, he had one class and that was yeah, it. Yeah. And it continues what we were joking about before, where this is why Bruce is going to be – he's going to be broke soon Poor because hell. you have these. You have Dick Grayson. Now, the funny thing is it goes very well with how Dick was pushed in Rebirth and especially from the Tim of Tomorrow. The Tim of Tomorrow saw this coming, Eric, because you remember when they said, hey, didn't Dick take over to be Batman? He said that when Tim asked, and he's like, no – Grayson, he always runs away from everything. You know that. And he did. He now has a everything that he has. He starts hobbies up. Bruce is going to be just – he's done, Eric. He hey, hey, Bruce, uh, my Grayson CrossFit didn't work out, but I realized what? in my heart of hearts that I always wanted to be a photographer. I want to be a photographer, Bruce. I just need a little okay. bit of startup money. Anything for you, Dick. I have the worst memory. <laughs> Anything. Here's my credit card. You know, right. I I really think this might be your calling. You know, you can do that. Like, and how long is that going to last? A day? And then a he's... week. And I'm like, I, I need to get a bunch of equipment, Bruce. I realize that I lawn care has always been my dream job. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to be a lawn. Else besides for crime. I players. wanted to be a landscaper, uh, Bruce. Yeah. I've always been one. You know, I have a green thumb. I really enjoy landscaping okay uh i'll check back with you next week what what's going on you know I, i'm a little allergic i'm allergic Turns out i'm allergic to grass i'm allergic to work i'm allergic to grass and you know what i want now i i've heard these i want to have a podcast uh bruce can can i have a po i want to start a studio up uh, i gotta soundproof this bitch we're gonna be great uh, i'm gonna call it the uh what would it without a net podcast. podcasting without a net. podcasting without a net and i'm gonna talk about circus life and acrobatics that's what i'm gonna do because i'm dick grayson i was one of the flying graysons you know that bruce right all right you got that that last three episodes he bells he starts a page well, nobody three episodes gets it takes four months for them to come out <laughs> It's one one episode every three months. He's like, I don't know. I got you on my my pod addict, and I don't see these episodes coming. Oh, they, I I ditched that. Vlogging. 
Hey, YouTube's no, big now, Bruce. The future, Bruce. Huh. I, I see a lot of kids doing that. It doesn't really cost a lot of money. Well, what? No, I'm, no, no. I'm doing the Jokerized Fries Challenge. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing that in the KGBLT Challenge as well, Bruce. This is going to cost $60,000. I do want to have that. I'm going to be big. Oh, okay. Haven't you seen all these people? I'm going to be the next Pootie Pie. I don't oh, know who that is. What the fuck? What's going on? And then, and then who knows what the fuck Damien's doing nowadays? Everybody's spending this goddamn money, but yeah. And then out of nowhere, he's also funding Wally West. It, yeah, it never Wally ends West for this guy. Never ends. For well, this he can't get a guy. job. He doesn't have a social security. No, no, he's going to be part of the podcast, Eric. He's oh. part of the podcast. If fucking Dick Grayson keeps trying to call him every Monday night, it, it, Wally doesn't have a job. He can't get a hold of him, Eric. He keeps super telling him he's too busy. Super Friends podcast. <laughs> the Super Friends. He's he's doing that. He's like, ah, yeah, I can't get a hold of this guy. What the is he doing? The world's mildest podcast. Ooh, that'd be pretty good. How about uh, Fast and the Wing? That's what they call it, Eric. Fast and Fa the Wing. That's the Fast. best you came up with. It's a Flash and Nightwing. Fast and the Wing. They have it there. On, on a wing and a, and a prayer. Live it on a prayer, pie. It's never going to work. Uh, this guy, he had Grace and CrossFit, which we liked. And who knows? The problem is you also get this roundabout deal that we don't see on panel. Kid Delicious now has gained 40 pounds. He likes oh, to eat. He doesn't have – nobody's giving him money now. He's stripping for fucking old ladies with Imagine three teeth. Imagine like Bart Simpson has to strip her and yeah. freaking Marge's fantasy. Bang, bang, Bart. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Big fat ass hanging out. They used to, they, and it's also, they used to call me Kid Delicious. Then they called me Kid, uh, you know, okay. Now they call me Kid Disgusting. There you go. Yeah, there it is. The whole fucking thing because it's CrossFit. It's gone down, Eric, and I'm having more fun the talking about this I than the book. About, I'm telling you, in this book is Gracie CrossFit. Now it's over. It's yeah. over. We get just some more judge. Kid Delicious. Just a bang, bang, bark. There you go. But yeah, you have Dick then, and he says, he gets out, and he's like, all right, now I'm going to have to go and set things straight because I think that my lady, freaking, what's her name? Uh, Baby Ruthless. Baby Ruthless is all up in this. So he goes over, he, he figures out, and you have a very forced little detective work that's kind of thrown in at the end of, I knew you'd be at this bodega because it's the bodega that's closest to your dad's bodega. Goes in, starts yelling, and you get this whole thing where uh, – yeah, baby Ruthless ended up trying to get Dick out of Bloodhaven. She does admit that I tried to get she the mayor the to ban you. She on the mayor to run yeah, him out of yeah. town. And then she duped him to get into the judge's trap. Yeah. And it's all because she was given a chip. Yeah, and, and really it starts with the idea that she says, I wanted you to leave for your own good. I wasn't, you know, in control then, I, I w or I was in control myself. I wanted you to get the hell out because I care I, for you and I know that you can't save yourself from yourself. But then this, she has a this chip. This is the thing, though. The chip, when he gets down and tells us about all the things that she has done to fuck him over, she's like, and I hated it. The judge, he made me do all yep. those things. He came to me, spouted off some nonsense, which I've read for the past couple of issues to so understand where she's coming from with that. Yeah. And then he gave me this. Before I knew it, I had to obey him. When? Yeah. Why? When? Yeah, it's and when and why, because we never know. Now, at this point, is funny, too, because then Dick gets mad and takes it out on the potato chips, punches them. She says, hey, that's going to cost you. Put it on Bruce's tab. There you go. Everything's on yeah. Bruce's tab. Now, this is, the, this is the other thing that drives Rapper me nuts. Joke. I love it. This, is, this gets me every time, too. What does he do with the chip? I, I don't Nothing. Know. He lets her still hold I, I it. She know. just says, she says, though, I have this. It makes me have to obey everything he says. And not once does Dick say, 
Give me that fucking chip. Let's get rid of it. Let's figure it out. How about you grab this chip and send it back to good old Brucey boy in the cave and get a little fucking detective work on it to see what the fuck is going on with it. Yeah, you uh, saw how well he did with the goddamn button. That is true. But yeah, he'll, well, he put every screen involved, Eric. At least it looked like he was doing something with it. At, at the end, he ends up calling up Dick and saying, yeah, uh, I, I looked at this chip. What did you find out, Bruce? Yeah, I found out I really don't want to be Batman anymore. It, there it you go. It shows a Medusa mask. I don't yeah, know what to do yeah, now. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I ended up in Bizarro World and fucking, you know, Boy Zorro was attacking me. With this, though, the chip's there and nothing with it. Why aren't they studying the chip? Find out if it's tech. Because people before last issue, which I said is all we're going to get is hypnotism, mind control. I don't, I don't know. know. Then you, the next bit in the stage is the sea transformed me. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Tony, even this bit for the last little bit, we have a baby ruthless. This whole thing is like he can flip anyone Nightwing. No one can resist. Not even, Not you. even you. He hasn't tried. Yeah. How do we know no. this? Like, he, he hasn't, hasn't even tried to flip Give me that chip. Then. Let's see. Let's see what's going down. No, you don't get that. She then he leaves her and it goes to basically go and get the judge uh, at this other casino where you see him showing up. You got the limousine assassins, complete and utter nonsense. He's there and he's in what appears to be, again, where this book, Sam Humphreys out of nowhere decides he wants to jump back and forth between this, you know, uh, supernatural horror type story to jokes. And well, you I'm have. I'm telling you, this whole thing where when the, the, uh, the judge is going to the casino to see, you know, the, the guy that he in charge and stuff like that. Mm. And he talks about the story of the Bloody Brothers yeah. of Bloodhaven. He goes on and on, on about and his on. family whose son was murdered. It's, just, and it's like believed, his greatest regret. I'm, I'm telling you, though, this whole story, though, yeah. I thought was way more important yeah, than it was. was. I'm like, this is somehow going to lead into the judge and make this like your issue important yep. no. because it goes on and on. All about it is is to set up why this guy is going to end up and, killing and himself. When I, when I saw that, I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. That's all it is. This guy, I didn't know who we, I didn't even know he was a guy until this issue. Yeah. But now this whole big story is about this guy killing himself after talking about his confession about setting this whole thing up. I'm like, I don't care about you. Yeah. Get back no. to the fucking story. And, and with this. You all, you have again, where I, I don't know, I, it doesn't seem, but it does seem as if this casino seems to be going or working. You don't get a full idea because they're just fighting in well, it. Well, I'm sorry, it, it's full of goddamn limousine yeah. assassin people. Yeah, I, even, yeah. I don't like, know how many fucking league. Yeah. But, uh, but really, even that, a lot though, of the only thing I can think of, yeah, really, and they don't have anything to do, Eric, uh, <laughs> except join the hockey team. Uh, but with that, <laughs> you, you've had this whole thing with the judge where, at points, he seems to be against the casinos. At the one point, he was going to yeah. run that toxic waste, the nuclear waste, right into that site so they couldn't make them. That didn't work. Like, is he a failure each time? I don't understand. But you go and have Nightwing fight people on his motorcycle, and you get the game of motorcycle versus limousine. They even throw that out there. But in the meantime, the judge goes up. And meets this guy, says, oh, the guy basically is going to confess to all these murders, that it was him that set it up. Him and his, you know, his family wanting to have this casino ended up ruining that family that the judge has already told us this overlong backstory. The bloody of Brothers that. of Bloodhaven. Yeah, and uh, with that, he's recording it uh, for YouTube. He uploads it. It gets a lot of hits right away. And then that's where you get the, the thing again, where it ends again with a guy who – uh, you know, the judge looks into his heart and sees that he wants to kind of get this off his chest. Yeah. And the monkey paw is you get a bomb and blow up. Yeah. Uh, this is not clever. This isn't where – like every time I'm waiting for this cleverness 
to come in and we never get it. We never get it. We just get another guy who is going to end up either arrested or dead. That's all that happens in the meantime. Well, you, you don't realize the guy's action, the confession was for the judge. That's what the judge wanted. All this guy really wanted was a teddy bear backpack. No, he did. He just That's wanted the bomb. Yeah. It's funny. It's because you didn't see. He's like, boy, this backpack's the bomb, Eric. But with that, you also have <laughs> Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson's going through the casino just driving his motorcycle everywhere. And it's funny because at one point he jumps off. He starts beating up the uh, limousine assassins. And then he must go back, get his motorcycle again What's so that? that he can go into the elevator with it so that he looks badass. He needs yeah. to get that motorcycle back. Oh, fucking Bruce isn't going to buy him another one. Well, and here's the other thing. If you want to, if I could go with it just as I see it, just imagine he's beating the shit. Out of these guys, these limousine assassins. He's hitting them with the roulette wheel. He's getting cards he's throwing in their face, chips and things. And then they're all done, and then he's like, all right, I'm going to go get the judge. He's got to get his bike and back it in to the <laughs> elevator. The elevator, he's backing it in slowly and then gets there and then well, hits the You can't the do deck. that fast. No, you can't. That's what I'm saying. It's so ridiculous. Uh, he goes up then and comes flying out. On the motorcycle, Voom Voom jumps into the deal, and the guy's there. Huh, you shouldn't be here. Get Better get out before time is up, because I have a backpack with a bomb in it when I really didn't need a backpack, but I guess that's the, you know. I'm my, telling you, this, this that's motorcycle extras. coming up the elevator like this is going to be the linchpin of the whole him surviving this next issue, yeah. where he rode off really quick before the bomb went yeah. off or something yeah. like that. It's, it's just ridiculous nonsense. that he would bring his bike up to the penthouse. Yeah, yeah. To the, <laughs> backing it up in there. All right, this is going to look – this doesn't look so badass right now, but, boy, it's going to pay off. But don't worry. Nobody's seeing me. I already knocked out all these yeah, they're, they're out. Out. It's, it's almost like me cool. when I when I slipped on the stairs uh, in my stairs out front, and I was it hurt so bad. But before I could actually even acknowledge the pain, I had to make sure nobody saw me <laughs> <laughs> because if somebody saw me, I, think, I had to get up, and do a, I, I get up and do a fucking karate kick and then run to my car where I can cry. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, th this story's nonsense, Eric. I gave it a 5.5 out of 10. I love the art. I think the oh, art the is great. The art's really good. I'm yes, the I wish great. that when I was doing Nightwing, the art looked this good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't go higher than a 5.1 for the yeah. story, though. Yeah, it's it's a tell you, half the issue is Grayson CrossFit going under, fucking not knowing how these chips work still, and then fucking motorcycle fights for <laughs> with a bloody brother thing that I thought was way more important than it was. Yeah, and a Hot Topic uh, and, and backpack. A, and, a goddamn, and a goddamn squid saving the day. Yeah, the squid. He, he, squid. Uh, squiddy. Squiddy is the hero oh, of the story. Maybe Inky will save uh, Nightwing now. All of a sudden, he just shows up everywhere to save him. Uh, yes, but we're going to move on oh, to the last book of this thumbs section. Up, and I want him to give a thumbs up after he saves him from this explosion. Up. I don't know. He's a sucker. We have the next book up is I, I'm bad pun Werner tonight. We have Deathstroke I, number twenty nine. <laughs> Touche, my friend. <laughs> Deathstroke number twenty nine, written by Priest. Priest sounds tough, right? Priest. I don't even yeah, do it. I'm telling you, what I have to do is just like it might say priest in the credits. I'm calling him Christian no, Priest. I'm I telling remember you. who he was before he got all big and high and mighty with the that's priest. That's right. God damn it. If you told at the end days, if you called Prince, Prince, he'd slap you right in your face, Aaron. I don't even know what you'd call him at that point. Symbol? Who knows? Man, I think you I think he went back to Prince. Prince. I actually think Prince. he went back to Prince, but at that yeah. one point. You ain't calling him Prince. That Prince was a slave name is what he was saying to people because of that whole deal with the record company. So I'm going Priest. 
He says priest. I go with priest. I've seen the man. All right, I've seen I'm calling pictures. myself King Snake from now on. And, and that's not working because the thing is, I've seen pictures of priest. He, he looks like he can kick my ass, and not. And I don't know that I've ever seen the guy in a picture smiling. He looks very serious. If he wants to be called that's priest, not Eric, a I'm going of with a priest him. in my mind. <laughs> I'm telling you, he looks badass. Art by Diegenes Nieves, Trevor Scott, Jeremy Cox, who think. God, he doesn't just go with Cox and Willie Schubert. Eric, not Willie Shoe. It's a weird deal on that. Uh, it is weird. Yeah, and it's Willie Schubert. I swear Schubert. they're the same person, though. Maybe he changes shit up. You know, that's how you keep things interesting in the bedroom and on the comic page. Priest wraps up a whole bunch of things before depositing uh, Slade into Arkham Asylum in time for his Batman vs. Deathstroke story coming up next. While some of the bits feel rushed, especially Rosed and the Forgotten, I like the mystery of if Slade's insane or not, and interested to see how the Batman story plays out from here. Now, again, this is pretty much spelled out right away in this issue, that it is not the conclusion of, say, the Defiant Squad. It's more of a conclusion to the Chinatown story, which it is more. Uh, it does wrap up a lot of I'm the sorry, stuff. From though. what we get in this issue, I think it's the wrap. It's, it really does feel like what we got in this week's issue of Green Arrow, where it is, but we have a it's lot of not stuff as we have to much. wrap up, and it really feels like you know, Deathstroke does not have long for this world. Yeah, I actually think that I'm the with you as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. I don't know, because this next six issues is going to be the Batman versus uh, Deathstroke story. That's obviously six months of story. And who knows from there. So I think that maybe it's one of those where they're like, listen, as much as you can tie up, tie up. Uh, I do think that, say, they are going to cancel it. Say at the end of the Batman versus uh, Deathstroke story, they're going to – Christopher Priest is a well-respected man and a guy that DC pretty much seemed to beg to come and do this book. Also offered him to be the editor of the Batman books. So it's something that they – who I do think they will give him – how many issues he says. Like, I, I'm telling you, if they say to him, Cop how many wrong. issues How many issues do you need to tie this up? And he says 50, I don't think they're going to go it. But I think that after that Batman, uh, you know, Deathstroke story, if they say how much issues do you need to tie up? And he says two, one, whatever. Maybe they have to even see what might make a, a trade, whatever. Because I don't know if this completely ties up a trade itself maybe it won't and then you get more whatever but i do think they'll be able to end it because we still do have some loose ends in this uh issue you do get the uh deal where rose tells jericho that she pretty much is convinced that she as willow killed etienne yeah. you don't really get a reaction from jericho at that point Nothing. though he loves his sister so i don't think there's going to be much of a you know thing except for the fact that when it all is said and done, the sword that Deathstroke planted is really what the problem was. So it still is Deathstroke's kind of false It's also the sword we'll that see. can go and kill Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. The, that's the thing. It's, it can, it's the sword that can kill Deathstroke because it can pierce the gravity sheath, but we don't even have the gravity sheath right now. No, no. It's a very odd thing that we just yeah. have that lingering out in the back of the Yeah, and I mean, it's still just a kick-ass sword for yeah. her, but it seems that through this, the way Isherwood talks in this is that – this issue also makes it so that Rose kind of gets rid of Willow and is not the, you know, basically it's like she's up for grabs at, because even at the one point, Deathstroke is going to stop what's going on. And Isherwood's like, no, 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 you can't. She's got to decide who or what she's going to become. So it's very rushed. But I think there, but you also have the whole idea of Power Girls, plural, 
in that weird bleed that they were coming back. Yeah, so you have that still out there, so that's something that's still out there. There's still a couple loose ends out there, but this really is a let's get a lot of things off the books right now or on the books even, and so that when we go on, if we do have to end, we can end it quickly. And we're not bogged down by a lot of stuff that's hanging out there. Yeah, so it it does start uh, with basically – uh, you know, you have uh, Rose going – or actually, I, I actually was at the credits page. I'm sorry. I, I'm trying to get – desperately get back to the beginning there. Uh, if you were there, help me out. It actually starts I in Gotham. Not. It actually starts in Gotham where you have uh, Deathstroke being checked in. Uh, it's one of those where Priest likes to do this, where it's the wraparound. It's what ends the issue of him going to Arkham, where he is there. This is not a good there. way to begin the thing, because I don't ever want anybody to be brought into Arkham Asylum then, because this whole cavity search up the asshole, hey, I, I, I don't need to see stroke. that as soon as I open a book. Yeah, I know, but it's Deathstroke, so they're going to have to check all that out, uh, and he's there. Then you get the reminder. And it, yeah, and it's very quick, because then you get the reminder of Rose getting the sword in, in Minneapolis a year ago. Uh, then it's Rose on the rooftop going to see Jericho and telling him basically it wasn't Dad who killed Etienne. It was me, it, it but was it was Willow. It thing where it might be the sword or me with yeah. brain damage becoming but it was me. Willow. And there you go. Yeah, Boom. and it just ends. Now, again, I do think we're going to pick up at some point, and we may, God, we may see with the – Batman versus Deathstroke that we're still going to get more more story story here. Come on. I'm sure he's going to be upset, but you then go to see a very upset Tara. You see that she had problems before with Deathstroke. Deathstroke has always been somebody who's upset her to the point where she almost kills herself. And when the last issue, when he walked in to save Claire, uh, he basically told Tara, listen, I never loved you. I never did. Uh, You're bullshit. Get the fuck out of my way. Obviously, in this, it seems as if he's done that. As a cover plan of when he does go and get Claire, that Tara's just going to rip everything apart. Exactly. I do like this wraparound because when we had him walk in before to meet the Forgotten and, like, you know, see Claire and stuff like that, we just left Tara outside. I'm like, well, that was just kind of weird. Here we do get the continuation of the outside where Tara thinks back at all the stupid shit she's done to Slade and all the stuff she's felt because of Slade. And she just goes fucking ape shit about yep. it and starts ripping everything apart. Yep. Like, I really do like this wraparound, but yep. this whole idea that we have with the Deathstroke still not killing to a degree, yep. where he has these anesthetics with yeah, his you keep, gel but it was, Again, it was set up, so I didn't oh, mind. I know, no, no, you, you go no, quick saying, with it. Yeah. He shot Claire in the head, and I know he explains it away because you see blood splatter, and that's all yeah. part of the act of it. You shoot somebody in the head like this, I think she's brain damaged yeah, now she might at be least hurt. because that, that, that's fucked up. She didn't seem so smart before, Eric, so, you know, no harm, no foul. But he grabs her as he starts blasting and going through and trying to get rid of all of these ninjas that the Forgotten had. In the meantime, Tara brings the the building down, so he walks out. Yeah, she does. He brings that out. You end up seeing Wintergreen's leaving. You have Adeline calling him and like, oh, my God, shit must be going on uh, downtown. Buildings are flying apart and things like that. And you see Wintergreen definitely wants out. Uh, but you get that whole caveat here of the, do you think the plan's going to work? Do you think, and this is where I think that Priest is giving us this mystery by the end of, is Slade legitimately insane or is it part of a plan? Because this plan keeps popping up. People keep talking about a plan, including like Isherwood says things and it, it all goes down the line. I do think that it's 
it's bullshit. I think that there is the AI, and it has been the plan all along to fuck with them. Now we go to this part where you have new Superman come out of nowhere, and this is the thing that really, to me, I'm telling was you, just is totally to unnecessary. So and this is and almost heavy. like you think that maybe because this Batman uh, Deathstroke story really, to me, came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden, it was announced. When it was first announced, most people thought it was a separate miniseries, so not, I, I not honestly, part of this book. you keep saying this, I'm sitting there in my mind still thinking that you might no. be wrong because no. I, I still think it's a separate miniseries. No, you see at the end it says it's not. It's yeah. in this book, and when you had that – I'll tell you, and then even with that, I think it's still going on like a separate thing yeah, with this because not. of how it was originally announced. I don't yeah, know why no. in my head it, it's Yeah, and there. it's not, and that's the problem is I think that that is something that you know Christopher Priest – I'll call him Christopher again, Eric, but uh, – they kind of came up, man, this would be cool. You got Batman in, we'll get some sales up. Maybe yeah, some yeah. people like it. You know, it might be a Hail Mary, uh, really, by the end. But uh, this new Superman being in this book had to have meant something more than this when it first started. Because basically, he just comes, grabs Slade, and then just starts talking a way that I've never heard Keenan Kong talk with this whole deal. Yes, he is kind of a ass at the beginning of a well, series, but not exactly. now. Not not now. And no. the way he's written this, he seems more like a booster goal than like, Keenan yeah. Kong. And or Keenan Kong two days after he became new Superman yeah. because that's when he wanted to hey, I'm gonna get Laney Land's uh fucking, you know, attention and stuff. He's I'm gonna get a Nike deal and stuff like that. That's not what we're getting right now with this character. And he ends up just basically leaving. I mean, there's no reason for him to be here, so he has just kind of written out. Now, you get the next brush thing is the forgotten. You had a whole setup where the grocer, his dad yeah. was killed by, we find out, Willow, uh, Willow who's yeah. Rose. And uh, this whole he thing blamed just, Deathstroke I'm and telling this you, whole big yeah, setup for it. It's been going on forever this has been parts where we would get two pages in an issue and then not get anything for another three issues get a page and then all of a sudden it started getting more and more to yeah, lead to to lead to them on a rooftop basically saying rose saying listen willow killed your father i'm sorry it's not me anymore i'm controlling willow willow's gone i'm oh. sorry i'm putting my sword away if you have to kill me kill me i understand it's got to be go and he just leaves. He just leaves before he says, yeah, I'd kill my dad eventually anyway. And then really goes with, you know, the White Lotus. They're never going to stop hunting me down because of this. And then goes. And Rose says, eh, you know, me and him are going to be on the run forever, says Dukesan. But with that, why doesn't she – and I hope that if the book goes – you would have to get some help from from the rest of you know at least the Deathstroke family since you don't have the Defiance Squad anymore to help this guy out. I yeah. mean, really, he's done nothing except not be honorable in what he's supposed to do, and now he's on the run for life. Uh, but yeah, you end up then. It's such a weird thing because where we leave this whole fight because it does pick up again a little bit later where you see that Rose will not fight the Forgotten, no. and the Forgotten says. Okay, he's like he just starts charging at her with the sword, and then later on, when we get back to it, he's just it's gone. just Rose sitting with Husan yeah. drinking coffee, and he just yeah, left. He left. Hey, he just left. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. God, so damn, maybe that's something so else. Maybe there's something else with it. Maybe we'll see. But with that, as this is going down, Deathstroke wants to get to his daughter, well, and he a, loves his daughter. Who's, it's a whole who's who in this yeah, issue of the because Deathstroke Isherwood series. shows up then. Yeah, and he says, you know, you can't go. 
You leave her alone. Stand down. It's over. Don't, you know, you, you got to stop. In the meantime, Tara's there doing her crazy stuff. You have Keenan Kong there. And you also then have the Wintergreen AI saying, don't listen to them. We can kill them all. We can get through, you know, whatever. And that's where Destruct says, listen, by the way, get this fucking Wintergreen voice out of my head. I'm sick of it. This neural implant. Initially, it's like, there is none. I was yeah. gaslighting you. And he's like, no, bullshit. It's active. It's going on. And then you see, like, the, the uh, wintergreen AI. He's doing that to his head. And with that, then you get Jericho, like, pop. You got to stop. You know, too many people. Lives are ruined. Shit's gone down. Whatever. Stop. And that's where Deathstroke is flipping out. Like, don't you say this. This implant. I know it's there. You guys it's have set me trying up. To, you look crazy. Yeah, and this is, you know, and is going with basically the plant, Adeline, Wintergreen, and Terra, they're all in on it. The implant, Joseph, that the I'm, the, he's going to say the implant again, and Isherwood picks up a goddamn truck or a car and just smashes the shit again, having him stop talking before it goes any further. Yeah. Because to me, Jericho is on the up and up. He's not doing anything. And really, when it comes down to it by the end, his kids do love him. I know yeah. they hate him, but they're not going to do things. So it seems like everybody's in on this, but to me, it's not but that they don't love Jericho him, and Rose. They really don't like him. No, they hate him, but they love yeah. it. But here's the deal. They hate him, but it's their father. And they, exactly. they to them, that means something. It doesn't mean anything to me. Or my daddy's dead. Or to your He's kids. Dead. No, they don't care. They're buying axes and fleshlights. Uh, uh, but yeah, then you're going to get this. What little, a life. Yes, really. What a life indeed. Living the dream, Eric. Uh, axes yeah. and And I like this little beat deal where you have, and again, it is kind of pushed with the, hey, the, the, the forgotten. Yeah, he skedaddled. But I like Hussan there with with rose and they're talking and he's his normal goofy like he thought i was chinese talking about new superman king like how dare him like you know we have a code you know i'm not and i like I, it I it made me laugh white americans but us yeah. asians we got a code um, it made me laugh so much but i like this wraparound that it looks like rose loves him and it's gonna right. stay married i'm telling you Crazy. this is a can't buy me love eric and i love camp it, it's she's <laughs> he's all that because she only did this to get her dad or whatever she's falling for him she's falling in love with the sucker uh, you know the the guy who has a code but yeah it all ends then with gotham city slade in arkham asylum talking to the wintergreen ai because he's insane and that is a good setup. You have to get him into, you have to get him to Gotham at least and to have yeah. him in Arkham. And I'm telling you, it'd be so funny at this point if Batman shows up in the Batman 89 Batmobile, goes in and we got work to do. And it's just basically white knight here. Uh, like uh, we talked about on the Patreon, but I, I liked it. I know that you didn't like it as much as me. Well, I know what is. you're saying, I, but it's everything a, it's a makes sense. And but it, it really felt like a wrap up of the it series does. at this point. And it felt really odd and rushed. But even on top of that, I really like this series, and I think yeah. this delivered enough to still be enjoyable. Yeah, well, again, what I really liked is at the point, there, there's such a good point to me of when Deathstroke starts flipping out, and he's like, God damn it, I know that I'm set up. This is nonsense. You see sides are drawn there of Keenan, Isherwood, and Tara. Like, they're not going against each other. Like, obviously, they're all in on this plan. Like, this is a plan. And earlier, even Wintergreen says... We agreed to do this for his his own sake, to help him. And so we'll see that they may think that where it led before of that whole thing where 
Going in the Speed Force fucks you up. They, they, it yeah. was thrown out there. We may find out. I mean, it may wrap around in a crazy way that fucking half of the shit never even happened. I don't know. I know Christopher Priest does play a long game. Uh, but if you want to be there when he actually finishes some stuff up, even though some things are rushed, this is the issue to show you that he will. But there's still, we said before, the Power Girl stuff's huge for me. I want to see well. that resolve. I want to see Jericho's, you know, reactions as this goes. I actually well, am looking... That's a big thing. I know we have a lot of shit going down this issue, and there's not a lot of time to react. Just the yeah. whole idea that, you know, Rose comes to Jericho and not only tells him that, you know... He, she killed his fiance, but yeah. then she also has a fucking like she's possessed by some yeah, kind possessed of entity. By some deal. There's a lot of, like to lay on somebody. At there once, is. There's no reaction to that well, at all. Again, it just goes, and we don't really see him until later when he's there with with Slade yelling for him to stop because he's acting insane. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm actually also looking forward to the fact because you have it. It says Batman versus Deathstroke, a six part epic event coming up. Uh, this does not mean that while this is going on, like I know it says Batman versus Deathstroke, you can only think that Jericho and Rose will be involved as well. I, I don't I know so. if it's going to be a single – the way that it was pulled out, that's why I thought when I thought it was going to be its own six-issue mini, that I thought, oh, that sucks. It's just going to be Deathstroke by himself. It'll probably be originally like, eh, it's going to be one of those like from the back pages of history. Like, oh, my goodness, this happened yeah. eight years ago. It does not seem to be that. So I'm looking forward to that first issue to see – what exactly he's playing with? Is he going to play with where we're going to still get more of what's going on in well, this, this book? Well, this being the Deathstroke book, I, even though they don't call this the Batman versus Deathstroke, a six-part six part epic event, yeah. it's still the Deathstroke book. Yeah. I have to imagine we have to play with all the characters that That's we have That's what I, I'm hoping. And then maybe where we think the book might be coming to an end, maybe he won't even need anything after it because he'll, uh, you know, sl you know, each issue kind of tie up something, kind of show some things. But well, it's, it's uh, I still really like it. To me, if it is the fact, it, that's just the way it feels that we're tying everything yeah. up for an ending eventually. And this is the one book out that DC's putting out that I do look forward to read because yeah, it rarely disappoints. Even no. an issue where I think it's forced and rushed to get to a conclusion. Yeah, it's still going to be one of your better issues. It. Yeah, yeah. I, I give it an eight five. Uh, I I would have went higher if, if some of the things didn't seem very rushed. Now again, I've learned my lesson with with Priest is that most of the things that I think are rushed end up wrapping around that they aren't. Yeah. They were something else. So we'll see as it goes on. But I still really liked it. I like the art a lot. Uh, and I had a good time with it, so I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. What would you give it? I, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10, and still with that, this is probably going to be my book of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a positive fella lately. All right? A lot of these books are bringing you down. They, they are. are. Yeah, they are. I was talking to Brandon about it, about just, you know, I just want to get on a podcast like these other people and, and talk about all this stuff that I love. Yeah, amazing. But, yeah, I I have a podcast with my wife. That ends up me yelling. I'm just a miserable fellow. But maybe it's just like you know Pennsylvania problems. Maybe it is. But you do like to talk about your boys' toys, I hear. So you're not yelling about that. At least you found something. I, uh, I, had found a, it. I actually had a lot of disappointment in that this uh, week. Eric Shay, <laughs> you disappointed me. I thought that you have found your your safe and good place where you close Hell, your eyes. My favorite figure out of the bunch. I couldn't describe like you know yeah. why it was my favorite because both modes, the beast mode and robot mode, were both disappointing. That sucks. That's see now you're bringing me down. But we're gonna move on now to something that we always do enjoy. That's a polar claw, Jim. That, that polar is, claw. Polar claw, huh? You just sit back and think you're good place. You're on the uh, the desert plain with polar claw. 
don't know. But yeah, we're going to go off now. That's right. He's a polar desert bear. Planet. Well, that's why what happens is it's not his good place, Eric. It's yours. You, you got to get him because he's going to attack you. You've already set him up with a handicap. See, you're smart. You're good place. You're, you're still smart, Eric. I'll give you that. I'm going to be so sweaty. I'm gonna, I need to drink like every five seconds. I yeah, just place you, for me. you drink the polar bear's sweat is what you do. What? Polar Claw? Is that his name? Polar yes. Claw? Yeah. Yes. You, you drink his sweat. He's his robot sweat. polar bear sweat. Yeah. His, his motor oil. Yeah, that's what you drink. Uh, who knows? You find an oasis. Uh, it's your good place, Eric. It, the rules are up to you. Look, yeah, I, I, I know. think I've already established I don't have a good place. I'm telling you, it's not like the judge gave you a fucking chip and you went off to your good place. You, you can make the rules, my friend, but we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. section of the night, Eric, and it's brought to you by Polar Jack. Is that his what, what, name? Polar Call, goddamn. Polar Jack. You know, that, that thing that was a, uh, a transformer that transforms from a candy bar into an ice cream bar, Eric. There you go. Double change, that one is. And this is the first mail section. If you, you want to get involved in the mail, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, and you'll get in on the fun just like Repairman Jack, and Repairman Jack uh, hasn't emailed us for a while. I do talk yeah. to him a lot, but he hadn't emailed, and he says right away, What's up, guys? It's my bi-monthly email to rant about Batman. Without a doubt, and I will say right now, we did not talk about Batman in the first section of books. You're going to get a heavy dose of it here. Uh, yeah. Not even just from Jack. I'm saying this whole mail section is pretty much people losing their minds on Batman. Without a doubt, this may be the dumbest piece of shit issue that I have ever read. It's not just annoying or up its own ass or even lacking in story. It's just fucking stupid. First, is that French, Eric? Is he speaking French? First, I want to know the extent of Ivy's consciousness in these people. And right now, here we go. I, I need a ding for that one because I'm with you. Is she actively controlling all these people at the same time? Or are most of them just sitting like a vegetable while she puts Ooh. on a newscast for Bruce and Selena? I want to know. We get a random-ass stop at Batburger for no goddamn reason, though Tom King said that was all detective work, and Ivy oh. is there just to serve them their jokerized fries, uh, accompanied with some dumbass talk of Ivy being every part of their wedding. This is just a waste of dialogue and might as well not even be included because it's just pointless and dumb. If it was a throwaway line like, oh, we can get Ivy to officiate or something small, it'd be a lot more realistic and probably more effective, but instead it's multiple pages of the same joke over and over again we get it ivy is everyone har har yeah we we next move on to bringing up how bruce is crazy because he dresses as a bat 
You know that old deal. Which takes us to the reveal of how everyone came under Ivy's control. But not before Catwoman single-handedly takes out three fucking flashes. Bane wasn't enough to show how strong she was. He was weakened and at a disadvantage. Talia is just good at swords. So why does be- what does beating her show, even though they were sword fighting? Let's just have her knock out the three flashes with a single blow. That will show how strong she is. She is now on par with Superman in power level. Having surpassed Batman himself, I don't know why they're worried about superman following overhead just throw the cat at him so and and i have a big thing i'll I'll be talking about that at least when we go on uh with uh the reason why i think that this is a huge step backwards for catwoman but he is looking at it in the wrong way and a way that a lot of people would but i will i'll explain that later eric so you'll have to stay tuned so vegetables Yes, vegetables. In the way Ivy is able to control everyone, and apparently there is only a single person, all of Gotham, possibly the world, that doesn't eat vegetables, and the Wayne Foundation just happens to be working on a cure. This is so goddamn stupid. I have a two-year-old. I can tell you right now, it is goddamn hard to get them to eat a vegetable, not to mention I'm pretty sure I know a couple people would rather die than eat a vegetable, possibly one whose voice you hear right now, Eric. I yeah. hate him. Though I'm, I'm sitting there and... Where do you draw the line? Uh, do you draw the line of, you know, I'm eating a burger and the bread has grain? I mean, you, you can go very far down the, you know, the route there. You can go down the rabbit hole, uh, but then you start getting the idea of when and how does the control stop? Is this actually control from just the vegetables in the green or is there something in them? You I know don't what I'm saying? Know. And why, I mean, he might even say it, I don't want to, you know, step on his toes, but why isn't there people, you know, with a fast metabolism, say flashes, who kind of work it out? Is it something that once it gets in your system, it's like mercury, Eric, it can't be taken out? I don't know. So are there just whole groups of children out there somewhere fending for themselves, since their families are just mindless vegetables themselves all day, unless they're needed for Bruce's entertainment or food needs? Now, this is where I'm going to mention something before we go on uh, and to the end is one of the things that I think that this really does show and we've said this before is and I hope I say the words right Eric uh, Tom King writes a very insular book it's a book that he has set up the fact that it seems as if Ivy is controlling the world, yet we only see three streets and a house so you never get the full scope of this worldwide fucking takeover. So yeah, I could sit there and say that or there's even people. What the rules are. Do yeah, well, and I could, that's what I'm Ivy saying. And, this one, like, to and, and Ivy, with or that though, control of everybody. That's what I'm saying. With that though, you don't see somebody who's on the Atkins diet and hasn't been able to eat vets and isn't controlled. You don't see where there may be people that were fasting for some reason at this point and have now started a resistance group. Uh, you'll you don't see that because all he cares about is Batman and Catwoman. He only cares about two characters in his book, and because of that, it always feels very small to me. It feels very, very, very small. Where's the Green Lantern Corps? Where is the idea of that? Where where are an alien who is on the planet? I don't know if you realize this. This is comic books. There's a lot of aliens who may not be able to eat the food on this planet. And so they would not be taken over. You'll never get that because all it is is a goddamn fucking simple plot to just show you Batman and Catwoman. That's it. 
And when we get to it again, I'm already getting mad. I still want to know why they woke up last issue in their costume. I don't know, Eric. And also just the whole idea of, you know, just forcing everything towards a world. And this is where I will tell you right now, this is part of the things I'm going to lose my mind of later. I admit it now. I admit it now. I'm going to lose. Two weeks ago talking about punching, you know, Alfred in the face and punching Barry in the face. Yes, that was detective work. That was detective work. Yes. Now, and, and what I'm, here's what I'm saying about Tom King. And when we get to it, again, now I'm going to argue with people who like him, and I will start it off by saying I, I don't care. I, I, You shouldn't care if I hate it. I don't care if you like it. I'd rather like it than hate it. You guys are in the, the yeah. boat that I'd be fucking paddling right now if I had the choice. Uh, but you – seen a lot of people i'm not going to say you i don't want to say that i speak for all green arrow fans like you did once eric so i'm not going to group everybody but a lot of people who like this tom king run sit there and say constantly this is a humanized this isn't the bat god this isn't the the batman who rules it all and and can be this and that and he could fly into the sun and go into a black hole because he's batman no this is the human batman or whatever the problem is Tom King is writing his stories as if Batman is the only fucking thing that matters in the goddamn world. So he is a bat god. He is a bat god because everything that happens in the whole planet all revolves around him and Catwoman, and you never get anything past that. Every guest star that shows up, he throws in there as a prop and as something that he never can get the idea that they ever were in any other story but his. You have Ivy in this where she's like, I well, have this regret. Apparently won the pool at male section number one. Yeah, yeah, really, because he's there. Ah, oh, I have a regret that I killed somebody and joked some reels. Well, I, I'm sorry, Mr. King, but she has done other things, including killing people after that. So is she upset about those? Uh, but but that doesn't matter to you. You know what else she's probably upset at? That you made her a villain after she was redeemed in, in Birds of Prey. She is actually a good person. So when you end this fucking arc by showing, oh, look, she's redeemed, you're, you're too late. That fucking trolley already came in. It already came into the goddamn fucking station twice in All-Star my, my Batman and Boy, Birds I'm of not Prey. I'm mad at Batman. No, I'm, we're not talking about it yet. I'm just talking now. Now I lost my voice, but th- this is I what's going to end up. It's going to end up, oh, look at Ivy's so good. No, she's already been good. Th- th- you're not doing anything good. Or good, I meant new. Some people like it. Yeah. All right. There we go. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> this is all just fucking stupid. Listen to my voice now. It sounds like yeah. a child wrote it. This literally sounds like the plot of a Goosebumps book or something. Ivy takes control of everyone by vegetables. That's why you'll never eat vegetables. I told you they were yucky. Yeah. Eric says he's starting a class action suit against Mr. T and goddamn fucking Hulk Hogan. They were always Tell telling me to you to eat your vegetables. vegetables. Do my homework and take my vitamins. Look where I got me now, Mr. T. Yeah, really? Homework? Break Nonsense. I, I see Ethan. That, that guy's skating through life not doing that homework. That's Eric. because he didn't have a Mr. T growing up. That's true. No, he or has a, a Mr. W. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I literally can't take how fucking dumb this is. Besides my rant, I actually had a question I wanted to ask. Which Brian Michael Bendis taking uh, – which – with Brian Michael Bennis taking over both Superman books and them getting a new status quo, as well as a lot of the books being pretty bad right now, I wonder what one book, excluding Batman, too easy, you would like to get a whole new creative team and new status quo. 
I think my answer would be pretty obvious. It would be Teen Titans. Percy's the writer that annoys me the most, and Teen Titans is just a big pile of bland nothingness. Give me a new team, new status quo, and a new writer. I would gladly take Tomasi with a John Damian lead-led team. Just get rid of the rest of the team with how boring they've been. What would be your book? I actually, I, I was actually thinking about that. I do like the idea of just you know getting a whole new status quo Teen Titans in because that's a book that I always want to yeah. love, and it's been hard over the past couple of years. Yeah, uh, I would actually, I mean, if you say, like, status quo, uh, and you go with, like, say, a Nightwing, that would kind of mean getting him out of Bloodhaven and stuff, and I still think that that could work. It's just not working. Uh, But I may upset some people because it is a pretty popular book, but what I would say is Detective Comics. If I can't say Batman... I would say Detective Comics. We're already seeing the Detective Squad fall apart. Get the hell rid of that, and let's get a, a Batman book that's actually doing some detective work and, and that sort of thing. And maybe you know we'll get a good Batman book. So I would say that. And with uh, uh, James Tynan leaving, maybe that's what we will get. What about like a, a Justice League? That'd be good. We and, have and that really, coming up though. Yeah, we have that coming up too. But yeah, we'll a see. A JLA. Yeah, well, again, now, yeah, JLA, but that's already canceled, so, yeah, and I can't say a JSA because that's not around yet. I'm trying to think of other, oh, well, again, you want to, you want else, uh, something else, maybe a Batgirl or a Birds of Prey book? Oh, my, no, no, right there, you're Supergirl. right. Batgirl is number one on the list. I yeah. do love Teen Titans, but I want Batgirl to go back to being yeah, be some so semblance good. of a decent hero. Yeah, I would like that as well, but that is repair. You've been repaired. Boom. What you've been, my voice needs to be repaired. Now we're going to continue it. With Jasanga. Hey guys, been a while. You know, I hate Priest writing the Justice League so much I feel that he may deliberately be doing it as a favor for DC and Hitch so that people change their opinions of it. Fuck the story and science techno babble to Kingdom Come. And I agree with that. It'd be funny if he's actually, the, the setup is actually giving, uh, uh, what's his name? Scott Snyder a little bit of a wink wink that when he shows up, it's just going to be great. You know, it doesn't matter because people well, at this just point, want no matter something what I new. Think, anything comes out, any semblance of fun, people are going to latch onto it and tell yeah. you it's the greatest thing ever. And maybe, because maybe we that's have the not set. had a decent Justice so, book this entire Rebirth run. So what we're saying is maybe Priest is new Coke, Eric. Exactly. And, and when the classic Coke returns, oh my goodness, it's so delicious. The classic Coke is Brian yeah. Hitch. Uh, no. No, Classic Coke is a good book. And now on to Batman. As someone said in the comments section across Batman News, King should leave after the so-called wedding because, oh, Lord, I don't want this nonsense for another 50 issues. I agree. He gave his uh, most uh, Poison Ivy ever who casually enslaved humanity and ever uh, – and. Every other super being, Bruce did fuck all for nearly a month, and we had Selena one-shot both Wally's and Barry, while Batman made Superman his bitch again. Then to top it all off, she has Clark murder Bruce, then bring him back, and King expects uh, us to brush it all aside because she felt sorry for her part in jokes and riddles. You know that sickens me. What sickens me about this in the greater continuity is Bruce is just going to let her go after the nonsense she pulled by his fucking cousin is an uh, uh, irredeemable monster who is a lost cause. So yeah, he's saying that Kate Kane, uh, you know, she can't go anywhere anymore and she's getting kicked off everything, but yet Ivy, he thinks, is just going to go free. Uh, I think that basically the, the whole, the whole twist of this whole issue when we get to it is the fact that I do think that Ivy is 
brain, she's mind controlled. She even says at the one point where Selena's like, this isn't you. And she kind of stumbles with it and then gets mad. And I think that that's the whole thing. And we're going to see well, that everybody's mind The only mind way controlled. that you can come out of this in my mind for some reason, and it's, it's the worst possible idea, is that I go back to wanting to know why they woke up in their costumes last issue. Yeah. What is this all a dream? A dream. And I think that, and I was talking to a gringo star, Eric, a lot on uh, Twitter this week about Batman, and a little shout out to him. Uh, and I like talking to him. I told him I was trying to get my anger out by yelling at him. Uh, but when, and it didn't work, unfortunately. But, uh, with that, he's like, I think it's just going to be a dream. And I'm like, really? Y- you say that? I want to punch somebody. Uh, you yeah. you want to get cliche on top of cliche? Uh, then go all the power to you because that's nonsense. Uh, yes, but that was Chisanga. Thank you, Chisanga. And the next Thank one you, is Pete. From NYC. What up, Jimmy Eric Shea Stadium and the Fesh Crup Pru Pru Pru? Eric? Pru Pru Pru. I was waiting. Uh, Batman 42 is the worst comic I've ever read in my life. I haven't been reading comics all my life like one Eric Shea. But I know dog shit when I see it. It was unreadable. I'm done with this book until Eric Stray tells me otherwise. He's waiting for your call. Eric, and I would like, I want to talk to Pete because I don't think that it will be one of those where one issue is going to do it for him. I would like to know how many issues, and I would say that I would reverse Eric Shea this and say that you have to wait three good issues and then jump back like you say you always give a book three issues before you leave it. But, Jim, I know you don't like to name names on the podcast, but who are these D-bags giving it tens, Eric? And, of course, then Pete from NYC names the people, Eric. And I'll name what the fuck. (laughs) I told you, at one point, I don't like naming names. I don't, you know, cause fights or whatever, but you know what? Who cares now? He says Dark Knight News, GWW, and DC Comic News. They get a Pete from NYC. Fuck you, you hard-ons, is what he says. That's, and and you those gotta are understand the words. too. DC Comic News and Dark Knight News are pretty much the yeah. same website. Yeah, I believe just, we, like, two different we things saw that. The same person. Yes, we saw that at one point. And really, like I said, that is Pete from NYC's opinion. And also, I am wrong turn, and I prove this message. Wrong turn proves yes. that message. So there proves you go. the hell out of it. He proves it. A few random things. What are all the podcast networks you ramble on about at the beginning of each show? Proud. What is Shay proud of? I've been listening for a year and a half. I don't know when it started, but what are you guys talking about? It sounds like nonsense. I am wrong turn, and I prove this message. <laughs> he proves it. They're just places that you go, and the, the podcast is there. So you kind of get a little bit more of a... Uh, places that gather comic book podcasts yeah, and different stuff yeah. in their own genre and stuff like that. A lot of people go over there yep. and place their podcasts there. It gives you more of a uh, you know radius of your podcast, and who knows? Who knows what goes Proud. on? Proud. To me, uh, basically what it was is we started the podcast. I listened to every podcast out there, and really, if you're listening... Listening, and you have any sort of comic book podcast, especially something that is DC, uh, rest assured, I have heard more than enough. Uh, you know, more than enough. Now I sound like an asshole. I have more issues that are episodes than just one. But I can't. <laughs> but I, now, wait, where, hey, where is it? I am wrong turn, and I prove this message. And what I'm saying, though, is I started hearing about these networks. So I, I hear these, and then I get furious. Like I said there the fuck is going on like why aren't we on a network thinking that people are going to come out and and just seek us out eric because you know you're eric shea who would not want eric shea on the network so finally i just ended up you know 
emailing these guys and stuff like that. And we're on these networks. And sometimes yeah. I even go to them and put our episodes up. I, I've been sometimes. very lax lately. You may be proud, Eric, but my laziness trumps you every time. Can I, I make be proud? Because if I'm not, you fucking wait for me. Yes. Can I make a parody request? Dancing Mike's Jim Rings the Bell parody of Michelle by the Beatles and Paul McCartney in particular is dope as fuck, he says. I am wrong turn and I prove this message. I haven't heard in a while. It would be much appreciated. He says, I'm Audi 5000 Pete from NYC and I promise him that in the next couple seconds he will hear that because we're going to go back to the books, Eric. What do, what do you think of that? Some books coming up. I Only two, though. still trying to find it? What's going on? No, no, I'm not going to play it yet. we gotta, we got to stop it. A little behind the veil, Eric. We, we're oh. going to get into the books. I, gotta Here stop. I, I wanted to listen to it. Whatever. Oh, you wanted to listen. Okay, so what you're going to do is screw me up completely when we edit the podcast. <laughs> that is such a nice thing that you want to do. I got you, excited. Never but you mind. know what? You know what, Eric? I am here as your dancing monkey. Here we go. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No war threats, evil mites. Aware of my power, greens light. Uh, yes, Eric. Uh, that, that means one of two things. Uh, wrong Turn knows nothing. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. And or we have a Green Lantern book coming up. Is that a uh, little column A and a little column B possibly? Yeah, but, I think it's going both. Yeah, I think it there. is. But we're going to get right into it. And what is our first book of this section? Obviously, it's Green Lanterns number 42, written by Tim Seeley with art by V. Ken Marion, Sandu Floria, Danae Ribeiro, Dave, and Dave Sharp. It's an issue that's all about the pyramid scheme religion, the Order of the Steed, which after a bit of jurisdictional jurisdiction issues, our Green Lantern heroes undercover their way into the world to get the evidence they need to take them down. And also find Night Pilot, but now that the Order has taken Night Pilot under their control, it looks like scraps of the Omega Men might shoot her dead. There you go, Eric. Ring I'm the done. bell. I, I, I don't think I've had as much trouble reading a goddamn blurb in months. Okay, well, I would disagree. I, I would say. Well, there was that one that I made you start over because it was true. ridiculous. No, but I was just that. I was going to say hours, maybe. But uh, uh, you may have made some mistakes, Eric. You may have made, you know, one or two mistakes. But I just want to point out that DC made a huge mistake because if you go to the cover, they still have Barnaby Behenda listed as the artist and not yeah. V. Ken Marion. That sucks because we're uh, big fans of V. Ken, and I do like the art in this issue. Actually, it's funny because. I was uh, sharing your stuff. I, obviously, this is your review. Uh, and so I'm sharing it and sharing the, I guess it was the um, preview. 
And right. I'm looking. I'm like, boy, I like this art. Who is that? I'm like, holy shit, it's our man V Ken. So I did like that. Uh, that's about what I like about this issue because this issue to me, I, I have no idea. We didn't talk anything about this issue really. Uh, I don't know really what your score was. But you couldn't have liked this. This issue is so long-winded I, I to don't me. know how anybody can like this, but when we spend the majority of the issue just talking about the order of it's the seed so and then jurisdictional issues because they are a religion and the Green Lantern Corps just can't go in unannounced, I'm like – Really? We're going to spend all this fucking time learning well, about religion and, and jurisdiction? Here's the thing that is so funny to me because this is what I thought. Like, I'm reading this and I'm like, okay, I, I get it now. We've really, because for the most part, when Simon Baz was introduced in the New 52 uh, by Jeff Johns, he was not very religious. In fact, he no. kind of was like, you know, hey, that religion, that's nonsense. You know, I am Muslim, but it's caused me more problems than anything else. And he was more of like a, you know, a young, hip guy who thought that was nonsense. Now, he has progressed, but out of nowhere, all of a sudden, it seemed to us that he became very religious. So I thought that this was going to be a setup to ma- him making a stand like, no, I'm not going to go against because in this they end up having to kind of say they they're a convert. different religion. Yeah, they have to it's, convert. it's a weird thing too where we actually have to get because of the jurisdictional issues. Yeah. Get Simon and Jessica to convert to the Order of the Steed yep. before they can make the pilgrimage yeah. to the nebula that yep. they reside Which in. Which seems nonsense. All you have to do is hide your ring, whatever. Yeah. But with that, you even have more of a setup leading to Simon. I'm telling you, this is basically Jessica like, you know what? Since my kin Sierra, I have not gone to – it's been years. I don't care. I, I, I may even end up practicing the, the Steed religion later. Who cares? And then what about you, Simon? And you're waiting for him to be like, no, I can't do this. I, I know what you're saying. And, and then you could even say that I could just be, you know, I'll, I'll cross my fingers. I can't do it. I, I really can't. This is something that is really important to me. And it's been pushed that way until now where he just goes, eh, fuck it, whatever. And, and, and I'm even like, that, I'm really? telling you, the whole idea of the religion and how our characters see it, it is played out kind of decently in like two pages, and that is the strongest part of the book where Jessica talks about how she thinks her religion is just for fucking dumb people who can't yeah. believe in themselves and actually Simon goes on a little tirade yeah. about it and then apologizes to Simon because she is losing – she is yeah. stuck on a ship with a bunch of people. She's out of her comfort zone, and she is lashing out a bit and has to yeah. apologize for how she's saying because she knows that Simon to a degree is religious, and it's not fair for her to throw – all of her fucking, you know, anti-religion yeah. on him like this. But this is the best part of the book. What I just described right there, best part. Yeah, but I got mad because then Simon basically goes with the fact of, you know what? God is in my heart. He he knows what – but that, yeah. that isn't what we've seen into this. We have seen him stop and, and even in the Justice League as well. So it, it's kind of been a, a full deal of just stop and pray. And make sure he goes through the ritual and make sure he goes through the stuff and talks about it and things. And then all of a sudden it's just thrown out there that it seems to me like they're, yeah, we don't really want to deal with this anymore. So we go. And I thought where I thought that all of a sudden it was overly pushed and it seemed weird. Now after that, it seems weird going back the other way. And it just threw me off a bit with that because it really seems like this whole religious thing was the setup to kind of get a little bit more of character development and why Jessica and Simon are different and why maybe they even complete each other with the things. And then out of nowhere, you just have Simon say, no, I, I, I don't mind. 
it's fine. That's the thing. It's like, and look, it's just, it's, it's, it's failed not exactly set up wrong with what you think, Jessica. It's like me. I always liked the instant community and family yeah. part of religion, but that's me. You know, like that, that, that's yeah. just how I feel. You know, he's not all into it, but he does enjoy those aspects of religion. Yeah, but we've seen him stop and pray at the times that he's supposed to by himself on planets and things. And I'm not just saying in this, that was really in the Justice Justice League League, book, but it still was. But we've seen him in this pray, which we never did before. I'm telling you, the setup, though, What I'm not mad about Simon in particular. I'm mad that we have almost a whole issue of setup to lead to this point where you think that he's going to have a problem, and he doesn't. And so because of that, everything that was set up before that, you might as well have just said – Hey, Simon and Jessica, you have to disguise yourself as pilgrims. It's all you need. You don't need to throw in all this other stuff for no reason. It really seemed like it was... Howdy, Pilgrims. Howdy, Pilgrims. That's all they needed to do. And it just seemed like, okay, we set all this up for nothing. In the meantime, you have them going after Night Pilot. You have Derlins. This issue, it's just, it's all over the place while it's also doing nothing. It's a a bad combination. And they're taught... And even... The thing is, I would think you're the same as me. We're there. You see Night Pilot. She's kind of getting taken over. You see that the Durlin was, you know, pretty much tricked her at one point. Yeah, he was, was one a data person. That's how he was able yeah. to kidnap her. He was equal Brian. Yeah, and really, I mean, to me, it's a woman at this point where I don't know Durlin's, Eric, but, you know, she's you know, back and sense. forth. But I'm saying you're, you're really led to go with that this is a woman, but then she disguised herself as a man. And then I got excited because you turn the next page and not because of that. No, that was, that was a really bad progression, <laughs> but it might be true. No, but when I got excited after that was that all of a sudden I see John Stewart. I'm like, shit, that's cool. Like, I like this. I like yeah. seeing the other lanterns. I like to see them interact with them, but it, it leads to nothing. And no. then it also leads to me thinking about this sector and things like that. Like, was it ever spelled out? It's, was the sector ever spelled out specifically of where it is? I know it's the, the rim the of Barnard. Had, the horse had nebula. Uh, now, is that in the Earth sector? Do we know this? Because that, when that's I'm, not in the Earth sector. I do and not that's the only thing I kept thinking of. It's like, where are the lanterns from these sectors? And you're you're getting past where Jessica and Simon should be anyway. But it's also now, where are the other lanterns? Are they just stepping aside for this? It always throws me well, off with that. Well, this is the Green Lanterns of Earth's investigation because yeah, people of that still, planet were though, taken. Where would, where would the others be to kind of join up with them and see what's going on? I'm telling you, you say that. That is just nonsense to continue the story the way it is and i just don't know why all of this is thrown in here they're going this capers nonsense that ends up being about religion instead and then you have scraps there who who just you know she's gonna do what's right because she fought for the omega system and the fucking against the, the vega citadel system, yeah. and the mega man against the citadel and she did what was right her she, her fucking reputation has preceded her and all this but it's just and she's not gonna stand nothing. around and like you know wait a lot like you know no. she's gonna go with the green lanterns because if there's slavery going on she yeah. was a part of this had no idea had anything yeah. to do with slavery so, so she's, she's gonna, gonna go with dump. them to make it right 
And it's funny, too, because I just keep thinking of all the people that she killed, which she kind of throws in there. But you have this whole thing where it is this religion setting all this up. And then out of nowhere, you get this Durlin who then wants to just make Simon feel like a jerk and like, look at this face. This is the face that uh, your woman liked instead of you. It's such a weird thing, this Durlin out of nowhere to have this whole idea like, you know, going to make Simon jealous and throw his willpower off because, you know, she she said you were like, you know – you weren't up to snuff for dating yeah. and stuff like that, but she chose me. And I'm like, this is weird because right now we are in the middle of a battle where this religion, the Order of the Steed, has actually mm-hmm. put implants in all implants the Earth heroes they have taken and are now have them fighting against our Lantern yeah. heroes. So yeah. to throw this added aspect in just feels really weird. And yeah, this is just even after getting a full sermon going on about what the Order of the Steed is to yeah. all these new pilgrims oh that have goodness. just taken the trek to the planet. Yeah, it's crazy. Howdy, Krellgrim. And it just goes on and on, and, and it's not And fun. the whole idea, we do find out, though, that these superheroes were taken to become the avatars of this religion, yeah. to go out and keep spreading the word. Keep and spread the since word. they are superheroes... They can just pretty much overpower people and force them to do yeah. whatever they want. Yeah, it's basically a religion that's based on slavery and yeah. then mind control and, and devices like that. And it ends and with this you have just but it's Simon weird through to the have whole this thing. whole thing because it did seem originally that the avatars were not the purpose. They were going around and mining ore and doing stuff with yeah. gases. So oh, I'm telling how you, that, this... how does that go into being avatars for religion yeah. that go out and do this? And I know there's story progressions and there's, you know, you go from one step to this one to the other, but all of a sudden it seems like capers is just nonsense that was thrown away. Yeah. And now instead of capers, you're going to, like, why isn't capers on every deal and you just wait for them to show up? And, you know, but it just. It's just nonsense. And through this all, then you have Simon who's just going around yelling and screaming that he needs to get to Night, Night Pilot. Pilot. She ditched you, buddy. She, you're clingy. Uh, really, at the end, I hope she just goes and you get the added deal of at one point, Jessica's like, listen, I'm not used to people. I'm I'm a loner. I've always been, at least since my accident, things like that. And, you know, I can't even, I even fail in capers. I go on there. Just wait till you hear who they hooked me up with. It was. And then and sc- now, scraps interrupts. Yeah, yeah again. It's the same thing that drives me nuts all the time. It's Telos again. My no, real you know, name it, is... Right now, it's it's fucking Matt looking at the Robin costume of yeah, Batman it's Beyond. it's everything like that. And it always drives me nuts where you have this in this book. This is the most important thing at that point where Jessica's going to say something. You continue your thought. Like when they do say like, oh my god, look at that. And there's fireworks or something like, oh yeah, that's nice. By the way... They they hooked me up with you, Simon. You know, and si- and I also like it because the other people are so oblivious all the time that they'll never ask the question. What were you saying? No, that'll never happen because all of a sudden, shit. In a, in really in real life, if you have something really important to say, don't even start it. Keep it to yourself completely because when you start it, I've learned from comics that fucking world-ending events happen then. Like I'm there. My wife comes to me and like, yeah, I, I, I got the word back from the doctor. Uh, I'm – next thing you know, there's an earthquake. I, I never find oh, out God. that she has hepatitis. It, you would have thought that I was These saying she was pregnant there. She has hepatitis. No, you know, uh-huh. out of sight, out of mind. What the hell? Uh, what is hers is mine as we said when we got married. Marriage uh, but is gross. Yeah. Yes, it is. But yeah, you just keep going, and then you find out at the end you have scraps kind of go aside. She's going to she goes kick off ass. on her own to go after the high rider of the Order of the Steed to take yeah. him out. To finish all of this, 
but she's presented with Night Pilot instead, yeah. who's taken over by the High Rider of the Order yeah. of the Steed. And will you shoot the Steed? And again, you have a cliffhanger. I don't know if anybody thought the same. I don't know if you did, but kind of was still odd that Scraps ends like Scraps is the one who's going to go off to you know yeah. end it. And I'm like, really? Like Scraps? She's the only one that he balls in this goddamn yeah, book. Yeah, right really. Now. And she goes off, and there you go. And you have next pilots crash and i just i i had had enough and i i was not having any fun and i'm and, telling you it's it's such a problem because i love v ken marion's art i just oh, wish i, I could get him on a book that i like the yeah, story the, yeah. yeah it always ends up uh, what are you saying he's cousin oliver <laughs> yeah. what are you saying no and i agree i i think his art's great in this i really liked it especially when it's a panel with just tons of aliens he is great at that it well, looks not really only that, good I, I really dug the thing with him and just like john stewart simon baz and Je- yeah. jessica on mogul i thought looked great yeah. too and i'll tell you you know who he really seemed to really enjoy drawing his scraps every yeah. time scraps scraps looks incredible uh yeah it just with that when we first started this this crazy capers deal we ended it people who listen all the time wouldn't real remember and go with it we thought we were gonna have so much fun we thought that this was gonna be so much fun tim seeley's runoffs of the green lanterns yeah and and in that you know eric everything we always think leads back to us i do kind of think you might be in this issue but i'll have to point that up later i won't go really? did uh, i miss yeah. something yeah i do you want to see uh go to your page 12 eric just oh, page, page to your 12. page <laughs> it'd be so funny v kennel message me and go you fucking pretentious prick you think everything's about you Swear to God, that's you in the background of that in the bottom panel uh, at the very top of the bottom panel where you have Scraps, Jessica, and Simon. Uh, It looks like you with your hoodie on. I see a little possible W and a headband, Eric. So I'll have to talk to V. Ken and see if that is the case. I do not think that is me. Uh, I think it is definitely you from those pictures with that stupid haircut of yours. That's a great haircut. That's your haircut. And you have a hoodie on. And a headband. Yep, and a headband. There you go. Boom. All of it leads back to Eric Shea. Hopefully, in the meantime... All roads lead to Eric Shea. Hopefully, in the meantime, uh, he also told me that it was me on the bottom of that panel uh, to the left, that green-looking... Right, mother. No, the left, that green-looking no. motherfucker, that alien. No, no, to the bottom right. <laughs> no, I don't want to see that. That guy. That guy's a wreck. <laughs> but, yes, what did, what did uh, you... All right, how about us? this? How about this? The, to the top right of that panel, the guy wearing the ball cap. Yeah, well, I th- actually thought that as well. Or maybe Scraps, Eric, in my in younger days. You never know. I'm not telling. When, when you had them titties. <laughs> yeah, I'm not telling, Eric. Uh, what did you give this? I gave this issue a 5.9 out of 10, and that was mostly art because this such, this was such a pain in the ass to get through because the jurisdiction issues, yeah. all the religious aspects, the sermons going on, just to get us to a cliffhanger. I'm like, ah. I am really bored with this series right now, and I really thought when it started with this whole caper kind of deal, this superhero dating up, it might be some fun, but it has not been fun, Jim. I am with you, my friend. And, yeah, uh, did you say a score? (laughs) 5.9 out of 10. Okay, yeah, I'll go 6 because I do like the art, and I don't – it is a little high, but I'll go with it. I couldn't go to a 6, yeah, I couldn't do it. I I like the art. That's why I went to a 5.9 because I could not give it a 6. I'll go with it, but we're going to move on to the next book, uh, which is a odd book to be in this section of the podcast – uh, and it's not really that good. And what is it? Bane Conquest, number 10, written by Chuck Dixon, with art by Graham Nolan, Gregory Wright, and Carlos M. Manguel. Our series is wrapping up, and now that Bane has his army together to take on Cobra, we have to have a long, convoluted plan to get the access codes to enter North Korea, and that's about it. Yeah, 
there you go. There's not much that happens in this issue at all. And it's kind of boring, and it kind of really reminds me of why I'm really not digging this this series, really. And you, it's the, funny, the worst, too. The worst offending bit of this entire thing is I still don't know who everybody is in this army of babes. No, I know, and that's a problem. They're not now, saying names. You know, you know what's funny to me, too, is you have this, and I, I'm not saying that Chuck Dixon is going or thinking about any other book or whatever, but in the meantime – we talked about Deathstroke earlier, and this really seems like the retarded Deathstroke. Like everything's right. supposed to be this plan that is like a plan within a plan, and the, but nothing ever hits. Nothing ever seems clever. You don't know what's going on half the time, and then half the time things just happen to happen. But yeah, really, you, you don't get much in this except that they're just finding out where to go and then who to get. In the meantime, you see uh, the Naha Naha. He's a cute little bugger. And he's a cute little guy. He's likes just to wear there. his little snake pajamas. Yeah, he likes his snake pajamas. It's pretty funny. And with that, you don't get much else except the Valentina wants after Bane. us. <laughs> so, yeah, Bane, Valentina wants Bane found because he's been eluding their capture yeah. for months. And the only way to appease the young Naha Naha baby is to yeah. have his head on a pike. Yeah, and, and really with that, it's one of those where I just keep thinking in the background, like, you're not feeding him, are you? You're not feeding him for a while so that you can bring him down to this headquarters, the, you know, the big table. And listen, he's crying over there. It's because of Bane. I'm like, no, no, no. He's a baby. He wants milk. Of of any variety, uh, and he's there, and yeah, she's like, "Oh, listen to him, he's crying." He went, eh, but it leads to nothing. Then you go back to the Bane's, you know, Team Bane. Uh, the big thing of this, the only thing that I kind of got a kick out of was the fact that he is uh, juicing up incredibly, and they kind of go with this. Now, this is not something to kind of go into of issue ten of the I don't know where the venom ends and the Bane begins. Yeah, That's something you. Start, a lot of shit lately. Yeah, that's something you start earlier. Uh, also, we see. Well, the that thing is, I think we did have one other issue where Bird was talking yeah, about it, but not to this extent. Not, like I said, it's not anything that's going to lead anywhere, really, to me. Uh, I thought that it was funny. Uh, but like I said, you have this plan where they're trying to get, you know, this Russian and, and, th- and with that. No, no, North Korean. Or North Korean. But with that, the, the whole plan, though. I believe it, North Korea. Just, I'm sorry. They, yeah. they throw a lot of stuff at me without really spelling it out. I'm like, I don't know a lot about the world outside yeah. of comics. I, I, I hope this is what I'm getting yeah, with. I think but, that at okay. some point they mentioned Russia, and I probably went with that. But with that, you get this whole deal of, uh, okay, it's going to look like the bad guys were shooting at you. I saved you from them, uh, though they're in with me. I well, get you. You, you trust even, me. It's bad cop, good cop is what it it's is. It's even more convoluted than that because the whole idea is we have to get the trust of this North Korean yeah. general to get the access codes because we have to make yeah, him believe that somebody is going against him, and we're here to flush those people out to find yeah. out who's against him so we can take yep. care of him. That's the plan. To do that, we need to get that Cobra guy that we tortured last issue. Yep. Have him be a part of the plan and somehow go along with it. It's nonsense. Because see, they go to the cell and they're like, Kian, do you speak Korean? And Kian's the guy that is talking to the general about this whole yeah. thing as they send out you know, these characters who I don't know who they are because we've <laughs> yeah. never given any goddamn names nope. to go after him just so we can have Gun Bunny and like show up and like impress him with this, oh, look at this hot chick. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah, tell you what you want as long as I can have parts of her. And then, you know, Gunhawk across the way. You you dirty old Korean man, you. And shoots him in the head. That's my lady. Plans. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, it's funny because we they got go the through. the KG Beast 
and freaking gun bunnies show up to sm- smooth things over yeah. to make him believe that they're on his side. Yep, and with that, you re- you're reminded that men are pieces of shit. Which they are, and really, you just get a lady to Sharon Stone and uncre- you know crisscross her legs, crisscross applesauce, yeah. and he'll give up the goods the minute he's like, "Yep, here's the codes." Boom, right in the head. And he's I just dead. want to know why Kiang. I understand that, like you know, his life why might be on the line, it? but he's going full out, you hey, know, Team Bane with this whole deception. He sees, he knows, he sees the writing on the wall. You know, I'm telling you, he, he may be Cobra, Eric, but now, you know, he doesn't have loyalty. And then you go with the whole deal where it looks like there's somebody within their mitts, Eric, and it might be Batman. <laughs> with that, I'm like, all right, whatever, whatever. And then you go with that because you see Alfred, and Alfred's talking to a zombie, it looks like, and then, then zombie shows, I don't know what's going no, on. No, 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 I'm telling you, it, it is kind of confusing. Bruce Wayne, Batman, is in Bane's compound. And Zombie overhears him communicating with Alfred about okay. sending in this package. I actually thought that maybe he was disguised, that he took Zombie out at one point and yep. went with that. But even so, Zombie just runs away. And then they're like, that's where Bane's like, oh, my God, Bruce, you know, Batman's here. Holy shit. Then you have a And that's a the thing. Is it turns into this whole big thing. Yes, exactly. This is what Batman's setting up. For some reason, yeah. he needs some piece of technology sent to him to wherever he is. And he has Alfred make the whole call where, you know, out of nowhere, Wayne Foundation or the Wayne Enterprises has set up this whole NASA yeah. division where he wants this rocket sent up and it's secretly going to deploy what Batman needs yeah, back to know, the Earth. It's, and it's, the, it's not the Batwing. It's the Bat Rocket with yeah. full-ass NASA team behind it. It actually goes into space. Yeah, and then basically it's going to show up and it's going to have a cell phone there. Thank you. Hey, I needed to play my Candy Crush. I'm and a little we, bored. And we end this issue with it looks like um, the port of Kaiju Kang, which I'm sure I could have looked up to see where that was in the world. I did yeah. not yeah, because I, I don't care at this point because this, this whole issue had just gone on way too long and did nothing. Yeah. But we have Bane showing up. In disguise of Cobra, giving the access codes that he was given so he can make his way into this country and go after Cobra in disguise. Yep, that is it, Eric. And that's, I don't know what else to say about it. That's it. Uh, it's funny because most of the time, uh, we put up the reviews of this and most of the comments are, holy shit, I didn't know this was still going on. And that's what we got again. So most people aren't reading this. So there's, it's one of those times where there are certain books that we do and we insist on talking about them because we say that we, you know, talk about every book. But there's some that I'm, I'm just sitting there while we're talking. I'm like, nobody's listening. Nobody is reading this book. And it's, it's a shame. I always go back to it. I say it every time. It's a shame because you called this book because you're a big Graham Nolan Chuck yeah, Dixon I, fan. They created the character. This is the era of Batman that I was reading as a kid that I really loved. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be all over this book. Yeah. So what did you give it? I'm a fucking dummy. 4.5 <laughs> out of 10. You are because I'd give it a 4. You went too high. But uh, yeah, I did see I one other like thing. I still like the art in this a lot. It's well, just yeah. the story is well, really ridiculous. Well, I'm glad ridiculous. you said that because what I was going to lead into was uh, I was on the DC Twitter page and they had, you know, and I look and you see like they tweet out like, uh, yeah. Bane is, is in town with a few days to kill and what da 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 da. And you look and usually like, you know, they put up the Batman thing and there's 7 million comments. You put up yeah. Superman, there's a million. You put up the Bane, 
and there's five. And I, I like, okay, I can read all those. You know, I, I am a lazy man, but five comments, and I go. And the first comment is, Jesus Christ, after seeing Bane in uh, I Am Suicide look so great, what the fuck is this bullshit? And I'm like, oh, Jesus. This is the Bane that I enjoy so, is what I like. Well, this is the, I, the Bane I should enjoy, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of did throw some this Eric Shade. the Bane Shea. I grew up with. I threw Eric Shea Shade out there at the person and didn't get any response, which I didn't think I would. No, but, because honestly, you throw some shade to a book that nobody's reading and like, you know, good on you for knowing some stuff, but you're still forcing yourself to read it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, who's the dummy, Eric? But uh, yeah. yeah, I'll give it a four. And with that, we only have two books in this section, and we're going to go off to our second mail section of the night. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast of week, even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim And I've got a long way to go To make it to the end of the episode First I'll hear Mail with Jim Now Mail with Jim all right, and we are back with some... Segregergeregi. Boosh. Ah, yes, and you were not I'm at not needed work here today. at all. Well, you were not at work today, Eric, so maybe True. that is the case. And because of that, usually when you're not at work, and the reason why we haven't done this in a while is because you have been at work, and me and yeah. you have been trudging through our daily routine together. Today I was left alone with Wrong Turn, and usually when Wrong Turn and me are left alone, I usually like to... Ask him questions, Eric, and, oh, and maybe set up Get games. into the mind of Wrong Turn. I love the games, Eric, so you were not there. So I did get some question and answers from him, which we do like to call, Is Wrong Turn Right? And also <laughs> uh, ask him to explain certain things, which is Wrong Turn Explains It All. And I have both of those, and I just want to know before we go on with the mail – would you like to play a little wrong turn games? Would you like to play I a little? Play. Is wrong turn now, right? What's that? Are you, you gonna give me the? Are you gonna? Are you gonna give me the wrong turn explains it all as well at the end? I will. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna. We're gonna play is wrong turn right, and then we'll play wrong. Right. We're gonna go both. We're having both now, games. Going is there the theme song to that? Is wrong like uh, wrong turn explains it all? Eric, there are theme songs for both. You are going to get both of oh your theme songs, God. which are some this of your favorite. An amazing and you said to me that, and the reason, and I kept it quiet, I kept it close to the vest. The only reason I did this, well, because you weren't there at work, but also because the other day you said to me, man, I wish that we wouldn't have deleted that uh, Wrong Turn Explains It All theme song. And I said, yeah, I know. And I just went with it. I knew that I didn't. It was in oh, the Dropbox all along. So good. You, our Dropbox, our Weird Science Dropbox, may have seven trillion things in it so there's never you can't find shit in there i'm telling no. you i go in there and i find the jumanji game out of nowhere and then i'm fucking taken away but yeah and i'll give you a hint 
I almost asked him to explain Jumanji, but I did not. But here we're uh, going to start with the is wrong turn right God, game. And and with this, there's a lot of new listeners and a lot of people who haven't uh, heard this because we haven't done it in a while. It's been a while. And yeah. what this is is I ask wrong turn a question. We'll pause, and Eric and everybody listening at home gets to decide. What wrong turn may say? Will he get something right? It's one of those. But you basically yeah, yeah. get to decide if he knows what's going on. And usually it ends up that he doesn't. I'll tell you right now, that kind of happens again this week. It is never going to end. Spoil it, don't he spoil does. It. But here we go. We're going to start with is wrong turn right? Hello, weird science. Hi, this is Brian. This is the World Comcast. Wrong turn, then ain't right. 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 Wrong turn. Yo, bitch, how you doing? Does this rhyme? There you go. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yes, that's good in and of itself. But we get to also play the game, and here we go, and we're going to start right now. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I accidentally almost hit your other theme. I am sorry, Eric. I am sorry. Uh, With that, I don't know what I did with my thing here. So you talk a little about wrong term while I I get it on. Because some reason I got off of that goddamn thing. Give me a little wrong term. Now, is Jim right? Is the new episode? Because now I screwed everything up. Here we go. I'm telling you, it's weird, though, to be so upset after hearing that theme song. Yes. Uh, can I play that again? Edit that out. Where is Jessica? Where is she here? Do you have Probably her live? Nothing. Do you? <laughs> she's there just annoying you is what she's doing. But no, edit that out, Jess. Edit that out. Thank you. See, it only works when she says it, Eric. What's that, Jess? Edit that out. Thank you. You hear me, Jim? Do I already said that I did and I'm editing that out. Here we go. This is is wrong term right. Who is the president of the United States of America? Okay. I asked him I who think you'll is know the this. president of the United States of America. If you remember though, Eric, in previous games, he went right to Obama. And he I know he has, but to. I know that he has been pushing his anti Trump shit before oh. like so I I think that this he will notice because of how angry he was before. Really? He doesn't say shit like that to me. He's, yeah, here we go. Now again, I will point this out as well. I did not alter spaces. So when we go back, you're not always going to get the answer right away because I like to get the virtual oh, yeah. mulling in his mind. Of you the have answer. to be put in the place of wrong yes, turns. Yes, you need that, all of that. That's basically what this is. So here we go. Trump. There he goes, Eric. He goes. I, I got to get here. I need a ding for that one. All right. Now here's the next one. Finish this lyric. And she's buying a stairway to. Okay. So obviously there, there I'm is giving absolutely no way as much as he might say that he him, loves yes. Led Zeppelin. There's no way he knows anything I'm about any lyrics ever. Set up to Stairway to Heaven and go and again, I was I didn't write these down this time. I just came out from the top of my head. Oh, yeah. I almost sang it to him too, but I thought that he might think that I was coming on to him. But here we go. Will he know that you say no, no right? Don't know. Heaven. Oh, heaven. Oh, okay. of course so in mind, Rob. I actually gave him the right answer, which is very important later. Here we go, Eric. Oh, Who won the Super Bowl? Who won the Super Bowl? He he has to know this. He has, he has to, to know to. this, right? You you are saying he has to know it, 
right? There's no way. There's absolutely no way he could not know there's, this for all the hubbub no in this way area. That he can say the Patriots. There's no way in hell you're telling me. No way. The Eagles. Boom. He got it right away. <laughs> I, I know my wrong turn. You do know your wrong turn. Here we go. Who is your favorite band? Who is oh, his favorite fuck. band? Obviously, this is a this, no this right or wrong answer. This changes every five fucking minutes. Yeah, so, and, and the problem is we haven't done it in so long. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, we yeah, have heard is. now. I'll I tell everybody heard... just to get you up to, to speed. He has told us such thing as Florida Georgia Line in the past. He has told us Kid Rock. He has told us all these things. I know where you're going to go. What are you going to say? You, I have some inside info because I was yelling at him yesterday. Yes, you were. Because he wanted to buy a guitar, because yep. he wanted to play songs from ACDC. He wanted to I play going ACDC. ACDC. You're going as his ACDC band. now. In the meantime, Eric told him, do not buy the guitar. It's a waste of money. And then he proceeded to show us that he knows air guitar, and that's how he knows how to play guitar. But you say uh, ACDC. Um, Leonard Skinner. Leonard Skinnerd, Eric, out of nowhere, well, from the depths man. of yeah, he, he likes that. I'm, I should have went with the name of song by Leonard Skinner, but I didn't. No, uh, we're going to continue here, Eric. Who is John Wayne? Who is John Wayne? He has this is no something idea. That John Wayne himself has asked us if we had, had dealt with Eric. Howdy, Kilgrim. He said, howdy, Kilgrim, at one point. This is where you really have to get in the mind of wrong turn. He may not know, but will he try to figure it out, and will nope. he make up something? Nope. Don't know. Don't know. You are correct, Eric. Where, where is – again, I'm going back and forth on these. You are correct. Here we go, Eric. Finish this lyric, and she's buying a stairway to – Okay, Eric. I'm now, telling you, it's so weird because it seems like you're just playing the same clip over, but you nope, are not indeed. Nope, no, I'm not. So he is not going to know? I, I told you earlier that I did set this up. Obviously, in my mind, I was already thinking ahead, Eric. I, I'm a man who thinks ahead and thought, that's why I gave him the answer. I had already given him the answer. Well, we do have a theory than, about what's wrong with yes. wrong turn. And it's not, you know, we actually think he's like a goldfish. He has no short term no, memory. That's my theory. So this completely. cannot happen. He cannot know yes. stairway to heaven. So what you're telling me is something that I have legitimately told him. And these are, you know, we're pausing. No pausing when this is done. This was nope. fa- rapid fire. 20 seconds ago, I gave him the exact – and I made sure that I pretty much tried to say it exactly the same way. And you say he will not know now. You no. say that there is no way. Okay. I don't know. I don't know, Eric. And says he it, sounds so defeated. says it with shame. And now we're going to finish off. This is the cherry on top of the Sunday that is wrong turn, Eric. Is a bowling ball a fruit or a vegetable? Is a bowling oh, ball a fruit or a vegetable? And the thing is, he hears fruit first, so he's going to go fruit. And this is the problem, though. Will he say neither? Will of course he, he won't say, say neither. It's a bowling ball, you idiot. Will he say that? Will he no, say it? No, he's going Will... fruit because he can't mm. – vegetable is too many syllables. Well, Eric, we're going to see because we may have to go to the judges on this. A bowling ball. Oh, a fruit. Who is <laughs> He ended up right. He basically <laughs> said to me, a bowling ball. Like, is a bowling ball a fruit or a vegetable? And almost said, like, no, it's a bowling ball. 
and then goes back, and I'm telling you, I wish I videotaped it because the the look on his face was the when the Curies had their goddamn radiation and all. This was the look of Eureka. This is the anybody anybody who has solved anything in the universe here had the look that he had there when he realized the light bulb oh, went off. Eureka, fruit. There you go. Or did he say vegetable? I don't even remember what he said. Fruit. Okay, fruit. Fruit it I was, was right. Aaron. Yeah. I only and, missed one. Yes. Because so, it changes every five fucking it minutes. It does. But there you go, Eric. You are in the mind of wrong turn. Now we're going to go off to our Pray next Pray for game. me, Jim. Pray yes, for me. Yes, yes, I will. Because now we get to go to our next bit, which we like this next bit of basically wrong turn explains it all, where he will explain something that he has seen or done. And you have to decide if you can – or figure out what he's talking about. Mainly we like it because of this song, which is yeah. one of our favorites. And this is Wrong Turn Explains It All. Hello, Weird Science. Ole, ole. The Wolfman. Way cool. Freddy Cougar. Ole, ole. Wrong turn. Way cool. Wrong turn. That ain't right. Just do it. There you go, Eric. Your favorite. I, 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 ha- I had to force myself not to laugh when to he laugh. said the Wolfman the wolf. and Freddy Krueger. <laughs> the Wolfman. That's I'm my sitting favorite. back here just covering my goddamn the mouth, wolf just trying man. to shut the, the fuck up. The, the, the worst part about that is I only have that in this song now because a lot of things did get deleted when my computer went God down. Damn it. Uh, the other, so I don't have the Wolfman, or I, I don't have a lot of like. Does this rhyme? And that's kind of gone. Uh, but this is the game. And I, when this is going on, I'm listening to this theme. I'm like, and now we're doing our own rant and rave line, Eric. Yeah. We've had such nonsense last week that we're like, eh, fuck it. We're going to do it ourselves uh, with this. Here is the first wrong turn explains it all. And you have to figure out what he's talking about. All right. I love the cars. I like fastest car. And towards the end, he beat this fastest car in the world at the end. It was awesome. I was happy for it. Okay. You want to hear that again? You want to hear that again? (laughs) It's very rapid fire with him, but this is, this is something he's talking about. Here we go. I love the cars. I like fastest car. And towards the end, he beat this fastest car in the world at the end. It was awesome. I was happy for it. What is that? I will give you. He likes the cars, the fastest cars. Towards the end, he beat the fastest cars in the world. (laughs) He's happy for it. This so, is a movie. Um, what um, movie course, is it? It's a movie. It's a movie. He beats, he beats the fastest car <laughs> in the world. You, you haven't seen this movie, I believe, but you've seen – it's a series. Uh, you've seen some of them. It's uh, got It's got to be Cars 3. It is, Eric. It's Cars 3. God damn you. You are in the mind of wrong turn. That is Cars 3. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, this can't be a real movie. It's got to be an animated movie of some sort. That is true. There you go. Now, here's the next one and the last one. We only have two of these. Uh, We're going to go with this. What is this? You'll get it right away. So maybe for the beginning, 
you don't answer right away. So you people, shut your goddamn people mouth will there. get a chance to uh, play at home, and then you will because really I know you'll know this. But he says something in this that really makes me I, – I may – I'm going to have to mute my mic. It makes me laugh. Well, I'm doing the, it too, though. Just, just – where do you hear the phrase that he says about it? It's so ridiculous. Here we go. People eating people. Very nasty, very gory, and it's very uptight. It's very awesome. It's uptight. It's uptight. It's uptight. Everybody, you get a I chance. I think he meant intense. You get a chance. Here, I'll play it one more time, so that, and then Eric will reveal what this is. People eating people. Very nasty, very gory, and it's very uptight. It's very awesome. It's very uptight. It's very, very awesome. awesome. This Eric, has what to is, be what is he Thanksgiving in the Warner home. That is correct. And All actually, right. no, that is just every lunchtime at the Warner oh, okay. residence. What is it's very that uptight. It's very about? awesome. He is talking about The Walking the Dead, walking which he has dead. finally started marathoning, yes, which is he odd to do. Yes, and he is marathoning it. That would be The Walking Dead. So we are done there with the wrong turn games. We'll be back with more uh, eventually. Uh, usually you have to have Eric not show up at work. And really, I ended up doing done this. Done and done. We leave work at 3. I did this at 3 of 3. I mean, I'm telling you, I wanted to do it all day, and he kept avoiding me with it. Every time he came back to, to do it, he There's ended no up – There's no there, so he's nah, well, No, he, he kept getting paranoid that he was going to get in trouble for some reason, yet he goes in the bathroom for 40 minutes at a time. There's no trouble there. But we're going to go on with the mail. the entire time. Yes, yes. We're going to go on with the mail. This is a mail section, by the way. It's mail section number two, and we start with oh, shit, Luke yeah. Hollywood. Uh, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevitt, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everyone else in the Get Fresh crew? LeBron James. That's what he asked for. He asked yeah, for some LeBron James, who LeBron James narrowed down the four teams that he was willing to go to next year, and one is the Sixers, Eric. So we'll see oh. how that goes. I say he goes to the Lakers, though. So you'll be all glad to hear Leak Slip survive the beast from. The East and the Great Bread Shortage of 2018 is no more. Excellent. I love me some bread, but there's one thing I love even more than a fresh loaf. That's right. It's Green Lantern Kyle Rayner. I mean, it is new comic day, right? Hashtag NCBD. That's what he says. Plenty of good books this week. I'll throw you my two cents on a few of them. How much do you think two cents is worth in Leak Slip? I Probably think about that two it's cents. worth about 70 cents. I want to talk about Batman White Knight and Justice League, which also happens to be the two books on the Patreon Spotlight this week. What are the chances? Hopefully all those filthy casuals who aren't on the Patreon will get jealous and head over to subscribe. Where's St. Patreon when you need him? Seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm no badass Rockefeller, but the Hollywood kid knows a good deal when he sees one. Who could say no to boys' toys? That's right. Just about everybody in the world. Oh. Anyways, on to the books. I haven't listened to Spotlight yet, and I'm too sleepy to check the website reviews. So I'm not <laughs> Basically, he uh, the subject line of this, which I forgot to write down this week, basically said he fell asleep a couple times while writing this email. Oh, and good. it also, that continues with Brandon. Stream of who's consciousness. Next. 
Yes. Uh, so I'm not following Dancing Mike rules at all. Like he's saying that he checks as a site. Yeah, and goes, yeah. you know. For me, White Knight continues to be the best bat book on the shelves. He's definitely not following Dancing Mike rules now. And it is <laughs> some of my favorite character work going on in DC right now. I love the clash between Dick and Barbara. And I think that this is the best Batgirl we've gotten in all the books recently, especially with Birds of Prey getting canceled. And boy, that last page got me so excited for the next issue. Can't wait. In contrast... I fell asleep three times reading Justice League. Now, I don't know whether to blame that on lack of sleep or the book or maybe possibly a lack of bread, Eric. But I didn't fall asleep during White Knight. I was really excited for Priest jumping on Justice League, but I think he's so preoccupied with shoving the real world in it and making it believable and scientifically accurate that he forgot to add compelling characters and intrigue. Don't worry, stories. I fell asleep three times too reading it. Yeah, it's like the opposite of what Hitch gave us, except all Hitch gave us was nonsense. It's weird because he doesn't seem to have the same issues with Deathstroke, but it's all over the place in this book. Now, Again, I, I mention it on the spotlight when you do read it. I think I mentioned on that that Deathstroke is more of a grounded book in general. He, he's a, you know, he, he, there is nonsense, but they're not in space. They're not at a watchtower. They're not, you know, a group of they're not doing stuff that, that needs constant scientific freaking no. acknowledgement of how and, he's and getting out of it. That, Deathstroke is also a piece of shit that everybody hates and is a, a former, you know, and now a killer again. So you don't have what Christopher Priest wants to use that as a way to show that there's always, you know, everybody has to be accountable. That's the thing is, here is he really wants to do the whole realism kind of thing. And Deathstroke, he wants to do the old fashioned family values. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Warren Ellis over in the Wild Star you know, has potential to run into the same problem, yes, because this book is so grounded in the real world, despite all the crazy sci fi tech and features but ellis avoids this downfall because he writes strong compelling and enjoyable characters that are entertaining to read and sympathize with even if i don't understand what science is being explained in the book the character interaction is where uh, i get the real enjoyment out of it speaking about wildstorm i love this week's issue can't wait to hear jeremy break it down for us break it down for us fellas his One voice time. is almost as angelic as josh's and i'll also throw in rimmers as well that's it for me this week because i'm falling asleep while i'm typing this he's more thinking. He, no, he's thinking about you uh, responding to it, and it's getting him sleepy. Take I your think, Adderall, Luke. And, and also, he may be listening to Boys Toys. I hear that that's Aww. like uh, ambient. I think I'm still low on carbs after the bread alert last week. Hashtag Ivy ain't controlling me. And the only yeah, thing right. I bake is tea. <laughs> your boy, Henley Slip, Hollywood Kid, XO, XO. XO, Eric. And we're going to go war. on to the next deal is Brandon. And Brandon says, sup, fellas. Well, sup, start this off by making Eric happy. Listen to the latest Boys Toys, which he spells with Zs, Eric, like you're a heavy metal band from the <laughs> 80s, which should be <laughs> spelled with should be spelled with double Zs in the title for obvious reasons. But anyway, Eric, um, I'll take some Transformer talk any damn day, my friend. This was probably my third biggest toy collection as a kid, but I was out nice. of Transformers and on to Ninja Turtles by the time Beast Wars came around. Hashtag not my Transformers. Hashtag Eric also <laughs> was too old for that, but that didn't stop him. Hashtag I was a freshman loser. in high school. Hashtag, hashtag no friends. I couldn't deal with Optimus Prime being changed so much. It hurt my childish feelings. And as he likes to say, Eric, he was butt hurt. I had the roughly thing is, about Brandon, it no? wasn't Optimus Prime. It was Optimus Prime. Primal, right? See? I, I've listened. I had roughly about an average size. Was that right? Is it Prime? Yes, yes, I, yes, yes. See? 
I listen to you sometimes. I had roughly about an average. That one guy that you were talking about earlier, uh, Polar Cap, right? That's what's his Polar name. Claw. Polar Polar Cap. I had roughly about an average size. He turns from a baseball cap into a <sighs> soccer cap into a football cap. Triple change. What's a soccer cap? What's that? What's a soccer, soccer cap? cap? It's a soccer team on the cap. And it's just oh, a cap. That's all that it you is. Have. Yeah, and a football cap. You didn't ask what a football cap was, and it makes sense. I just either. didn't know if they had like a football soccer cap over in Europe. No, I'm not it's aware just, of. I have my a e- cap. my Eagles cap is a it's a football cap. I, and changes to that triple change. It's a ball I, cap. Yeah, well, it's a ball cap, but I have to spell out which ball it is, Eric. I'm not one to just throw out balls willy nilly. I had roughly about an average size cardboard box full of transformers of various sizes and I guess generations, which I had no idea about until later in life. That's like me and you said when we were growing up, both of us, you'd watch a TV show. Like I'd watch back in the day, I don't know, Ozzy and Harriet was all the rage, Eric, when I was a kid. Uh, And you wouldn't get the idea of seasons. I wouldn't get the idea of like when something – and it's funny too. To this day, I still barely get the idea of when they take breaks. So right. all of a sudden, I'm watching a show. I'm like, man, that must have got canceled. And then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, I'm surprised again. I'm like wrong turn when it comes to rules like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we said like I'd watch Happy Days, and then all of a sudden, you wouldn't see it for a while. Then you'd see reruns, and then you get new ones. I just went with the flow. I didn't know what yeah. was going on. Now, if you if you – what does he say now? Now, if you ask me exactly which ones I had at this point, I couldn't clearly tell you. But going through some pictures online, I do remember some of the ones that stick out specifically for one reason or another. I know I had several cassette-shaped transformers that would turn nice. into animal things, but never had Shockwave or any of the toys that put them into, just like oh, they I were suck. cassettes. I, had, I, I, think think. I had a lot of small G1 transformers, never any of the big ones besides for Optimus Prime. So I had a bunch of these cassettes too, but nothing from the – what? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck podcast you think this is, Eric. A fun what one. You, what did you have? Tell us. Tell us a little. Give us a little uh, taste of the boys' toys. What did you have? You have the shockwave? Is that what you got? The shockwave? I didn't waves? have shockwave. He turned you into a shock- laser pistol. Oh, did he? Oh, goodness gracious. I had spinster. Or spinster. Spinster would be great. It's a, a rocking chair that <laughs> turns into lady. a sewing machine that turns into an old lady. Triple change. I had spinister, a Decepticon helicopter that I don't remember enjoying much at all. Not sure why my brain remembers it at all. I had a bunch more I can't remember too, and it makes me very sad. I'm old and can't remember things anymore. I never got a giant uh, These connector. These are the only though. things I remember. Yeah, I never got a giant connector though like I always wanted, and I think it was because I could never find all the pieces together at once or that was what my mom would tell me because she didn't want to fork she's a filthy dough. liar yeah really and and i don't know why you'd say that to brandon's poor mother but that's fine i'm sorry uh, brandon i crossed the line to you he's coming to you now he's gonna come off it's funny too because when he crosses the border out of buffalo uh he may get sent back eric. i should be hawking them on ebay for cash to eric at this point but my mom long <laughs> donated all the toys when i moved years back for free to someone or somewhere or somewhere a sin i never let her forget and even confession won't forgive she sent it to me jim 
That would That's be our good. connection he never knew about. You, you guys talk about all these toys. I did watch a lot of cartoons as a kid. Uh, I was never, I was never given a lot of toys, so I, I never got into any of this. Because you never asked for toys. You held for your one birthday. You you got panicky when they asked you what you wanted. You said a sticker book. I got a sticker book, a Woody Woodpecker sticker book, and then went and cried in my bedroom. And then I thought to myself, why? Fault. I, I thought to myself, why at 22 am I crying about this? But <laughs> no, I was about six. And I was. I was at the two guys place in Warminster, which is a, a department store that's long, long gone. It was almost like a, you know, like a Sears or something like a Kmart. And we were in there. Yeah, that's and what your mo- mother told you. You were in a fucking apartment. We're going to two guys. Yes, Jim. two just guys. It was just two one guys. Room. One had her bent over and the other guy was fucking hiding, fucking covering my eyes. Uh, no, we're there. And she's like, you have to pick something out. And I'm like where I see my son, Logan, my youngest yeah. son. I'm very indecisive when it comes to it. Plus, I will tell you that I knew we didn't have a lot of money, so I never would. And and maybe it also goes around that I'm not going to pick something that I know is going to get turned down. Then I'm upset. But by the end, I was like, eh, I don't really need anything. And then she's like, no, you have to pick something. And I picked this fucking sticker book. And to this day, it upsets me. Uh-huh. It upsets me to say, huh? And then right I, I, I actually, night, you just oh hear that God. laughter going on and it's on. It's the Woody Woodpecker show. Oh, I freaking, I'll kill you. P.S. To the Transformers talk just for shits and giggles. I looked up Beast Wars Optimus on eBay and holy shit, you weren't kidding, Eric. And I'm guessing yep. that you said it was expensive. I'm telling you, that's the whole thing, is that the whole idea of this last episode of Boy Stories was doing the first wave of the 1996 figures that came out, and it was a great idea in my mind, until I went to go get them all, and when you get the Scorponok, Megatron, and Optimus Primal, they're expensive as hell, and you can't even find them, like, complete half the time. No, okay. I, I wish that we had a podcast. I, if we were in the same room. But I did or, buy a Megatron last night. I, I wish that we had like a PowerPoint way that you could see what I'm doing because <laughs> I had a very itchy trigger finger on that cricket sound effect. Oh, no. And I wish that you had that because. I was waiting. Oh, it would make me laugh so much for you just to be able to see me go to it. It would make me laugh so much. Ah, uh, yes, but now and and again, th- this all leads back to I'll throw in a, a cheap ass commercial here that this is on our Patreon account. So if any of this somehow you got two brain cells and this sounds interesting, uh, a lot of people love it. Uh, go over to our Patreon. I just know Patreon. a lot of people mailing in science. A lot of people aren't mailing in asking about Jim's other comic review show. That's right. You know why? Because I take email on that show. Do you? And, yeah, I do, and I got seven million. No, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Believe me. You wait till I get Tanya in here and we start screaming at each other. Then you'll get some emails. Now something for Jim. Here we go. The All bathroom right. situation at my work is a fucking disaster. We have some huge sons of bitches at this place, and I think they eat weak old possum roadkill found on the roadside, or maybe fish from that goddamn food truck always at our place, because frankly, the bathroom smells like death constantly. Really? They're serving fish at that food truck? That's weird to me. Yeah, they have, he always tells me they have this fish food truck that shows up, and it drives them nuts. I'm, not, I'm and he saying, hates I wouldn't buy anything. I'm a guy who loves a food truck. You give me a fish food I'm truck? I'm telling you, seems, he sent me pictures. These are fancy. This is not – I'm telling you, this isn't that fucking lady that showed up at our work. wagons that no, I love? This isn't like that lady that I would buy cup of soup from every day. It's I'd buy not cheeseburgers that. every day. And that fucking wrong turn ended up owing her about $40, and then he chalked it up as a loss because she stopped coming because I think her father died or something or her husband. I have and no idea what he, happened. He made out like a bandit, that guy. Who's dumb? 
Uh, but he said, and it's also funny. It's like, hey, I'm going to talk about Transformers to Eric, and now I'm going to talk about shitty smelling bathrooms to Jim. I'm about one more nasty bathroom trip away from just starting to pee in a water bottle outside like some of the cretins at your place. No, no, they don't use a bottle. They just pee on the side of the goddamn place. So next time you catch that slob peeing out the back door, take it easy on him. Maybe Eric just drank 14 Monster Energies. Now I would say mainly it's the uh, Java Monster that does it to Eric. That Java Monster, it just goes through him. And he just didn't want to piss next to a flowing river of brown lava because I'm real close to it. I'm pissing out my butthole again, Jim. Yeah, yeah, you you and that goddamn fucking Java Monster. I had to stop doing it. Superman. Well, I like the last few pages in this issue and the art, but as far as the majority of the book's story goes, I felt like I was trying to read and understand Russian. Then we already have a Bizarro running around I love, and they bring this one back. This is what I was saying. I think that a lot of people say that must be Superman Reborn. I don't know. Despite all that, I didn't hate, but that dialogue needs to be toned down dramatically. I just was glad the art was beautiful so I could at least follow it story-wise that way. Bizarro Lois also seems like a violent drunk. Now, I did mess up, Eric, because I still had another bit of wrong turn i was gonna wait till we're done to ask you what happened to that i forgot about it i have the raw footage do you want to hear it now i only have the raw footage this is where and i completely forgot because i don't think i edited it and And i I forgot about it too until i went i went and talked to wrong turn because i wanted to continue the process of the reborns so we had the bizarro boy reborn is what i called it now in this raw footage you'll hear eric also screaming in the background it's a it's a group effort here. Here yeah. we go, Eric. Here we, here we go. Go. Must be reborn. Death punch. <laughs> Must be bizarro boy re-death. Must be... De- I don't know. Keep going. Give up. Just say what bizarro. you say. Say bizarro. Must be bizarro. Bu- okay. Must be bizarro boy re-death. Must be Zorbo re-death. Oh, no. Kevin Zorbo. <laughs> <laughs> the, the beginning was you you don't hear me and basically i think it was the solicit that said it must yeah, be it, it even had it like it's bizarre you know bizarro boy or boy whatever redeath so i'm like oh that's great so i had it and this legitimately is me just saying say bizarro boy must be bizarro boy redeath i have to play just the beginning because it's such nonsense hey, hey wrong turn Pl- say must be bizarro boy redeath here wait here we go Go. Must be reborn. Death punch. <laughs> I love that he says death and then pauses punch. I, I don't know what goes through that guy's well, head. Well, that's because he knows death from Five Finger Death Punch. He listens yeah. to that music, so he has but to follow why, death with punch. But why does that go? Why? I, I, the synapse is firing in his so brain at that point, man. Come on. Like, must be reborn death. It doesn't make sense. Oh, wrong turn. You've done it again. Well, you've already hardwired and programmed him to say reborn. That is true. I told you that. I told you when I do this that he would be very hardwired into that. Uh, I'm going to do an impersonation, Eric. What? Who is this? I'm happy. Who's that? That's Droopy Dog. That is, Eric. I don't know why I wanted to say that. Batman, I think Tom King's ultimate goal is being able to one day write for the afternoon soaps. All the dialogue between the bat and the cat reminds me of the General Hospital show my grandma used to watch. I watched General Hospital the other day. I got home. Tanya was watching it. And then she left. 
and I watched the whole episode, and I yelled at the at the thing. I just yelled at the TV about how ridiculous it was because they had an earthquake, and this one girl's in the hospital, and all Where's she wanted to know tickets? all she wanted to know is if her boyfriend Oscar w- was okay. But we already knew Oscar was okay, so it's just tension to her, and not the the, the I almost said reader the the watcher. And so I was yelling, Oscar's fine, baby. Just go home. Don't wait for him. He's in the earthquake. Where, where are the crickets, Eric? There you go. Speaking of which, I also – I have told you before uh, that I've started planking. Uh, I, this, it's a new thing the kids are into, Eric. I don't know if oh. you realize this. So yeah, I like to drive my kids nuts by pretending that I think something's new that's yours. Uh, what was when I stopped planking because I, I came in yesterday from work and I said, hey, guys, you know what? It's planking. Yeah, that's yesterday's news. You know that. That is, that is so f- February. No, what did I do? <laughs> what did I, I think it's even funnier than dabbing. I, I started T-bowing around the house. Oh, so yes. Everywhere that they would go, they'd turn the corner and I'd be T-bowing, <laughs> and they got so irritated. Oh, it's so good. Uh, that's what I suggest you do to your kids. Drive them nuts this way. That's exactly why you have kids, to drive them nuts. That's what it is. Then let's say if you can't drive them nuts, then you can't drive them to school. Let's, and you can't let's, drive them out of the house eventually. And you can't do that either. Then let's start talking about killing a horse with a shotgun and kicking it while it's down. Can we knock it off with the bat and cat shit already? It's just infuriating. Let's fast forward to two years into marriage where Selena calls him shithead and Bruce calls her bitch and get this over with already. I read a comment the other day that said Tom King is perfect at writing Batman in a day in the life story. Life of an everyday person sort of thing. I don't pay $2.99 to read about everyday life and as I yelled about earlier and I won't get that excited now, this isn't the day in life because basically it is everybody's dream is the whole entire world focuses on just you. Uh, I live a day. I know Eric, you think that's the case. You're not true. That's not right. I know it's the case. No, it is not. I live a day in the life of every day. I don't want to read that. I want to see Batman punch someone's nose crooked and use some gadgets that couldn't possibly be real. And again, Brandon, you're just playing into their hands. That's all I see. It's, oh, you just won. And I'm telling you, Gringo, he's saying, oh, you know, I know a lot of people just want Batman to punch people. And he said even, I wouldn't mind it now and again. I'm like, yeah, how about this? How about have Batman do anything? All he's doing is almost – Look, I saw him knock out an old man last issue, so I don't know what you guys are talking about. He's he's always three steps behind Catwoman. I I don't know what's going on. They got rid of the bat – you know, the bat god. Now we have the cat god. White Knight, if this story comes full circle and Batman sabotaged himself in certain ways to lure the Joker to come back out, no matter how crazy people thought he was, I wonder if that changes Dancing Mike's mind at all about it. No. I love you, Dancing Mike, and I know you hate the SJW nonsense, but I don't think it's really SJW-E. I think Murphy is just trying to get the story in the type of setting we deal with nowadays where people can be super hypersensitive and overreact in certain situations. And with this all being said, kind of went away from that. And that's what I tried to say to to Mike. The first two issues, you know, it wasn't there. It didn't bother me as much as it did Mike. We did get away from that and are focusing more on Joker and Batman. But he doesn't like this Batman either. He likes a Batman that – you know, isn't a bad guy. So, which is kind of what Gotham did the second Jack came around claiming to be good, but still really kind of still being dirty all along. I like it. Uh, I, I like it is all I'm saying. I guess I don't see the nonsense playing enough of a part of the story to bother me, I guess. I think that was it for DC for me, and I'm out. That is Brandon. 
And we're now going to go off to the Marvel Minute. And if you are live, you know, playing at home, we did switch Brandon over to – and Trevin over to the second male section. I, I think that it will work oh, you out stuck, better you that stuck way. stuck into them good, Jim. I got them good. I did, y'all. But, yeah, uh, that is going to be the case. I hope Brandon doesn't get upset where he's listening. He's like, that <laughs> motherfucker forced me to send in an early email because he wanted him and that goddamn Eric Shea to be able to go to bed at one point, And then he didn't even use it. But, yes, there it is. It's in this section. And while I was saying that, I was trying to go over to the wrong turn. And I have so many wrong turn things here. Where DC Dahmer books? Dahmer books, Eric. Pistol shrimp? We're going to go. It's time to get Marble mad. It is time to get Marble mad. We're going to go off and listen to Infinity Countdown number one. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the Marble Minute. I am Brandon coming solo to you this week because I cannot wake up Trevit today. Uh, so I have a lot of stuff to do. I got to get my day moving. I'm going to do this and do the best I can solo. Uh, presenting Infinity Countdown number one. Uh, it's written by writer Jerry Dugan. Art team is Aaron Cooter and Jordy Belair. Uh, and that's it. A, a lot of work for these three. But uh, let, let's see what we got here. And we're going to get into the blurb and then, then spit the bit about the issue uh, for the vote winner this week, which was Infinity Countdown number one. Uh, so after a few primer issues setting the stage for the event to come, we finally get our first real issue of the event with Infinity Countdown number one. We've gone over who has the stones, what their plan is with them, or at least seen the culprits use them to an extent. So let's check in on the Guardians of the Galaxy number 151, I mean Infinity Countdown number one, to see where this is leading and if it's worth your money. So here we go. Uh, if you hear that background noise, um, my roommate decides the best time to vacuum the house is the 15 minutes it takes me to record this segment for the podcast, so I apologize for that. Uh, fellow gentlemen out there, stay single. Uh, this is your warning. But anyway, uh, the issue starts on Zitang uh, by checking in on the Nova Corps, who are picking up readings that the Raptors have finally found their location and what they're protecting, so they know about the Power Stone. And they are heading on their way ASAP uh, to this destination. Uh, Drax is meditating atop the giant stone. And he gets blown off the mark by a missile uh, as Raptor Talonor and his minions take to the attack. Uh, Talonor gets distracted by a pregnant Nova Corps leader. Uh, he kind of starts talking shit to her, telling her to go away. Uh, and she blasts him, you know, into tomorrow. Uh, and he pays for his hesitation further. Uh, by getting launched into the air by Drax, who begins to take the fight to the Raptors himself. Uh, he, he seems to be through this, you know, whole Buddhism meditation thing, at least uh, at the moment when somebody's fucking with him. But anyway, uh, we move on and we check in on the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy as they're trying to take care of the gardener who's kind of gone a little bit crazy. Uh, he's He's responsible for this evil Groot army that, that's can never say this planet correctly uh Ferrania? i don't know something like that uh but anyway the gardener's atop this mountain perch he's commanding the battle below um you know the the guardians all get a few lines in um ant-man gets a look at the gardener's schmeckle and rocket decides to take the initiative uh with baby Groot and head straight for the throat of the gardener uh, he kind of ends up with some spotty results there. 
Uh, he ends up getting he ends up stabbing the gardener in the cheek, kind of with this scalpel looking tool, but uh, then kind of gets flung to the side. Uh, I mean, because the gardener's a goddamn elder of the universe, and Rocket Raccoon is just a genetically enhanced raccoon. I think, uh, as far as I know, um, not you know, hundred percent on the origins of Rocket Raccoon there. Uh, but anyway, we go back to Drax and company on Zitang, and he fails to understand why none of these raptors he's, he's beaten up and taken out, none of their birdmen wings convey him skyward in his quotes. These are not words I would ever use. Uh, he's trying to get up into the sky, basically, to start taking down these raptor ships and, and keep the power stone, obviously, and everyone safe where he's at. He eventually does get up, up, up there by... Uh, kind of like grabbing uh, the people flying around there because the wings only operate when they're connected to their DNA, which is why they wouldn't work for Drax. Uh, he starts doing what he does best, and that's just like destroying the shit out of these ships and, and beating up a bunch of people. Then he starts uh, getting a signal from Quinnen telepathically, uh, and she's at Nova headquarters. Uh, he gets message to her to contact you know the the novas she's currently with not just the ones he's fighting with and the guardians of the galaxy because help is needed at the location of the power stone uh, so things start to look up uh, until suddenly in the sky we see warbringer and the chitari show up where the power stone is at so um, drax and the novas must do their best to kind of hold off this new threat uh, until help in the form of either Guardians or the Novas or both uh, arrive to, to help fight them off. Uh, so we go back then to the Guardians again. Uh, you kind of get in the hint why I called this Guardians 151 yet. Uh, and they're again just fighting this this group army um, on Telefernia. I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't know uh, what the name of this place is. I forget. That's what that's what I need Trevit for. Uh, but anyway, the last ditch, this is like the last ditch um, effort of the team to kind of use some teamwork to take down the gardener. And it actually does start uh, being effective after some time. Um, Baby Groot surprisingly ends up getting the upper hand here on the gardener as, as he lunges towards him, uh, taking out issues upon issues of frustration on this elder in the universe. Uh, he starts to kind of like grossly grow his arms and put these branches that he's, he's extending out like into the gardener, mostly through his face and his nose and his eyes. It's pretty nasty. Um, you know, uh, what, while he's doing that, it seems to be having a positive effect on the gardener. Like it's expelling this evil from him, but it's making baby Groot weaker and damaged. Uh, so when the gardener comes to, he ends up remembering and realizing he was, tricked by Loki all along, which is why he was basically a piece of shit. Um, and he's able to reset Baby Groot basically back to his original uh, evolutionary state. So we, uh, we're we now dealing with kind of a smart, hulkish, huge type Groot uh, on our hands. Um, and, and you get a, a great looking splash page reveal. Kind of showing off this new and approved character where, where he can actually speak in dialogue now. Um, and, you know, it's like it's like smart Hulk dialogue. Well, uh, if you ever read the uh, run by Mark Wade um, when he worked for S.H.I.E.L.D., he's kind of talking like that Hulk. Um, at least that's what it reminds me of. Uh, you know, he's not as smart as the Hulk, obviously. But but anyway, um, uh, 
you know, uh, that ends up wrapping up with um, new and improved Groot going after the giant Groot monster, kind of the team was avoiding throughout the issue uh, that's evil on that planet. And then we, we kind of stop checking in on the Guardians and, and we um, get our only other really tease of the issue of what somebody else was up to here. Uh, and it's a cliffhanger in Madripoor. So usually, you know, that sends your brain off to think maybe Wolverine, uh, if you know Wolverine's history at all. Uh, well, that's not really the case uh, because we start following some girl, uh, which pretty quickly you can tell is Black Widow, uh, the real deal Black Widow. She's apparently not dead anymore. We don't know why. Uh, but she follows several clues to a safe house in Madripoor where she ends up lifting up this toilet tank. Uh, to find that good old real-life Wolverine slash Logan has left the Infinity Stone, um, I believe he had the Space Stone, uh, for her to watch over. Um, and, and she picks it up out of the toilet, and she's like that absolute bastard. Uh, and that's how our issue ends and concludes. So, buy, borrow, or forget. Uh, so far, I would say this, at least the beginning to this event, um, which I've enjoyed a lot, reminds me a lot of the beginning of Metal, which I also enjoyed a lot. Like you had a, a couple issues setting the stage for what was going to come, kind of like prime type issues, uh, like the casting and the forge were, um, which then lead into the series first issue, uh, which, which basically picks up those threads, um, focuses kind of a little bit on, on one of them mainly. Um, and really make sure you know what's going on. There, there really wasn't much forward progress in this other than Logan handing off his stone and Groot no longer being a baby. Uh, I guess, I guess there kind of was because the gardener goes back to normal too. Um, but, but I mean, I, I enjoyed everything we got. It was a lot of fighting in it. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm big action comic fan. So, so that was fine by me. Uh, the, the art does look great. Um, I would definitely say I'm on board for this, so so I'm going to give it a buy. Uh, these events always towards the end end up coming to bite you in the ass when you're positive in the beginning, but, uh, you know, I'm optimistic so far. Uh, I don't know how much of the tie-in nonsense I'm going to be investing my, my time in. I'm definitely going to follow the Infinity Countdown series, however many issues it is, five or six. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to like wait and see what the people say about these tie-ins before I start investing in them. Um, but my advice would be to check this out. Uh, I did throw up a digital code on the Marvel Madness Twitter page for this book. So if you want to give it a try free of charge, that's first come, first serve. So try that out if you want. Uh, try your luck there. But uh, I'm going to sign out here, fellas. I will talk to you next week. Poll will be up on Monday. And peace out. Wake up, you sleepyhead Get up, get out of bed See how the sun is shining Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say We'll find out if he thinks the books are Good or bad or just okay Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea
All right, and we are here with Reggie. Here we Aloha, are, Reggie. How everybody. you doing, Reggie? Uh, What's happening? Mahalo for being there with you go. us. There you go. I, I'm <laughs> glad you're here to give us your kokua. That is Whoa, no, that is, he knows what I'm saying. He's in. He's down because as we I speak. that episode of Brady Bunch. I saw the Brady Bunch as well. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, Reggie, while this, while you're listening to this, will be in Hawaii, as they call it. And uh, I will you, tell man. you right now, uh, do not get any Indian or uh, actually Indian Hawaiian trinkets or else you will get attacked by a spider and may end up getting Greg Brady uh, to mess up his uh, what's it called? His surfing, because that's what. Hey, hey Re- Reggie, while you're there, can you get me a tiki idol? You got it. Well, while uh, you're there as well, don't disturb the hanus. Mm-hmm, don't yeah, do the, that. The, the little people, the pygmies. The, no, the no, that is the right sea turtles, Reggie. You're a piece oh, of uh, crap. Uh, there. Uh, I do also hope that you have some poke. Are you going to have any poke? Well, you ever there? have poke? No, have, I haven't. It looks it, disgusting. It, re- it, looks, it really is one of the most disgusting things. It, they say it looks that it's completely disgusting. They say that it's one of the only things you can give a newborn baby, like besides really? mother's milk, and that's because it's like the consistency of yeah. Oh, I, I don't know, toothpaste, and it tastes like yeah, nothing. It's it really, looks, really is horrible. It looks, it looks terrible. I'm looking at all yeah. these things, uh, and uh, that's um, you're being very ponu for this. That's that's wow. there. <laughs> and watch out for the vog. I don't want you to get caught in the vog. What uh, happens? What happens in the vog? The vog is the vog is volcanic smog. You, you don't uh, need that. You uh, just no. don't need that. I'm telling you, I'm looking at the poke, and it just looks completely disgusting. Is what it looks like. But it's I like will purplish hope. blue, right? It's like yes. very weird. Uh, this this one, I the, the, somebody's eating it in this picture in a, a clear cup. It looks disgusting. Uh, but I do hope that you have uh, one of my favorites, spam, while you're there, which is very popular. So I you might. You know, spam. you know about the uh, you know about the spam heists that have been happening in Hawaii. Oh, have you heard really? about this at all? No, I have not. This you know, sounds like spam, pop culture. <laughs> as you know, <laughs> Tell spam me about is it. such a popular. Yes, spam it is. It's huge. Popular yeah. thing in Hawaii. Uh, so popular that last year, 2017, yeah, there was like, as I read it, it was in the, it was in the news. As I read it, it wasn't even that bad of a you know, drought or whatever. Like yeah. they, they, just, but they had, they, they, like, had, they like missed yeah. half a, you know, half they were a down with a little, over. but it was, but it was down enough that there were literally gangs of, of people running really? into stores, just grabbing all the That's spam crazy. off the shelves and running out. Well, uh, as it's like they the call bread it. and leek slip last week. Exactly. Bread and leek slip. Right. You don't know, but as they call it in Hawaii, they don't really call it spam. They call it mm. almost look like raw meat. Hawaiian gold is what they call yeah. it. The there. Hawaiians call it. as as eric eric won't ever get near it i did love spam at a point and i ended up you gotta try it though well i I, I do i I do some some people eat it out of the can that's dog food that's just dog food uh what i have the problem is (laughs) when you have something as you know pronounced a flavor as spam uh, what happens is sometimes you'll eat it and just get completely and utterly sick, and so, that's what happened imagine, to me. Something with such a pronounced flavor of spam. You mean salt. No, well, yeah, and I love salt, but somehow one time I ate some, 
Uh, the last time, and I just got I got really ill. Though I still open a can every now and again and use the jealous toothpaste. That that's wow. what I do. <laughs> it, 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 I like to have the gleaming smile of a meat product, potable meat products. It, it's one of the uh, things that you, does keep me going. More. What is the more disgusting uh, meat product uh, suspended in jelly? Do you think it's well? There's three. Oh, I'm going to choose okay. here. Is it spam? Okay. Is it gefilte fish or is it head cheese? Well, uh, head cheese. Ooh, uh, no, it's gefilte fish. That that is, is utterly it is, it's it utterly awful. And I, I, I actually you. love I actually love gefilte fish because I did oh I did God. grow up with a disgusting uh, lip smacking Jewish grandfather that <laughs> that used to eat it all the time. He, he but, would snap it. Well, that's why I will like, eat. Yeah, like, uh, you gotta mix. You gotta mix uh, the horse. That's my dad with pig's feet. That, that's exactly but, uh, my dad with pig's feet, and I, uh, unlike you, Reggie, yeah, I learned the, that that's disgusting and stayed well <laughs> away from it. Uh, yes, he, he liked to go. I'm telling you, I have had gefilte fish one time, actually twice, one time at a Jewish person's house, and that uh, was disgusting. And then one time as a, hey, maybe I'll try this again, and I opened up the deal, and I almost vomited uh, just from the yeah. smell. It was just so it's, bad, it's, though. It's pretty obnoxious, I must admit. Though yeah, my, my friend, and I've told Eric this, and I've said it on the podcast before, nothing beats the thousand-year-old or, you know, the millennium eggs or whatever the hell, that thousand-year egg that I had at my buddy Eki's house, <laughs> uh, his parents from Thailand, where they dug up these eggs in the backyard. They were black, disgusting. And basically, I was told that if I don't eat these, they may just kill me because this was such an honor. I take my chances. Well, I took my chances all right. I did not vomit, but I be, I got very, very close. I would have. It, it, was, it was complete and utter disgusting. Later on after that must have been like fucking a mummy. It must have been like mummy <laughs> dust coming Reggie, out of your if, ass. If I ate lavender right now in about <laughs> yeah. a half hour, I am farting something that was like mummy dust. It doesn't matter what goes <laughs> in. It's coming out the same way. It really right. is. And, and I'll tell you, just as an aside, to continue this gross talk, uh, there is nothing worse in the planet right now uh, than me and Eric both having gas at the same time at work. Oh, my goodness. The other day, me and him both had gas, and I believe uh, Hazmat had to come and get us out of there. It was so bad. And it's like you try to escape your own awfulness, and you run into the other guys. You walk into another cloud. Uh, It was was complete and utter disgustingness that I couldn't take. But we're not here to talk about that. And like I said, you'll be having your fun. Fancy Reggie in Hawaii. Uh, Fancy Reggie. I'll never see Hawaii. I'll never see it. Yeah, that's the the closest I will get is those Brady Bunch episodes because there's no way you're yeah. making me watch. I Hawaii won't even ever see it on a map because I can't see it. That's right. No, Eric's there one with day, the map. He he doesn't know where he is. Will die, and he he thinks of Hawaii's next to Egypt. He, he has no idea. Look at him. He's <laughs> a dummy true. over there. But Aww. no. Yeah, yeah, you ended up getting a globe for uh, Christmas one year, right? You had a globe there for a present, and you, you sat I there did. spinning it. Everybody did. I, I loved I didn't have a very fancy globe. I, I was I was did into you? it. What oh, a yeah. nerd. Look at you. I, I am a nerd. I've Asking always been a nerd. It's true. I, I would ask for uh, beatboxes or, or boomboxes. Not beat. I, asked, I beat actually boxes. asked for a beatbox one year, and my, like, dad, oh, dad, my dad gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. And he's like, happy Christmas, you fucking asshole. And I'm like, really? Christmas. I'm like, that's, there's a monkey paw somewhere here for that present. I don't really enjoy it. But uh, you'll be in Hawaii, which I'll never see in my life. Uh, but, Reggie, you're here to talk about these books. 
And yeah. I like one of them. You have two books this week with us, and I do like one of them. Actually, I think I like it more than you, but the second one is not so hip. But what is the first one? The first one is Harley Quinn, number 39, written by Frank Thierry, art by Anaki Miranda, or Alex Sinclair with Jeremiah Skipper. Condiment King's cooking up the red hots. Yes, he got it for sale. Condiment King's cooking up the red hots. Yes, he got it for sale. He'll dole out the sauce, give it another pass. And Nateman's hot dogs made of pure hog's ass. Condiment King's cooking up the red hots. Yes, he got it for sale. Oh, uh, yes. I thought like, we were going to continue. You thought there was more to it, but that was, that was just did. a quick jingle for the new Coney Island hot dog establishment, the Condiment King's Hot Dogs, which uh, uh, that is, that I, is think I think it's time. I think it's time that they have a new – because, you know, you go down, you go down to Coney Island. Uh, yeah, well, as one it, does. It's, yes. Nathan's or, it's Nathan's or nothing. You know, you, there, you, there's no oh, – maybe you can get a That's Hebrew what I say. That's, but uh, yeah. you can't you can't go around the corner and get a sabrettes. They'll fucking shoot you in the face. And I think that that is not good. Com- <laughs> it's not it's good not business. Good competition. It's not good no. business. No, that's. I not was good actually kind of hoping that Reggie's song would have been a Lady Gaga tune. It's like can't see my can't see my can't see my false face. Ooh. Look at this. That could have been you. That, that could have been. Well, why don't you write my songs for me, Eric? What that about that? Been it. Why don't you go I was fuck hoping it was uh, <laughs> something. Like, Am I gonna be there with King Shark? I don't know. Uh, I was going to be dancing in the dark, but I ended up messing that up. I, but, just, uh, I just wants to be a part of it. I just want I mean, to be part. There's a lot all. more to this issue, but I just really like the idea of Condiment King having a hot dog spot. That shit I was do, funny. I so. do like the it. The hot dog spot on the boardwalk. I'm telling yeah. you, I like it, but it also then is going to go hand in hand with this episode where later I'll talk about how much nonsense Bat Burger is. So I got to keep my P's and Q's in order here and, and yeah, tell you that Condiment it's kind of ridiculous. Sense. It He's does. He's still a villain. You know He's still I mean? a villain, though. I'm telling you, I wouldn't buy a hot dog from Condiment King, but hey, that's me, and I'm lying. I would buy a hot dog from Condiment King, probably 10, yeah. and eat them right now. Uh, but yeah, you, you go into this, and it's going to continue uh, what I think is the fun of Last Issue, where you're going to have all these villains and all these characters thrown in here. This is more of a progression of the story as it goes on, and I liked it. I, I really did, including, yeah. like Eric said, with False Face showing up, which actually is a funny way to get Frank Thierry out of his own book. Right, uh, with it is, but actually, really, is my least favorite part about this it's book okay. that Frank back this becomes False Face out of nowhere. I'm like, you well, know he's what? Out of nowhere, but you... I, I, it's it's never been right that Frank Thierry has no. been in this book, but to get him out this way, well, it kind of feels he, forced. I don't know if he's always been False Face. You know, I think earlier well, on maybe it is, was he, Frank. He was kind of a, a uh, like a, a therapist, you know, like a boardwalk right. therapist. It seemed like then all of a sudden he's a novelty seller. So I'm guessing yeah. the novelty aspect is False Face alone. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, and the and the one that wanted Harley to get, to get out of Coney, that was his, you know what I mean, like that that yeah. their plan. Whereas Frank, Frank, the original guy, he had a much more altruistic, yeah, ideas for Harley. But uh, you know, it, I, I like the fact that it was that's the sort of switcheroo, and then it's Hugo Strange. Like I did, that's one of the last people I would have expected yep. a Harley Quinn book. And, you know, and that with was, that. Was, it also explains why Harley's been acting like pretty much a bitch to everyone and wanting to be away. She's been influenced because there was uh, material that was allowing, you know, it's comic booky deal, but I don't mind that. But there is one other thing that me and Reggie can appreciate, especially. Uh, there is sports references in there, and Frank Thierry gets them right, at least. At least he names some people. <laughs> he has Yankee Stadium. True. They go in. They mention Aaron Judge. I mean, he's really showing you, for some reason, yeah. that he's a big 
uh, baseball fan or at least knows what to look up. At least least he knows baseball. He doesn't fuck it up. That's what I'm saying. He does not (laughs) screw it up. He does it right. Harley goes up there as an up-to-the-plate home run and everything. It's not an up-to-the-plate home run. And like I said, it mentions Aaron Judge. uh, Even has – That's the guy I created King of the Hill, right? That is not right. Oh, <laughs> that okay. is Mike Judge. It's a pretty good uh, drawing of uh, Yankee Stadium, too, i got to say. Yeah, it's pretty, I like obviously, it. Obviously done from reference, but, uh, you know, it looks good. i got, I got to say, the way some of the characters are drawn in this book is my biggest problem. And I know yeah, my I man, saw that you didn't like John the art. Denuity I don't mind it. was annoyed uh, at King the way Shark. the artist drew Zaz. Oh yeah, uh, with yeah. like different like slash marks. All over. I mean, right on the cover, you have Amanda Connor drawing him with tally marks. That's the way... Yeah. He's not just a guy yeah. with that's hacked up. Plus, it just looks. I mean, there's something about this art that's just not all the way there I don't for me. Mind. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, my my biggest problem with the art was the way that King Shark King looked. Shark. I, I, I knew everybody much the problems. most. Yeah, those weird lines where, on him. Like, I didn't yeah. understand like what that was about. Uh, you know, if, if those and those really are the two big glaring things. Other than that, it doesn't really kill me, but it's just really not connecting with me. You know what I mean? I'm not all the way there with it. Although it's yeah. not the worst part. It's not the worst thing in the world. But yeah, you I start actually really off. like this whole King Tut with the actual like kind of ceremonial mask that he's wearing, no, like the complete mind. mask. I'm like, you know what? That's a cool take on the character that you don't really see. And I'm like, I, I want to see more of that King Tut. Yeah, and Ooh, and King there's fun Mr. stuff. You, right up. Yeah, you want that? You, you end up and you start out in the aquarium. You have a little SpongeBob reference there uh, that Eric probably never could read because it's very very small uh, on a panel. But you even have the continuation of the Harley for Hire deal, and the one guy's like, "Hey, you know, I called that Harley sex line, and she got pissed at me, and I had a chuckle." I was like, "All right, there you continues. go." Though, a good gag, and it is good because actually the New York Aquarium is. At the east end of the Coney Island boardwalk. So it is an actual, actual temporal location, a real location. Now, again, though, we get pretty much near a quarter of the issue, if not a little more, and really nothing goes on. It ends up just Killer Croc coming out. This whole idea where we have Killer Croc, the progression of his character throughout this, where he is taking over all Coney Island, I actually think that's the most interesting aspect of what we have going on. Because I know everything's going to culminate in my mind to going back to Killer Croc and him being the big bad of this book ultimately. I think so too. I mean, I I think he's going to make quick work of like these uh, other weird, like, you know, half baked nerds like Condiment King and, uh, you know. But there are Mothman still those big uh, uh, well, juiced-up penguins. There's Mr. Freeze, there's Penguin. I mean, they're, they're going to get away. Killer Croc will beat the crap out of the other guys. I think it's going to be a face-off, I think. Well, I mean, this is really wide speculation, but it's going to be between Croc and Harley with the Suicide Squad history between them being uh, a maybe, component maybe. of it. But we'll see what happens. But, yeah. Yeah, from that, we go to Condiment King's, you know, his hot dog uh, vending uh, place, his hot dog restaurant. And you have all the other guys show up and, like, hey, you have Nathan show up, you know. Hey, what are you doing with the hot dogs yeah. here and shit like that? They're all pissed off. In the meantime, It's right next to Nate Nateman's, too, of course. Yeah, yeah. And Tweedledum then gets eaten. I mean, there's a lot of craziness, <laughs> like, really Tweedledum. rapid fire. <laughs> and Tweedledee is so upset that he's going to have to find somebody to replace Tweedledum. And he's never going to find somebody named Tweedledum. There's yeah. a little joke. What am I going to do? Find somebody named Fred? Uh, I'm telling you, I sat there and thinking about the characters. Like these are like you know different than you see in different books and stuff like that. Every time you see Tweedledee and Tweedledum, they are different. They're always different. Every time you see them, it seems like. I felt so bad for Tweedledee because I know he's a goddamn wonkhead idiot. And I'm yeah. like, he is wrong turn here, and he has just lost his best yeah, he's friend. Yeah, lost his best and friend. And I'm like, 
oh, God, what is he going to do? He is no longer a villain. He is out on the streets. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, you have Condiment King there and you have Nathan's come. And I thought that they missed out on a joke here that would have made me laugh so much because you have the penguin, his lady there. They're eating the hot dogs. And there's Condiment King who says, hey, you want some mustard on that? I really would have liked if he would have asked if if she wanted ketchup because I thought that that would have been something that they would have been furious about. And, you know, you would add people laugh. It just ends up as mustard. You really will never let that go. No, I just think it would have been a funny joke. It's still – Sticks in your craw. It does, but I think it would have been a funny joke here of almost like, look at him. He's putting the yeah. ketchup on ketchup. the deal. And I thought yeah, it would have yeah. been funny. Uh, in the meantime, he does seem to get orgasmic anytime he uses any sort of condiment, which also made me laugh. Uh, and I'm not uh, buying hot dogs from him because of that. Yeah, really. And then you just go off to Harley doing her Harley for Hire stuff, fighting all these villains in a row that seem to be almost like, I don't know, to me, it's almost like a Nightfall setup where she's beating all of them. That's you know, exactly what it feels like yeah. to me is Nightfall. Where they and, have all these villains going up against Harley, wearing her down. Yeah, and there, you know, and there's some big ones here uh, as they go, as, as well as some little ones like uh, Rainbow, yeah. Rainbow Raider, or who is that? I actually thought that that might be Crazy Quilt, but I don't know the helmet. But yeah, you go, but then you have some, you know, bigger ones. But Rat Catchers, there you have King Amygdala. Tide. Yeah, Migdala, so, you know, it's just, but it seemed like they were just wearing her down, which then she gets very tired, and she is worn down, and ends up. Deadshot, you think, who is this over here to the left? I've been looking at that one, I actually blew it up, because I'm trying to figure out who the hell this is, because he's got, like, a bullseye symbol on his chest, I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I have no idea where this, wearing a headband, got a bullseye symbol, I got nothing. So, you have that, but she, she's tired. And it ends up with her at Yankee Stadium, where Zaz seems to be in there, and she's going to go in. And basically, you know, you have the little jokes, hey, put the bill on the Steinbrenners and overcharge them. They got a lot of money and stuff like that. Little dig on them. Uh, And then you go into Yankee Stadium, where she's going to live out her baseball dreams there and throws up a ball, tries to hit it, thinks she hit it, thinks she has a home run. She starts going. And it turns uh, out it's like me trying to hit a baseball. It's just laying there, but then she's like, eat your heart out, Aaron Judge. There's... You know, a little deal. I thought maybe she'd have uh, Susan Walden there uh, with the play-by-play, Reggie, and just screaming and yelling. Uh, but Is yeah, the owner of Walden have, Books? No, no. It's uh, one of the, have a I, great time with Eric at the batting cage. Give him a really great oh, day. If you, have, if, you so have recording, great. if you have a recording, if <laughs> you have a recording, you think that would be good him there? Ball. Yeah. Oh, Just have him stand there, you can swing is, this play, and he'll be like, yeah, I did it again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the worst part worse. is they always have those freaking pit, like the pitching machines aimed way too low because they're meant for kids, and I'm yeah, so gi- goddamn gigantic. It doesn't matter. It's just not you're, right. You're not, you're not seeing it anyway. It it, I'm telling you, I would just go next to you and go, Phew. And you would just think it went right by. But uh, Saz comes out, and he's going to fight Harley. And you just go, in the meantime, you do have in Red Hook, Brooklyn, where you have Signalman being taken. And these guys are pissed off that Penguin's trying to take over, you know, Coney Island and all this nonsense. And in walks Scarface and uh, the ventriloquist. And, you know, you, you go Not from the there. Not the ventriloquist either, no. you notice that. No, like, and you, you well, have it there. Classic style. Cluster, but I yeah, guess it's classic. And then you go back to Harley and Zaz fighting, and it just continues where we get this, what we had the progression before is that if it wasn't for Red Tool, she probably would have died a bunch of times, and he basically is there. I don't know if I'm going to get pissed off. I don't know why the concession stands have any food anywhere near them. There is not a game (laughs) going on, so if I want to nitpick things, he either has stolen all this stuff and made himself some popcorn, or somebody's just working there out of nowhere. 
But also yeah. that cap, that cap, Jim. Does that a Yankee symbol to you? Does that, that does not. I and it's I'm weird not sure too. What that is. It, it's very <laughs> weird the way they play this because I thought, okay, they don't want to get in trouble with that. But earlier, it pretty much behind home plate. Really, well, you look at it; it's not exactly the Yankee symbol even I mean, there. You can they, budget. You, you can yeah. do NY symbols that are, yeah. you know. It's this just is a like weird way a that they don't want to have it. But, yeah, it's a little <laughs> off. But in the meantime, he explains, who do you think, you know, has been around all these times when you were going to die? It was me. You know, we need you back or whatever. In the meantime, you have uh, Chief or uh, Coach, I mean, going to talk to Frank Thierry. And Chief is another up. character in a wheelchair. Yeah, and she goes there and basically wants to know what the fuck's going on because I figured you out. This is nonsense. You are mind-controlling Harley, yeah. and why are you doing so, this? She since was not you like showed this. up, yeah. shit's been weird. What's the yeah. deal? You What's know? going and, on uh, here? And you end up having Hugo Strange come behind her, inject her with something in her neck, and then we see false face. And we see that Frank is actually false face. And basically we end there. And I'm telling you, I don't mind the art as much as you did, Reggie, but I do like this because it still maintains some fun. This isn't as fun as yeah. last issue, maybe, but we are getting a legitimate one-story comic here, and there's progression, and it's leading Listen, to a lot I, of villains I, and, and stuff. Is, truthfully, I end up chuckling a bunch of times throughout the I issue. Too. And, and, and what the hell else do you want from, from yeah, uh, any exactly. comic? Thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I, w- I wouldn't call it side-splitting laughter, but I, no. I don't think I've had side-splitting laughter from a comic in my life. No, so I'm not it's, looking it's true. Yeah. Uh, it's ge- true. Genuinely, it's, this is a good story. I like the way the characters are written. It's it's very, you know, it's easy to follow or, you know, yep. we're having, you know, it's not like a multiple crazy stories. I think we're kind of going to be getting some multiple crazy stories because with the whole progression where we have Signal Man getting beat up by what's left of the New York Mafia and Scarface and Vitrocus walking, it seems that Scarface is there to betray the Penguin, get yeah. all the Mafia surrounded around him. And it seems like on top of the Killer Croc, who I think will be the ultimate problem, I think before that – we're gonna have the Scarface and the New York, New, uh, the New York Mafia going after Penguin as well. Yeah, I think it that it's gonna be pretty. To a bunch. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I think it's gonna be pretty straightforward, though. I, I don't think that it's gonna get crazy. When I say, you know, when we're talking about this book, we would go from, you know, one issue where Harley is chasing fucking uh, homeless guys who happen to be vampires, and then the next issue where cannibals. the future Batgirl. I'm just yeah. saying, like yeah, we ended up right. each no, issue. It, you never knew what the fuck was happening it, and what so we're much, gonna so get. So much seeding of future stories. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you may be totally right, Eric, but where it is now. It's pretty. It's pretty straightforward, easy to follow. Well, and I even like even with it. even with what I'm talking about, it is still one story. With you know, we're going story, up against yeah. the penguin. It's just different aspects of that story I, I, going I think, forward. I think you're right, though. We may either see all of them converging at the end, you know, and there would be some kind yeah. of big conflict, or Dang it might be a kind of series of conflicts. Obviously, Harley is running a gauntlet, and you can see that when she fights Zaz, he 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 nicks her a few times, and he yeah. really almost kills her, and uh, so she's on the ropes. She's definitely sleepy times. And uh, that's going to play a factor, and I'm sure to the end of this too. But I got to say, the thing that really dragged my point, my score down, not by much, was the art. It really, yeah, I, I, saw I you didn't, didn't like, like King Shark. I didn't like. Uh, I really Zaz. was. I really was annoyed by Zaz because I, I, I find that look of his with the tally marks to be one of the best. Oh, I love and that look. The fact yeah. that he's on the cover correctly, it was even more like a fucking fuck you. To, you know, it's like, you know what Zaz looks like? He's right here on the damn cover. So uh, and, yeah. But but believe me, that if that was the worst things you know about a book, then uh, you couldn't get too harsh on it. So I ended up giving this a seven point five out of ten. Yeah, and I'm looking. 
uh, just to peek at the solicitors and see, it looks like there's two more issues to this. So I, I don't know that it's going to get that, you know, crazy. I actually, with the whole Killer Croc, I think that Killer Croc is there and will end up teaming up with Harley. Like we said, I, I, I think, I think, think that in the end, yeah. it will be that she is the best thing for the, the city and she'll treat him with respect possibly. And that's how it'll go. And then they'll have to go up against, you know, what will then be the mob possibly slash penguin. See how that goes down. Uh, but yeah, and even that, I see that your man, uh, Morissette is due to be on art as well, which I know that you like more. Oh, yeah, well. I like so, him. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Sometimes the solicits are off. Uh, but yeah, just looking at sometimes. it, it looks like, it, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's almost always. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I liked it enough. I, I thought that it was fun. I did get chuckled. I'm telling you, even if it's the continuation of the joke that Harley for hire is a sex line, I, I kind of <laughs> got a chuckle there when the guy's like, you, you sure. know, that's not a sex line. It's, you know, a thing. <laughs> I guess that's why she got mad when I was breathing heavy and things <laughs> like that. It made me laugh. And, uh, just seeing the different villains there and yeah, the, that's I just know. Fun. And even with Eric saying that Tweedledee and Tweedledum, it was an emotional day. It kind of still yep. made me laugh because it's poking fun. Oh, no, fun. I'm saying it made me laugh because yeah. I just – how much I felt bad for Tweedledum. Yeah, yeah. but it also points out why they're so ridiculous and things yeah. like that. But I didn't mind the art. I actually don't mind the Neither art here, I. though – I'm telling I did, you, I I'm, didn't I'm, like King Shark. That was my yeah. Deal. I, I'm uh, with Reggie though. I don't like King Shark, and I didn't like Zaz. But besides yeah. that, I, I don't mind the art and the, actually, the like. Uh, yeah, I actually the looks of Croc. these characters. Like even yeah. my biggest problem is I really hate this look for Condiment King. Yeah, yeah, it's really? kind of a, a different deal. He's very muscular. Eh? He shouldn't be that muscular. I he hear loves you. That, the condiments. I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That just was. That's kind of a weird hill to die on. I yeah, like the I way know. Penguin looks, though. Penguin's yeah, face looks, looks really good. cool. I yeah. really wish that he would have put ketchup on that hot dog. I'm just looking through it. Only again, monsters I'm gonna give it, do that. I'm going to give They're it a villains, seven eight. Not monsters. <laughs> I know. I'm giving it a seven eight. I actually liked it. And Boom. again. This is the most positive I've been in a row, I think, with this book since it started. So I'm actually really enjoying it. Uh, the reason why I'm not giving it a 9 or an 8.5 or whatever is just it's just this Harley book. And it really doesn't matter in the long run. But reading it, I do not get any bit upset and, and angry like at some points I have. But what would you give it, Eric? I would give this issue a seven out of ten. It's going to be my constant Harley score as long as it, like you know, if it yeah. maintains what we've got since Frank Thierry's taken over, which I've been enjoying way more than I liked any of the Rebirth Harley for the most part. I have enough fun with this, and I enjoy the art enough. It's just, it's a Harley book. It's there for a yeah. laugh. It's there for a gag, and nothing's in continuity. So I can't take this book too seriously and think to myself, oh my god, this is an amazing issue. It's it's weird for me to go up to an eight for this book and even above that, it like seems impossible, but I know it's a saying, solid seven. That's... If you like Harley, you like this. Well, the hey, thing is, it's weird to me because I take it that it, this is the continuity. All the other books are out of it. So there, oh? I think this is where the continuity What's starts. What's the real and continuity? Ends. Really, really. Uh, is this you. the I matrix mean, or are we? You, know, you, you gotta give, you gotta leave this, you know, when the comic it blows your mind, you'll know. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then, exactly. you, then you may be spurned to give it an 885. I mean, it's, it's a solid comic. You'd be yeah. on track to give it a nine, I think. That's, that's insanity, but there it is. I, I'm with you. But the next one, uh, yeah, I'm not so positive with. Yeah, this, this one is not really working out so well. It's, uh, Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, number five, written by Tony Isabella, art by Clayton Henry and Eviel Guichet. And Pete Pantazis. I have powers. I can use them cleaning up crime rate in Cleveland. It just takes some believing. And I can even charge up your phone. 
there's Tobias, he's been running guns and giving them to the crazies. They shoot plasma and lasers and keep the innocent folks at home. Watching Coach and other reruns, I, I'm not slick, but I'm not dumb. Tobias told me to come, and I know it's a trap. Yes. So why <laughs> did I then take the bait? Now I'm left to my fate. Tobias beat me clean out of crap. Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. A little flagpole sinner for everyone. One of my favorites. One of my favorite songs of all time, actually. I really, really enjoy that song, but I didn't enjoy this book. I didn't enjoy it at all. And in fact, uh, for what little happens, it took me forever to get through it. It really did. And well, it I just is. News for people that have been, you know, wondering about this series, sitting on the fence, wondering if they should pick it up, jump in, get it later. Just get this issue and the next one. You're done. This yeah. issue recapped everything yep. that's happened. And nothing happened really at all. And it's... nothing really new happened no. except for at the very yeah. end. Uh, yeah. there's, he finally confronts Tobias and Tobias, at least at, you know, at the way this end is cleaning his yep. clock. You know, all right. Check this out. You're out of your goddamn mind because somehow at issue number five, we introduced a love interest for Black Lightning. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? This is issue number nonsense. two kind of shit. But here's Whoa. the thing. That's the thing. That's what Reggie's character. saying, though, I agree with both of you because the weird thing about it is we get a love interest but played out as if we knew this all along. It's so it weird. This narration of the, yeah. You know her. She's hot, but she's also a good. T- I'm like, no, we we don't know this. And I, I why are you doing this now? We did. It, it was three issues ago, and it was for fucking two panels. Two, yeah. I, I have no memory of this. And with this is no. all I can sit there is sit there and think, okay, uh, she's gonna get in trouble, and Black Lightning's gonna have to save her because there's no reason to bring this up. And it's extended. It's setting up a date that'll never happen. If we see it, it's gonna be like at the last page of like. Hey, did any of you remember that we had a play that Jefferson was working on? Yeah, I do remember that because I thought I know, it was complete I, did you utter remember nonsense. Going into before. this because we no, no, dealt I, with it. This reminded me. Yeah, you're right. I told you, I did forget about that. It hasn't factored in for the so last two issues. Yeah, no, why uh, I remembered it is because when we talked about it, I got all excited because the play's based on an old-time radio show. And I, <laughs> Ooh, I like old-time radio and go with this and like, eh, it's nonsense, though. And again, you have Tony Isabella who realizes or the editors realize that nobody would remember this. And you better bring it up because, again, I have the idea that the last panel or last page that we're going to get in this series is him watching that goddamn play with the with the principal. And like, you know what? Yeah. Things don't, but nice. luckily I brought this coat to put on my uh, on my lap. Mm-hmm. That was the move when you went on an away trip on the bus. Uh, you always have to have a coat or a sweatshirt. There's a little hint for all the younger listeners out there. Well, there you uh, go. Yeah, th- this issue is just nonsense. It is all recap. It, for uh, a six-issue mini, you, you have to be very confident as a writer that people who are reading this will remember. We're not all wrong turns. I mean, there's such thing as reminding us some things. Half the issue is a recap of the entire series. So Reggie is completely right on the money, saying that you don't need to read any of these other issues. You have no reason to. You get everything you need right away here, uh, except for things that you didn't get before anyway. 
You, you know what I mean? You have the dirt. You have all right, this right. nonsense. It's, You're not going to get this anyway. new stuff is still brand new, but yeah, there's not yeah. much of it. You know, you see that they're talking to the uh, snake face uh, guys. Seer. And, that's right. Seer. Seer and, uh, you know, the principal's making fuck eyes at, at Jefferson. And then he meets he meets Tobias at his uh, warehouse. <laughs> Tobias has got mega gloves and uh, yeah. beats the fucking pants and that's off the him. Problem is- otherwise, otherwise, it's – and you know what, what I really think this is? Again, you know, th- we're seeing this also with definitely with Ragman and yeah. maybe partly with the demon when we yeah, we'll we see where that I know what you're saying, but yeah. It's not – they don't have six issues worth of story, period. No. This I, is at best – and we'll see how it wraps three. up. I, I was wrong once before, so yeah. I could be wrong a second time. <laughs> But well, when you said is, Eric was a good guy, you were wrong. Yeah, I was. Wrong. I was very wrong about that. Yes. But this, this is two issues at best. I, I, a, I'm saying three. If you want to give is, it the benefit, you well, could. You could, I mean, obviously they're stretching it out to fucking six. But the last yeah. two, you had one. You, you had basically had, you had two and a half issues that all took place in like one night. Yep. You know what I mean? It was yep. all that fucking gun battle. Well, the whole I'm thing. just saying, just just imagine the recap where we have here, where it looks like Black Lightning killed a bunch of people. He's wanted by the police, yep. and then we have we like you know have a giant gun battle with people with the like you know weather guns, and then we find out here, oh no, there was a confidential report. Black Lightning, he's no one no longer wanted by the police. He didn't kill those folks, and mm-hmm. then. We have some people die. We have to protect some cops. Two of them got killed. And now we go into Tobias Whale, who has a Derlin for a secretary and a Snake Man as an assassin. Yeah. And, oh, don't worry, because Black Lightning has his own goddamn shapeshifter named Usagi. Yeah, Boom. Usagi. He's a, what he's the fuck a fairy. What the fuck I believe Usagi was one of the, the many characters that hang out at his gym, you know what I mean? Yeah. But was one of those guys. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like we've barely gotten He's to Tinkerbell. know them. And that thing that thing about the report that clears Jefferson Pierce for the killings, I believe yeah. that's from issue two or three. Yeah. yeah. But, we, but yeah. we ha we haven't had to bring it up for so long that it feels like fresh information. It's like it does. Uh it, I like the killing really, so yeah, Very and, good. and Thank you. with Very that, much. at the Very beginning, you see Black Lightning, and he, oh, that's, that's just my turn. Uh, but you even get that whole deal where they have to throw in like, huh, they can't get a, a good look at my good face picture, for that. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're dealing with this on issue five? Uh, yeah. I'm telling you, it was driving me insane how little was going on except recap until pretty much page 15 where he then goes to get Tobias Whale and says, I know I'm walking into a trap, but I might as well do it because I'm me and I don't want well, anybody else you, to get hurt. For a second there, when I was reading this issue for this you know, recording tonight, I somehow missed a page <laughs> and I swear to God where – where the whole thing where he talks about why he showed up to meet Tobias uh, Whale yeah. and shit like that. It's a trap So in my and mind, the that. way I'm reading, all of a sudden, he's just face-to-face face with Tobias Whale. I'm like, oh, this is a oh. 3 out of 10. What the fuck just happened? And yeah. all of a sudden, I went back before we got him. All right, I did miss a page. But even then, there was an anonymous tip about where Tobias Whale is going to be. The cops can't get sent because the person could just take off or they get picked off. Only one man can sneak in. And of course, it's Black Light. I'm like, yeah, this isn't a much better. And having this page... Doesn't make it all that much better than no, what I had in my mind previously. No, it just goes and explains things, and it's weird because you're you're continuing most of this issue with just pure 
black lightning narration that gets us from scene to scene. And again, this is, you know, this is issue five. This should be what we usually get is at the end of this issue. Now, yeah, you have Tobias Whale and he kind of has worked and paid to get people to give him the tech that can take out black lightning's tech. But at the end, there's nothing in this that says to me, boy, I can't wait for that issue six, which is the no. finale issue should be the biggest thing. You should be setting this up to be like, holy shit, I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, you end up with, with Tinkerbell, who shows up, yells toots, and Usagi? then freaking, yeah, Usagi, and then looks like he dies, and you know, in a panel and a half or a page and a half, we're reintroduced to this guy who may be from the gym that is flying in these little wings here, and then he dies, and then it's basically nothing. I, I mean, this is such a nothing. A six issue miniseries that I don't know who is going to enjoy this. I really don't. And it's a shame because you could have people don't get any black lightning. So you have this, and this is going to be somebody's first black lightning story. And I can't see anybody going from this and I really, really enjoying it. I really couldn't see it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, well, even maybe. the fight with Tobias Whale is so convoluted because I have Just, to keep yeah. reiterating the fact that Tobias Whale is prepared for everything. So we have this place that has been, you know, laced with tech that nullifies Black Lightning's powers so Tobias Will can just beat him up. But Black Lightning, he doesn't just rely on his powers so he can fight back. Usagi shows up, turns the thing off. We use our powers again. Tobias Will pulls out a switch, turns it back on, and then just continues to beat the shit out of Black Lightning. I'm like, really? This is the fight we're having just a back and forth with the technology? back and forth. It is. It's just padding padding out the end of the book. Oh, it's so padded. And even the whole idea of the setup. The fight. You know, we say this every time. It looks good. Oh, it looks yeah. great. I love the art. Image is I awesome. I the splash where he bashes where he does a headbutt looks awesome yeah. as hell, but it's a waste of money. And then really. he says, I'm Batman for some reason. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I love, I actually, I'm telling you, I love the art, but just the idea and the setup where he does go see Tobias Well, and he's in this old warehouse and he says, Oh, you know what? This has to be a setup. They can, you know, Tobias Well can see me from afar. He can shoot me from a distance, or if he wants to, he can skedaddle out the back and get away. And then you get in and Tobias Well goes through this whole explanation. Listen. I had this tech made. I paid a lot of money. But, you know, I kind of thought that my men might take you out. But I set this up anyway just in case. And and really I wanted and hoped that you'd – really? This this is the whole setup for you to just fight? And I don't need it. And, yeah, yeah, you you turn off the powers and and things like that. And you you get this – like I said, this weird explanation of people who, uh, you know, he paid to get this remote control deal that he could shut off the powers. And then you have – Freaking the guy coming. What's his name again, Erica's buddy? Usagi. <laughs> yeah, Usagi wow. comes in and get and it's when he gets the shard to the head and then there's black lightning. Usagi. I'm like, I I hardly knew you. Now the one thing that I did laugh at earlier, because there's really not a lot to talk about here, though we are uh, spending enough time, but uh I like the idea that there's a little bit of one of me and Eric's favorite things, but it's thrown in in a weird way through a narration. One of the police officers who died, he, he was three days till retirement. He actually oh was oh, he had put in his, he put he in, put his, in retirement his retirement papers, papers for his yep. kids for Christmas. I'm like you yep. cheap bastard, you're uh, dead you now. They get no bitch. Christmas present. <laughs> now they get a dead daddy. That's what they got. Why did you just? Uh, oh, I loved it when I heard that he was three days to retirement. It just made me laugh. Oh my goodness! Never, never retire. Just do it one day. If you're in any sort of book or just movie, yeah, yeah, just go in and say, you know what? Lose my pension. I, I'm telling you, you have to work out a way that the police <laughs> will know this as well and say, listen, nobody. It, once once you retire. 
give us a week's notice and you're going to ride that desk till then. We don't want you out and about because the minute you retire, you're dead. That's all it is. It's always that. And please don't say you're getting too old for this shit because then you're in big, big trouble. But you have that and nothing. What else happens in this but padding to get to the last issue? And basically what this did was ruin the little teeny 2% of enthusiasm I had for this book going forward where I'm like, okay, oh, next, long live the chief. Oh, great. Uh, Eric said, thought it said long live the chef, but that's fine. We're, we're not going to call him out on that. Uh, you know, chef, don't, man, shut up. Don't yeah. shed a Eric tear for like, him. But, yeah, yeah, all right. Long just, yes, uh, yes, long live him as well. And he's talking about Johnny over there at the Burger King. Yeah, you know, he likes that. But right. really, well, what'd awesome. you give it, Reggie? That counts. That counts. Yes, what'd you uh, give You know, this is, continues to be a good-looking book, but it really has become a rip-off. Yeah. This is this is a two-issue story, you know, expended over six issues, and it's a really damn shame. Uh, like Jim says, I can't imagine. I mean, I you know, all six-issue minis are potential ongoings, depending how yeah. the sponsor is. I, I, stuff, I haven't yeah. checked the numbers. I, I don't think that they're great for this, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is not going to be coming ongoing, and it doesn't deserve to. I gave it a six out of ten, and that was very generous. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I I did really like the art, but because we're here at the fifth issue, and again, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. I don't know if you're aware of that. I've been to a oh, lot really? of rodeos. Rodeo yeah, I've been good. to a lot. I I worked okay. as a rodeo clown at one point, but <laughs> with this, we, right? we we know the process of this. We know kind of if we get. A setup issue, an issue four of a six issue mini. We're not surprised. It's whether or not the writer does it well. Uh, this fifth issue is supposed to start the, you know, stretch run and get you excited to go. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything like that. And because of that, I, I love the art, but I'm still going to give it a fuck you five because it does nothing and it is a waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. And this is the issue or the problem that I see. Like you said, you mentioned almost all of the minis that we talk about are all like this where you have six issues, but you don't even have six issues of story. This is nonsense. I'm Where was the process of you presenting the story where I don't think there is that? Tony Isabella obviously created Black Lightning. I think they wanted a Black Lightning book and then went they to, him. to him. They, yeah, they and said, can him. you write I this? I know that for sure, yeah. yeah. So that's, this is what I think a lot of these are. And I'll tell you, you know, he, Chris. He, he, was, he shit on DC for years. Yeah. Oops, sorry. But, so basically. Uh, he, he shit yeah. on them, thought they owed him money, whatever. And it was Jeff Johns that put out the Olive Branch. And it really was because of this TV show. I think yeah, what it came down to was. That's what it is. That's they all it is. They didn't want the TV show to come out and have the creator Not of the character. Book. Yep. Or, I, I or, did, or for him agree. to be bad mouthing DC behind there, you know, yeah. talking about how he deserved they wanted to, to placate him, yeah, so they so gave they him a six this, issue yeah. Now again that'll be that. Uh, we have this where uh, one of the biggest problems I see now, it, it obviously can turn around, but last week, me and Chris, uh, when uh, Eric got disconnected, me and Chris talked about Raven. We're on issue two of, of twelve, and oh, it already yeah. seems like he's out of story. Like these are and again, Marv Wolfman. They probably went to him. I don't think he's banging on their door saying, I really have this story that I want to tell. I think they are asking him, and then he's coming in, okay, what can I write? And I think it shows. I really think it shows in this. It shows in that Raven, and it shows in a lot of these others that it, you have six issues. Really, and- it really makes no sense because you see all these writers complaining about how difficult it is to – they have all these great ideas. they got to yeah. put them into this uh, 20 pages or whatever, and I'm like – 
where are your great ideas? Okay, yeah, now what, you like, have and fucking, that's uh, where I don't get it. You know, These are guys. This is a, a guy who he created the character. He has something. You think he'd have something? You'd almost think that he'd have to wean some of it out. Like, oh my god, I have yeah. so much I want to do. Maybe right. I don't have time for the radio play turned into a play at the school. Because I have so many other things to do. Then he throws a Duralyn, an alien ship. Well, you have saying, all these things, and yet you don't do anything is, with them. All he was, came out to do was to reestablish Black Lightning in the Rebirth, just reintroduce yeah. the character. Fucking just do, modernize your goddamn original concept yeah. for Black Lightning and throw yeah. it out there. Yeah. It's all you have that. to do. Fucking yeah. Seer. Fucking Derelin, Usagi, I don't it's know what weird you're doing. because I actually like Black Lightning, and oh. I don't <laughs> I don't like this. I'm bored, and that's, again, I hate when you read a comic and you're just bored, but it was a chore to get through this issue. Hopefully he somehow turns it around, the last one, but even if it does, I wouldn't tell anybody to buy this no. even trade. It's not worth it. It really isn't, but what, what would you give it, Aaron? I like the art enough, and yeah. aspects of the story are. I, I still like the thing, you know. I like Black Lightning go up against Tobias. Well, it's something I've always liked. Every time we see it, which happens every six years, every it seems time, like. Yeah. But four, four out of ten. Yeah, yeah. I so I was well again. Is the fuck you five you more positive you than a four? I, or no, no, it is. I, no. I think technically yours is the most negative That's score, but uh, I'm a negative Nancy. But I was almost there too. We're all the, we're all sort of in close to the same feeling though with this, I you know yeah. I really I mean it's this art team I think is so solid I think I'd follow them to whatever their yeah. next thing is you know uh, I would I'm a piece no? of shit and I just like follow people I'm telling oh, you this is enough. my problem that wherever they go I'll never know so yeah, until exactly. you tell yeah, me, yeah, me, me too, about. That's a, we'll <laughs> have a book and Reggie will say. You know, this was the team from Black Lightning. I'll go, you know what? They do kick ass. It's going to take more than one. <laughs> it takes me a lot to remember shit. And uh, I need somebody to point these I'll things out tell. to me. <laughs> I'm not telling. But that is it for Reggie. Reggie, you're off right now. I, I heard that you're actually on your way in an Uber, ready to get on That's that right. plane to go to Hawaii. I'm getting right so. on the plane. I'll be right, I'm going right to Hawaii, and yes. uh, I will be back in a couple of weeks or about a week. Yeah, it's weird. And he's with, driving there. Yeah, yeah, you're driving, yes. Uh, and with that, though, we are going to talk about Shade the Changing Woman uh, mm. with Chris, and we'll see how that is. But are you excited uh, that the young animals seems to be continuing, uh, or do you think that they should just pack up and, and go? That is. Just... Uh, well, I'm excited for, for the titles that we liked, and you know, Shade okay. was one of them, and you know, yeah, I know you like. Uh, definitely want to see the more of Cave and. Uh, I'll okay. be honest, even, even Mother Panic, which we were very negative about in the beginning, we have Turned sort of come okay. around on okay. to seeing it as being a good comic, even though it's not to our personal taste, but it is just, it's probably the most solid comic of Young Animals. Really? So we are excited, although uh, that does not reveal what we end up saying about Shade the Changing Woman. Ooh, once you became girl. a woman, you're not a girl. But yeah, I'm, we're I'm gonna... every woman. Yes, we we're going to go off to hear Reggie and Chris talk about that and then be back with something, possibly uh, rent race, possibly mail. Eric, you, you make the call. What are we coming back with, Eric? Do you know? We're going to be coming with mail. Ooh, let's see. I actually think it'll be rent and race. So we'll see. God damn it. Uh, we'll be <laughs> he back. He set me up to fail. <laughs> <laughs> Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you. You need me, oh my darling, can't you see, young one, darling with a young one, a young one, 
to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have a whole new, it's a whole new world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Young Animal Books beginning right now with which one, Chris? Well, we're, uh, we're launching the second season with Shade the Changing Woman number one. Stories called The Butterfly Exchange, Part 1, I Feel It All. Written by Cecil Castellucci, with art by Molly Zarcone and Kelly Fitzpatrick. So, uh, the same as it ever that's was. The classic team, that's right. Mm-hmm. Now, we open five years later. Mm-hmm. Megan, we're going to call her Megan because we have uh, two shades in this scene, yes. and I figure it'll be <laughs> it'll be the least uh, confusing. Yeah, that's the way uh, to go. Now, we've got Megan floating through the madness, and she comes across Rack Shade. And you know, Rack Shade is the red-haired Shade, the changing man from, uh, you know, the he, Ditko. And... He's, he's the original Ditko character. I don't know if he's yes. the original one to wear the M vest or the M coat, but he's the, the original character that started yeah, it all. The original, the original fellow we followed, yeah. that was followed. Uh, now, they share some coffee, and they discuss the tribulations of following Madness Time. Rack tells her that the madness is far more potent now that she's actually wearing the M coat rather than just drawing from it. If you remember, Loma the avian was wearing it right. on Meta back in the day, and now she's got it all to herself. Now, Megan is hit with some pangs of homesickness. Uh, she misses her avian body, and she misses her human pals. Rack gives her a sneak peek, and we get a vision of her earthling buddies graduating from... Uh, Maybe three years ago? We think three years ago. <laughs> There's sort of a wonky timeline thing happening. We're sort of jumping. We jump a little backwards, a little yeah, forwards. We're kind of bebopping and scatting but, through time. But here. I think what we're getting is kind of a recap of, you know, where what happened here. What this is missed. the end of Animal yeah. House, you know what I mean? Like, what happened to everyone else, you know? <laughs> yes, uh, she went on to become a senator. So, uh, <laughs> but by, by the way, also, he, the sneak peek takes place in Rack Shade's chest. Yes, he opens his vest and it's a hole in his chest. <laughs> we get sucked right in, and uh, and we see them graduating, and they're talking about Megan. Uh, River, her her creepy neighbor, mentions that it's been two years since they'd last seen her, and that's you know Megan, who would shade Megan. They call her both, I guess, because right. uh, uh, Wes is there too, and he uh, he doesn't know what's going on. He just call he he just misses his Megan from the, who's been gone a long time now. That's right. Uh, then we check in on Meta, and that's uh, we see a vision from last year, and there we have uh, what is it, Mello, Mello Loran, Mello. Right. Yeah, I don't remember Mello. his last name, but his name was Mello. Yeah. <laughs> so Mello or Melu or whatever is being given orders from Hellboy's sister, uh, if you remember her, and he goes off to pout. He claims that it takes a lot for Auzi. Was it Auzians? Yeah, or Auzians. I took it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we assume is what his kind is called. Yeah. Uh, he says it takes a lot for them to fall in love, but when they do, they really fall in love. So uh, he's taken the loss of Loma pretty hard. He's been taking it hard for quite a while now. About four years. Apparently. Yes. <laughs> now we watch him digging through some green stuff. It's like vines or weeds or something. Yeah. Uh, and then he finds himself chosen by a Green Lantern ring. Whoa. That Uh-oh. Was, that was surprising, I must admit. It was. Uh, back in the madness Iverse, uh, Shade and Shade, that is Megan, uh, they're having an I am 14 and this is deep conversation about death. And there's a couple of scenes like this. Uh, suddenly they're uh-huh. in a war zone and Megan has rifles aimed at her. She heals, hurts, destroys, but all the while remains very deep about it. Uh, there yes. are... 
birds fluttering in front of her face at one point. Uh, she's uh, has a helmet on. There's all kinds of imagery happening to, to titillate and excite you. Uh, she wakes up inside a tree. Thinks back to some romantic entanglement she'd been in that didn't look to end all that well, and she lays naked on a bed and cries so much that it fills the room, much like Alice in uh, Wonderland. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, we're in a bathtub, and uh, she's holding her hippo toy. Inside of its mouth is a river. I just I like hey. that. That scene <laughs> I thought was funny. Uh, he's just like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> she prom He promises that he and Teacup will always be there for her as long as she has the hippo, I guess. He I guess. Pop open the mouth, and there he is. Uh, but in real, but. In reality, we think well, I think we're back in reality. River's getting ready to head off to college where he plans to study exobiology, basically plants in space. Uh, he's enrolled at the Florida Institute of Technology, and he's brought a rather psychedelic-looking plant with him. In fact, it has vestiges of those madness paisleys on there. Right? Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, we don't mean that it's basically a marijuana plant. It looks like it, it, <laughs> yes. looks, it looks unusual. Uh, which uh, you figure his fellow students with a plant major might find odd. This could come up. A little bit. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, also, the vase, the pot has an eye on it. Also, Eyeball I, on it. Yeah. I don't know, it's like, I assume that's a real one. It's hard to tell. It kind of looks like Shade's eye or, or Megan's mm -hmm. eye, but it's not possible. Uh, his mother lays a lot of pressure on him. Basically telling them not to screw up because they expect big things from their sunny boy. Yes, and when they leave him alone, the plant is revealed to be Shade. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. And uh, when asked where she's been, she gives us a rundown. She's been at a renaissance fair. She's been bar hopping. She's been eating donuts with uh, <laughs> that look to be alive. Yeah. Um, now, this is all done to show that she doesn't understand impulse control and that there's a bit of dissonance between her uh, avian instincts and her new human body or her now human body. It's not exactly new I, I, anymore. I like this this page, too. Her with kind of like different, looking different, kind of hanging out with the people. I don't know. It wasn't like yeah, a, it was yeah, like was a, a decent one. It didn't blow me away, but I kind of like the idea of her carousing around and wearing a stupid hairstyle like this. And it kind of uh, it kind of made me remember the the, the first series because uh, there was a lot of that her just being in a crowd of people where she's yeah. very much an outsider but surrounded by other people. Yeah, it's you're right about that. We'll we'll get to it later on, I guess. Yes. Now then we shift to a riot, which thankfully doesn't take any political sides. It just shows that both sides are angry yeah. and they both feel that they're right. We're all uh, mad. Listen to me now. You're that, wrong. We're right. Yeah. That's the way comics should handle it. <laughs> uh, then we move into vices. Maybe body issues. It seems Maybe that way. Both. Um, we see her pushing a stack of chips for gambling, and then we see her standing in front of a mirror, and uh, it's actually two mirrors. One has a perfect altered reflection, like as though it's gone through uh, some sort of cosmetic surgery. Yep. Nice puffy lips, uh, full bosom. Uh, then the next uh, reflection is more emaciated. Uh, you see the ribs and sunken, sallowed face. Yeah, both look pretty gross, and I think that is probably the idea. I think so, too. <laughs> Back in River's dorm, he and Megan are Skyping, FaceTiming, whatevering with Teacup, and she informs Shay that she appears to be in the midst of an existential crisis. Ah, uh, existentialism, the bastion of deep teenagers. Oh, am I right here, right? They read a little mm -hmm. bit Descartes. They think they know it all. Right? <laughs> Nihilism cannot be far behind. I get the, once they get to Nietzsche, it'll all make sense. Yes, it will. Uh, Teacup suggests Shade will find an alien support group. Uh, that's not going to happen. So we got to mention the DEO, which is the Department of Extra Normal Operations in the DC Universe, which has taken a big 
front seat since that Supergirl show came out. Oh, okay. I don't, know if, that, I, don't know if, I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, basically she works for the DEO. Her sister. It, it all it all surrounds the DEO. So I've noticed mm. it, I've noticed it being a lot more prevalent than DC books since then. I don't know if that informs this so much, but gotcha. Yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting because. Uh... That's uh, from the Chase uh, series from the late 90s with uh, Cameron oh, yeah. Chase. She worked for the DEO and worked for Mr. Bones and all that stuff. So I, 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 remember, I remember DEO going back at least into the books in the 90s, if not earlier. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's a uh, big comeback. <laughs> yes, and uh, just another tie to the main DC universe. We got Green Lantern rings and we've got the this, DEO. That's right, yeah. Now, River has a visitor, a male visitor, who inquires who the girl is. River tells him, eh, she's just a friend. And that's a, a nice Bismarck key That's song. right, I was just thinking. She's <laughs> <laughs> just a friend. There you go. <laughs> There's an obvious attraction between River and this visitor because, of course, there is. Uh, back in the madness world, Rack and Megan are standing on a giant checkerboard. I'm glad it wasn't chess. Uh, all this is going on while disembodied hands play checkers. Uh, more uh, profound things are said, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about this beforehand. I, I have to believe, and the fact that they're playing checkers and not chess is, informs that more for me that this is purposely vapid. I hope so. You know, what, what I used to call thin sights, you know what I mean? Just like <laughs> meaningless platitudes yes. and stuff. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I am... Right now, giving the benefit of the doubt to that. To be that. <laughs> now, we hop back to River, and he and that cute boy from earlier are in class. And they're being lectured by a fella in an ASEA suit. If you remember, they popped up toward the end of the last volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, they were, they're the kind of, it's a knockoff NASA logo, basically. Yeah. Uh, now, they're talking, they're being talked to about undocumented extraterrestrials and how to go about reporting one. Thankfully, they don't mention building a wall, and please don't mention building a wall. Please don't mention building a wall. Yeah. Uh, we have no reason to think it'll go that way since they did handle the political it, the page before with a very, you know. Fingers are crossed. So, you know, to be, you got to stay positive. You can't, you can't go. Although, I, <laughs> as, as we know from Milk Wars, I can't. I end still up got the taste it. of milk in my mouth. You're right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've regretted it plenty of times before, but. Uh, <laughs> I still gotta, I still gotta go that way. Now there's the backup, which Chris is uh, uh, legally uh, not able to read. But uh, this my one, contract one, my contract wraps up after 20 pages. Exactly, you can't, yeah. you can't do it anymore. I'm union. You, know? if you, if you, <laughs> you gotta pay overtime after that. But uh, this one wasn't too bad. It might actually even uh, be important to the story. It's some guys busking. And what looks like a little miniature loma bird, or the spirit of a loma. I saw bird. the avian. Yeah. Yeah. It takes takes her down. He puts her in a cage, feeds her. They're doing drugs, and while they're all zonked out, the bird pecks a hole in his chest, crawls into his rib cage, and and throws madness paisleys around, and that turns him into a killer bird. He kills his girlfriend. He grows like a scary beak. Um, don't know if that's useful for the story, but I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was uh, all right enough. You know, that would have made a pretty hmm. good uh, Outer Limits episode. I don't see why not. Sure. But uh, yeah, so that that was the end of our first foray into the new season of Shade the Changing Woman. What did you think of that, Chris? Uh, um, 
<laughs> I, I it's it stinks because uh, the first run was uh, that that was our solid book, and yeah. uh, this uh, and I'm hoping you're right about the the vapidness here and the uh, the you know the was it the the bottom the bottom jaw sticking out uh, kind of profound uh, philosophical insights here right. insights as you put it. It's uh, I'm hoping that that is. I'm hoping that that's the way they're going, but uh, I don't know that it is. Uh, especially after reading the the Milk Wars uh, chapter, right? Where that was uh, very what you see is what you get. It was. And, it uh, was. It was. It was a very obvious, uh, you know, statement. Being yeah. Made, no, not a lot of subtlety. It was agenda driven and yeah. no subtlety. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is an introduction to subtlety, but I am not convinced yet. I hear you. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's you know if they think their audience is disaffected teens and that this would be pandering to them, I'm gonna be twice as mad. You know what I mean? Like that. that that's just fucked up. That's just that's like underestimating <laughs> kids and assuming that they're the same name, the, the same shoegazing, cure listening uh, person that you are. But but now I'm really you know taking a lot of liberties. We gotta see where this goes to get a hold on it. I think. Uh, and this uh, this does kind of evoke feelings of proto vertigo, which is what I was hoping for initially, but only in that I think it's breeding a different kind of fan that uh, will look down their nose at everything that isn't this. Um, I gave it a five point five out of ten. I could be yeah. nudged up to six because the art was great. Um, Marley's Arcona is still fantastic. Yeah, on this book, um, he's a really great fit. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And like I but, said, uh, that one page with the three panels, I really like the art on there. Sure. Uh, I'm really throughout. It's, it's it's well done, well thought out. The art's great. Yeah. And, and for a psychedelic book, it's always pretty well plotted. Uh, mm-hmm. We can we can usually understand 98% of it, which is pretty good, yeah. right? That's not, <laughs> not a <Yeah>. bad percentage. <laughs> our, our, our being on madness time, I'm glad they lampshaded that because uh, I did have some problem with the timeline, but considering the fact that we were on, quote, madness time, right. it made sense that it was going to be a little a little uh, hard to traverse. We could allow it to be wonky and accept yeah. that the, the things in the past had happened in the past at times, you know what I mean? Even mm-hmm. we didn't know exactly what, what was happening or when it happened. Uh, the, ten, the ties to the DC Universe are really interesting, especially the Green Lantern mm-hmm. ring. Certainly. Uh, I can't wait to see where that goes. Uh, I don't really have any thoughts on it. It's I I guess my thoughts are is he, is there going to be a Green Lantern in Shade the Changing Woman is or is this going to be a new Green Lantern for the DCU? Uh, we don't know. I wonder cuz uh, you know we uh when we did our uh, Young Animal 100 episode back in the day. Uh-huh. We we had uh, some Green Lantern in with Shade the Changing Girl, so I wonder if maybe they uh, they listened to our episode and are are getting us going here. I'm gonna say they definitely did, Chris. Uh, it's they gotta be definitely, gotta be. definitely did. Uh, I wish I would have. We, we should have trademarked it. We, we should have said original idea. Do not steal. <laughs> yeah. Or at least throw it as a pitch, right? Be like, if you guys yes. make it to 100, here you go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in fact, you can have it, because if you make it to 100, yes, we, I will be more shocked than anyone else, but uh, <laughs> especially Doom Patrol, if we're still living, oh. if that gets there. Anyway, but uh, I'm going to give this, I'm going to go the same way with you, 5.5. I'll tell you what, when I really thought about this book after reading it, and reading it now with you, I even liked it a little bit better. I'm not saying... I think so, too, yeah. I'm not I saying so I was too. in love with it, but I started to appreciate aspects of it, but I really put this at like a 5 out of 10, in a real one. Yeah, right. not not it's the right yeah. about middle of the road with with a more of a nod to art and the story is sort of like we're sort of in a pilot episode here. Um, it looks like to me. 
Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I don't want to give it a fuck you five because no, no, I don't feel not. mad at it. So let's give it no. an extra half a point. And, uh, you know, unlike Milk Wars, where I came out swinging oh. hopeful, this is a score that might get better in hindsight if the story sure. uh, plays out in a, in a way that we'd like it to play out. But obviously, that would be true uh, of any comic Of any book. <laughs> Uh, no, I, yeah. I, I start I start these at seven and then I work up or down. Uh, so fair enough. It, it's not a far fall from seven, but no. it's uh it's not it's not it's not higher than seven either. Yeah, and and it's it's on the positive side of you know garbage. So yeah. that's that's. Yes. I, I would say if you read Shade the Change of Girl and you liked it, well then I definitely give this a look because it it's try, it's, sure. it's the same vibe. It is continuing the story even though it's we still have. Questions to answer, but that's fine. We, we could have expected that. So, mm-hmm. uh, not a horrible outing, I would say. It's funny that we can be positive about a 5.5, but that's where we are in this world, right? <laughs> the lowest score of the week. I know. We're just like, ah, you know, it's 5.5, but, you know, it's better than a punch in the face. So it's nice. It is. Um, <laughs> next week, uh, Eternity Girl number one, the brand new book, probably. I don't can't guarantee that at the juncture of this recording. But it's that's what's uh, scheduled. So uh, I'm writing the review for that. We'll do the segment on Young Animal. But we mm-hmm. uh, don't know what to expect totally. What we saw in the Milk Wars wasn't really enticing, nor no, was it very it informative, though. So also true. Also true. <laughs> we'll find out what the heck this is supposed to be next week. But uh, Chris, the our muckraking uh, on the street reporter has dug up some, um, <laughs> some <laughs> news. There you go. <laughs> we got breaking young animal news. Uh, Gerard Way is still can't be bothered to pick up a pen. Um, <laughs> it looks like his uh, never-ending vacation is going to continue because Doom Patrol be delayed, yo. Yeah, that's right. Yes, again. Still. I know. How many weeks is this? How many how many, how many delays is this now? Um, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. Did we uh, maybe got through like the first three issues without a delay? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just for, oh, this, for one this one issue. book. Just for oh, this it's one like issue. three or four. It's three or four I, delays it's, just it's, for this I book. Think, I think we're yeah. at four. I think we're at three this year. Yikes. And then one last year because it was supposed to come out in November, right? Yes. Because uh, yes, this is a prelude to Milk Wars. I know. That's <laughs> that is the sickest thing about it. And twelve is like officially out of the out of this block. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the next Doom Patrol is due now, April fourth. Uh huh. No promises. I did see on Twitter, uh, Nick Darrington was was drawing another panel of Doom Patrol, which by the way had Casey Brink and. Robot Man as Robot Man in it, so he could be giving away something. Mm. But considering when that issue comes out, we may Lord only knows. We maybe actually be blind and unable to read by then. We could be, you know, old infirm men. <laughs> you have to get the, have to get the orderly to read it to us. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not really too worried about what the future Doom Patrol. Just give me no. that one issue, and we can call it quits after that. You know, yeah, like, let, let us just close the book on this. Please, volume, please. you know, like if I can at least put a capstone on it and figure out what happened exactly to Terry Nunn. Oh, that yeah. is what the country needs to know. But mm-hmm. uh, interesting. The developments in this in this shade, though, as in terms of uh, connectivity to the DC, were definitely intriguing. Yes. Uh, I think that is what's really shaken out of Milk Wars, I guess, is that possibility. 
Uh, yeah, there, there, there could be some crossover or some organic crossover without any kind of uh, yeah. without any kind of hoops going through or anything. Well, yeah, we we don't want to have Superman show up every third issue and let's check in on everybody. You know what I mean? No, we sure don't. But and we, do, and we don't want her showing up in Superman. I, uh, less <laughs> less so do I want that. But you know, if Shade is gonna you know go to the Fortress of Solitude for some, I mean, it could work. I don't know. I don't know how that would happen, but there it is. <laughs> Chris, I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, you got anything else for him? I sure don't. Well, <laughs> until next week, folks, try to keep it young and animalistic. See ya. How lovely to be a woman. The wait was well worthwhile. How lovely to wear mascara and smile a woman's smile. How lovely to have a figure. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no shower. here with the last mail section of the night and i will have to say that eric when you told me when we got done talking with reggie you said that we'd be talking about mail later you were correct i Bam! had no idea what was Hooray! going on and at that point i am finally right now it's it's the best too because i certainly could have changed that up with with the the stroke of a pen Don't but i had my me. outline already set up so i'm like nah we want i still could i could edit it any certain it. way and i may and then this wouldn't make any sense but we're here with the last mail and it starts with your man craig Craig always had problems with my oh, voice. Uh, earlier, I did a little droopy dog that was just for him. Craig says, Dear Jim, it's back. Yep. See, he knows how to play it. It's back. Finally, the podcast is back. Those early days when it was two people shouting into the void, trying to make intelligent points about comics, whilst all the time hampering themselves with terrible audio quality, constant heckling from emailers, looking at you, John, mm-hmm. su- a subterfuge from other podcasts, the most stupid mm-hmm. don't name main ever, Eric's crippled awkwardness, mm-hmm. and the most random guest spot yep. presenters ever, that's when the podcast was at its realest. Over time, it inevitably drifted towards being slow slicker intelligent guest presenters better audio quality it's funny i i didn't even think of what he was saying that is complete and utter shade thrown at one dan strands hello weird science and our man ryan i guess eric is who he said were those guest presenters now he says you and crippled awkwardness he's just saying random guest spot presenters that wasn't you and maybe with your you know that that stupid show shut up but that wasn't part of that Uh, over time (laughs) it drifted towards you slicker intelligent guest presenters better audio quality structured segments eric becoming billy crystal etc etc what Uh, but that hour of power 
and it was an hour. That rant and rave section, that, and he means last week, that was proper old school weird science. Unlistenable, <laughs> terribly recorded garbage. Jet just never stopped. It, it's just what needed an 8,000-word email from Brett written on a 2003 BlackBerry at a 10-minute feature from a man in a cupboard about increased storage on iCloud to chase it down. But sadly, that never came. He was waiting for that, waiting for an email that I could fucking lose my mind from. That's a shout-out to you, Brett. There, You're out there somewhere. Oh, and I question – and question for Eric, if I may. I'm sure you've seen Titanic Bot transforms from a titanic into a robot but what human tragedy would eric like to transform into a robot what would you like what human tragedy do you want the hindenburg the hindenburg that would be good i thought you meant the the uh, great uh, fire in chicago eric the chicago fire. would that be good into a robot i'll tell Somehow. you anything i go over the top here i'm just gonna sound like a monster and i'm not gonna be able to crawl like my way jerk. like all of a sudden 9-11 happens the twin towers oh, turn into robots and goodness. run away no not run away beat the shit take it back eric they're not gonna forget they're gonna fucking take uh, for it to some the reason i'm just thinking that now you're a hero eric. From, from big you know what i'm saying yeah. like it just turns into i don't a get robot. it it's yep. a robot that kicks ass. It fucking, it, you know what that robot doesn't do? It don't negotiate with terrorists there. It's going to take it back to the streets. Boom. There you go. I would like to say probably mine, though he didn't ask me, but mine would probably be is somehow my marriage. Can that turn into a robot? <laughs> Can that turn into a robot? I don't know. Uh, Zach is desperately trying it to do that. It can turn into a real so, doll eventually. You, he's, he's trying to make his own goddamn robot over there. It's got an axe and a fleshlight. Uh, those are the first two uh, really ingredients. I don't know what he's making. I, I have no idea, but we'll see. But that is yours, Craig. And thank you, Craig. And you're right. Hey, it was back to old school, old school business back uh, last week. Uh, but the next one is, and I have to get my sound clip ready, Eric. The next one is John Wayne. Howdy, Kilgrim. He says, Howdy, Kilgrims. Hope you all had a great week, or at least a better week than DC books would imply. I Ooh. hate to say it, but I enjoyed my Marvel books a hell of a lot more than my DC books this week. I actually found myself looking at the Marvel Unlimited app. Oh, I yeah. like it, by the way, more than I would have you know, expected this week because I just had enough for some of these books. Infinity Countdown number one was a lot of fun. I finally re-added Amazing Spidey to my pull list and was rewarded with a great issue. And I really yes. like X-Men Red, Eric. No. I, I, that, the word on the street from Brandon's side of the neck of the woods says that the that track? is not great. Yeah, the tracks. Don't put tracks through the, the – Talents. That's all I say, Eric. You will save a lot of problems down the line. And the political symbolism has been on point so far. Of course, I said that in the Patreon, so nobody knows what I'm talking about, which is what X-Men has always been at its core to me, at least. Y'all should give it a try and don't listen to Brandon. Trevor and I are convinced he just hates the X-Men. LOL. I don't think anybody hates the X-Men. Come on. Uh, I do. No, and uh, I, Brandon said it before. He said that basically it, he realizes after these books that he reads that he's more of just a Wolverine fan and not really an X-Men fan uh, as it is. Though I, I always uh, found Wolverine to be an overrated character personally. Yeah, well, there you go. Nobody asked you. And uh, yeah. with that, though, too, you, you have Brandon and Trevor talk about books. Uh, you can go towards the fact that Brandon is a little negative. Then you go with Trevor. I don't know if you really – he's not negative, Eric. No. So you, you kind of have to settle in between, <laughs> in between those two, West Coast, East Coast feud, Eric. That's what I said on – Middle the, America. Uh, I, I said that basically when you listen to them talk about Marvel books – 
it is East Coast, West Coast rap feud all over again. It's happening right before your eyes and your ears. Are they both going to die? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. It seems like Brandon's about to have a heart attack when he gets upset. Green Arrow takes the cake for DC. And when I say that, that means something, Eric. Uh, Green Arrow takes the cake for DC because Juan's art and Percy tying everything up, even if it felt inorganic. I love Ali, Dinah, Emmy, and the rest of Team Arrow, and this was a fun send-off with nice band service moments. Plus, you got to love Juan giving weird science shout-outs, and that is true. Uh, he actually did, and I have to give him this. Poop, poop. I told him he's a member of the Get Fresh crew. Be poop. Uh, and then hopefully he'll find new and creative ways to kill you guys once he's on a new book. Speaking of Juan, Jim, you tweeted you're going to get him on the show. Any ideas on when? No. No, no ideas, and it'll basically be whenever I can go to the liquor store and get all liquored up because I would be very, very uh, nervous to do that, but I want to have him on. He, he said that he wanted to come on. We'll have him on. It'd be cool uh, maybe when there, there is a new deal announced, like some book he's That'd be on, cool, yeah. uh, we can come on and talk about that. And, and also, I'd be no, scared no. the entire time, but it's cool. Yeah, I would too. And uh, with that, maybe it'll just be a little side thing by itself, you know. We, I don't mind sounding like an ass in front of Jim, but in front of other people, come on. That's right. <laughs> and you do a good job with me, my friend. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I I love one. I'd love to hear have him on the show. And with that, I just want to point out because one of the reasons why we don't have people on the show is mainly because me and Eric are very very shy. Whether it yep. may not sound like that, but we are. We also don't like to piss people off uh, to yep. their face. So that cut, but in a roundabout way, we also don't want to have it where we'd have somebody on the podcast and then people would think, oh, look at them. They're, you know, all of a sudden the score for the book that this person's on just went up two points. This is nonsense. They're in your back pocket, things like that. Uh, but that's why I want to point out, and Juan put it on the, the site. He went on the site and commented on our last uh, issue, this issue of Green Arrow and did bring up the point that he started listening to us when we were talking that we didn't really like his art as much on right. that Suicide Squad book. And that's where New I Suicide would say Squad. I give that guy so much goddamn credit that he just – he took that and he just – you know he kept listening and then he put us in these books – and this is not the case where somebody can say like, oh, look at Jim. He, he was reviewing Green Arrow and, and you guys were in it, so he gave it a 10 out of 10. No, we were very realistic with our scores still. We tried not to let that affect anything. But in Juan's case as well, he, he didn't let it affect it either. You, you know no. what I mean? That we He kept going. And this is where I hear a lot of other podcasts. Oh, we're best friends with this guy or we're friends with that guy. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather have a realistic relationship with people like it is. And Juan has has friends probably that think that he's, you know, I don't know, a jerk. And Jim might, calls me a piece of shit every goddamn yeah, day. I mean, so I I'm sure know. Juan's just like, if he's listening right now, he's probably like, yeah, you know, Freddie over there, that guy thinks I'm an asshole. But you know what? We've been friends for a while. That, that's how things are. And I like the realistic nature of that. Uh, saying that, if Juan comes in, I'll kiss his ass till here to oh, eternity. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'll things. say. And if he brings up the fact that I didn't like his art in Suicide Squad, I will hang up on him. Uh, and go and hide in a corner and I'll cry, tell you, I'll possibly. change the subject where I'm like, I really liked you Gotham by yeah. midnight, Juan. And will, really, Juan, if you're listening, I do have to say, <laughs> embarrassingly, it was mainly me that said that I and, – and if you remember, my big thing was – and this comes up now and again. This is something that is one of those – Little things that gets me. You know, it's a pet peeve of mine. But at points, I thought that Juan's art, where I said 
it's really good as a panel. I didn't think it really portrayed the you know the motion, motion of static, the deal yeah. of that. Uh, he has definitely changed that. He really has, and really is my favorite artist right now uh, out there. And uh, though I'll say also Ken, V. Ken Marion because he put us in books too, Eric. I, I do not want to ostracize anybody oh, I love who v. may Ken's put us in more. And V. Ken's awesome too. No, no, I, fell with, I fell in love with him when Bloodlines came yeah, out. I had we, never we heard we of V. Ken. Like, this is great. And that's the thing. We went into Bloodlines as one of those. You want to hear us talk about a book that we were positive about out of nowhere. Bloodlines was one of them because it took all three yeah. of us, me, you, and Reggie, by surprise. And mainly because of V. Ken Marion's art was so good. And at that point, me and you were really, really uh, Brett Booth fanboys. And it kind of had that style and that energy to it. We loved it. And now saying that. This week's Green Lanterns that VKen did, which also, Eric, I have to announce that that was us in there. So earlier yes, when I was, was talking about Green Lanterns, I uh, I have an eye uh, for the art, Eric. And I said I barely that, have eyes. I said, yeah, really. I said that is definitely you. It was. And the guy on that panel, if you go to that, you'll see that page. And the guy on the left side of that panel was with that me. Futuristic ball with cap. The, he said, Vikan said, yeah, I made you with this <laughs> futuristic space ball cap. I'm like, damn right I'd have that space ball cap on. But, yeah, it was. And he said and there's that. there's futuristic bags in his eyes. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, <laughs> yeah, really, <laughs> there's crow's feet. Crow's feet can, can hear you scream in space. But with that, you uh, had the idea where it's kind of, I'll say, I am. Ended up sounding very smart, Eric, because also, if you remember while we were talking about that, I really gave the Ken a lot of credit because I said, man, there's just so many aliens in this. Like every panel is filled with aliens and things like that. And he definitely said that he was there. He was drawing and he had to fill up panels with different aliens. So he thought, OK, I need to make monstrosities. I'm going to make this big mad balls type of guy here. And then I'm going to make this hideous looking guy here. And uh, yeah, Jim and Eric, that's that's yeah, what came to his makes mind. Sense. And he's like, okay, I'll spruce things up by making this handsome man. And then he gets done. He's like, okay, now to Eric. Oh. That is, I was a fly on the wall. But yeah, again, that is a little shout out to Juan and V. Ken. Uh, but again, I appreciate this throughout this whole deal where if they're on a book and we don't quite like it as much, like you said in the Green Lanterns, why can't V. Ken be on an be issue on a book that, that I we enjoy love? For once. I'm telling uh, you, not since Bloodlines, it seems like anymore. Uh, but, it, you know, they still. You know, seem to like us, which, again, I give credit to anybody who likes me and you. <laughs> it mm. takes a lot of effort. Uh, also, I think that they realize that most of the time we enjoy the art, even if the story. And then, you know, there's that divide, Eric. You know, we're team art right now, though we say that we really need a strong story as well. But Batman really? sucked. He gets onto it. It's, it gets harder and harder for me to read every week. And with that, John, when John and he is part of the Get Fresh crew, obviously, uh, and when he first joined up on the Patreon and I talked to him, he actually was really, really like he was a Batman guy and talked yeah. to me. And yeah, even he has to admit that it's gone down. But I appreciate that King took the time to respond to my brief rant on Twitter, which he did. But I'm just losing my patience. It's taking me longer than the rest of the GFC, and I'm still in it till the wedding. But I've already told my LCS, a lot of, lot of things being, to axe it after number 50, Eric. So he's going to get that wedding, which I'm telling you, that issue is going to sell 200,000 copies. It's going to be crazy. I'm just saying, you're going to wait till the wedding. I'd wait after the honeymoon. Uh-huh. Ooh, ooh. 
<laughs> I like what you're saying. Uh, with that, I was going to say something. I got completely I'm a piece thrown of shit. off. I got completely <laughs> thrown off. I was. What was I saying? Actually, I don't know. All right, thank you, thank you very much, Eric. I did actually laugh out loud when he suggested I check out JLA. Laughing my ass off because we all know I still despise Orlando's work more than Kings by a Mile. And I do want to say one thing. It does seem like if you want to go with anything, uh, it does seem like maybe Tom King is kind of turning things around a bit, at least on Twitter, where he is responding more to people and with actual answers at points, too, and not these cryptic things. I think that he may or be realizing. He, no, I, I, yeah, but I, I do think that. No, I mean, this, these oh, are his yeah. cryptic responses. Yeah. You know, um, did he do this? Yes. Or did he? Or did he? And stuff. And yeah, there's some things that writers don't want to reveal. But when he is a guy who will go on Twitter and post these things, and it it drives me nuts at points because I do check out his Twitter occasionally, Eric. I'm not telling, but he, he, you know, he'll say like, man, wrote wrote a, a story this morning and then tore it up three times, threw it away, got it out. Oh, my stupid brain. Why can't it work? And you'll have somebody that legitimately will just say, Hey, do you have a process that when you get frustrated like this, do you go off and do something? Like almost like, hey, you, do you ever try yoga or do you do something? Do you go for walks? Do you say, and he would never respond. And, and it would drive me nuts that you're sitting there throwing this stuff out, which that's fine. It really does give you a glimpse into the mind if he's your favorite writer. It's, it's a really great opportunity for people to learn more about the man that does their favorite comic. What would get me, though, is you'd have legitimate responses at, that he would never touch. It's like he'd write these out and then go, okay, let's see the likes pour in, and I'm out. You know, I, I don't have to deal with this, the, the fucking common folk, but it's changed. He actually is getting back to more and more people, and uh, I can only think that maybe that is a good thing. Uh, It also could just be uh, easy enough to explain of the sales are going down, and he's trying to you know, engage. I don't know. I'd like to think the more positive of him responding to people, uh, though he also has some tweets that seem very uh, mean-spirited as well. And you know me, Eric. I'm not a mean-spirited fella, and I don't enjoy that sort of thing. I don't enjoy that sort of thing, Eric. I get very upset. When people get mean-spirited about anything, I, anything, especially you, Eric, I would never say anything bad about I'm you. I'm a mean-spirited oh, my guy. Goodness. You are, but you know what? I know you, and I look past that. I take that Thank more you. of your uh, – that's more of uh, nurture than nature, Eric. Wink, wink. Also, about the new black label thing. That will get me in trouble now. I think it's a good idea. DC's best stories often come from Elseworlds tales. You went very silent there, Eric. You do not want to get involved in a fight, right? Not at all. (laughs) So this just makes sense, the black label. However, I do have a theory after seeing Greg Rucka is doing Wonder Woman's daughter. DC has a way of introducing progeny legacy characters outside of the main continuity before bringing them into the main DCU later, almost as like a testing ground. Damien made a few appearances in Elseworlds Tales and was in Mark Waite's Kingdom stories before Morrison brought him into the main universe in 2006. John had sporadically appeared here and there as an idea and was teased in the Teen Titans in the New 52 before Jurgens introduced him in Convergence and Full 
them into a new continuity pre-rebirth. I feel like Bart Allen had a similar thing too. So my question, is DC plotting to give Wonder Woman a daughter too? Instead of the Super Sons, we'd get Super Kids, LOL. Doubt it myself, but was instantly what I thought of when I heard the news. I think that that'd be a pretty cool thing, actually, if she had a daughter. Uh, but aren't they all sisters and daughters of Themyscira, Eric? Aren't they? Why, yes, they are, Jim. Yes, they are. Uh, when I tell you where I, I talked about it on the – I'm actually uh, still curious to see more of you know Wonder Woman's daughter from the Earth 2, Fury. I like yeah. that character. I want to see more of her. Well, this Black Label deal is a, a more darker imprint that's going to be Elseworlds things. And I talked yep. about it on the news podcast and well, said to me – to an Elseworld, Jim? Well, that's what I'm saying. What I said, though, this Black Label to me seems like, okay, you know what? Let's get something that's kind of like Vertigo. Uh, but with the main cat, like, you know what I'm saying? Also, I said then, I, I do think, and we, I spelled it out and you did, and we talked about this before, that I was afraid or excited, whichever way you're on the fence, of DC looking at the sales and saying, okay, you know what two things sell? Uh, these goddamn fucking events and uh, Elseworld miniseries, like a white knight. And I think that this is basically the reaction to that. Also, probably trying to avoid the idea because uh, Sean Murphy said that if this Black Label thing would have been a year ago, uh, the White Knight probably would have been part of it. And I do think that that goes back to what I told you that I think on the uh, spotlight, I do think that some people get confused of what an Elseworld story is and if this is in continuity and get that – and this would take care of that. It would be its uh, own hello, thing. Actually, going labor. back to what we were talking about Superman earlier, I was on Facebook earlier looking at DC Comics. They put their stuff out, the preview and stuff like that. Yeah. And with the Bizarro, I saw – somebody commenting now which bizarro is this so there was some critics to what you were saying with that yeah, so I think that this black label is, is uh, a couple things. Number one, and again, you can listen to the, the news, but I'm going to tell you, Eric, because I know you'll never listen. I do think that it's also a bit of a uh, a lore where you could have, say you had Mark Waite, and you want him back, but he says, you know what? I want to write a Batman story, and they're like, well, Tom King's going to issue 100, so we can't do anything. This allows you to write a – it's a Batman story. It's an Elseworlds, but it gives you a spot where you can go and do such a thing so i i do think that that's part of it as well uh continuing eric when jim gets sent off to rehab for his addictions to uh-huh. the pills can you get wrong turn to be your temporary co-host would, would God, you do that I, I can you imagine trying to explain skype to that kid yeah i i know we said at one point we wanted to get him on there's no way there is no way we'd have to it would be on his phone and we would have to really set it up at work to get a call in. Maybe we'll do that for episode two. And he has such a short attention span. I'm telling you, he would start watching something as <sighs> oh we're recording, goodness. like a trailer. I just watched this uh, movie, Eric, and it was uh, – god damn oh, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but again, that's what people seem to like. And then he says, or maybe Jimmy. Uh, we could get Jimmy as well. I don't want to tell that to one, him. Jimmy wouldn't be as fun. Jimmy would say something, then I'd say, oh, man, you're killing it. And then he'd like, no, I don't believe in murder. Mm. He never takes anything, the, the guy is. And also, I, I take offense that you would ever consider Eric to be the host and somebody oh. else ever be a co-host. I, if I'm gone, there's just now two co-hosts, Eric. It's true. Spirit. I don't have any of the passwords to do anything. Jim's taking nope. that to his grave. Nope. And what you're saying is the passwords to talk with a non-jerk-off voice. 
You always say that every time I go to play something. And usually when I play the podcast, our podcast in the car, it's mainly to play the levels to you. And it's mainly where Repairman Jack has said a level is off. And then I'll play and you think that's off? Because I don't know if anybody's heard. You have supersonic hearing. And then you'll listen. But every time I do, you never answer the question. All you say is, boy, I have a jerk off voice. No wonder people hate me. I said, no, there's yeah. a lot of other things on that list before you get to your voice. Believe me. It's like you're at the deli. Take a goddamn number, Eric. I got a lot of fucking complaints. I will tell you them later. In fact, one but of my – it all stems from my voice. No, no. One of my biggest – and I, to get real, I'm turning the – I'm going to – I'm oh, turning God. the – I don't like the, real talk. I'm turning the chair backwards, Eric, and, and legitimately I am. And this chair is so oh, yeah, wide that I am now uh, spread eagle. Man spread. Oh, my God, happen. it's hurting. It's man spreading. I want to get real, Eric. You know what I hate the most about you, really? And nobody else is listening, so I can tell you. You know what it is? I hate the most about you is that I just love you so damn much, Eric. That, oh. that's, what, that's, what, that's what hurts me. In oh, the, my. Uh, if loving you is wrong, Eric, I never, ever want to be right. I just want to let you know that. Didn't he say he was going to try and move into your apartment complex, meaning Jimmy and I have to turn the chair around again? That hurt. I'm telling you right now, uh, people will kind of know, some people know, I have a lot of respect for Jean-Claude Van Damme right now, Eric, because, boy, I just did a split and it hurt. It hurt me. You guys could sit right next to each other, he says, about Jimmy in the uh, apartment complex. I guess he did he move He has there. lived there, and I'm telling you, I remember the day he was moving in because uh, I actually knew exactly what day it was because the fire department showed up because the yeah, goddamn idiot – Fucking somehow put a box out from the U-Haul, brought it up to his apartment, set it on the stove, and then somehow turned the stove on. Yep, turned the stove on, set a fire. And then bitch moaned and complained to the management until they gave him a better apartment because of this. Bitched and moaned. At this point, Eric, he's out and about uh, in certain spaces on the internet. And I'm saying this. I think I messed up my mic. I got <laughs> Everything's cutting out. But he's out there trying to gather money up uh, to fund him moving out of his house now. He thinks that yeah. that's something that other and people And the guys of helping them out with getting a septic tank. Yes, a septic tank. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy can sit right next to you, hand in hand, arm in arm. And a uh, better idea, why don't you get them both? I'd and love to stinks. hear you give that guy shit about a septic tank for an hour while Wrong Turn struggles to say septic tank. Regardless, get Jim some help. This is what it all goes back to. Prescriptions. That's what it is, Eric. You can't go wrong. All right, Jim, I got this right? pill to get you off these pills. Okay, I'm in. Uh, aren't you now bringing up one of the main problems of the health system nowadays? Yes, I am. Uh, I'm getting on a soapbox that? and nobody even knows it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now or ask you a question going back to Jimmy and Wrong Turn. Legitimately, think in your mind because I am struggling. When do you ever see those two talk together? Because I never, never. see it. Never. They actually work in what appears to be almost the same department. Doing the same job, and I'll never walk around the corner. One hand washes the other in there. Yeah, washes each other. What are they washing each other with? I'd like to know. Fucking feces. Uh, They never talk together. They're never together talking at all. Yeah, they might scream something at it, but they're not even, it's not even like being mad. I think that both of them have a weird, uh, you know, 
ridiculousness that just doesn't jive. But regardless, he says, get me help. After last week's rant, he needs it almost as much as Jimmy does. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I'm t- I just want to point to out that you started that rant, my friend. What? Yeah, I think you were the one who started it. I just went with it. Oh, well, enough shade thrown at Jim. Hope you guys are doing well, and I will talk to you both in the Slack this week. Till next time, John Wayne. Howdy, Krillgrum. Howdy, Krillgrum. And we're going to end this mail section with Hakeem, who is going to say something in this. I did glance over this. He's going to say something that I actually uh, didn't take offense to, but was a little confused, and then I realized what he was talking about. Uh, It it might be a compliment to you. I'm not going to let that up. But uh, what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Brandon, and the entire Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. Poop, poop. A fucking bad pull with week this week. I love Deathstroke. Justice League was original and interesting, but a little exhausting to read. Other than that, not an enjoyable week. I'm only I'm only gonna say that when I heard about Black Label, I felt somewhat relieved. So he's excited. That seems to be nice. something new and, and different that he's in. I know now this is where I was like what you talking about, Willis? Where, where is it? <laughs> this is what I... What you talking about, Willis? What you talking about, Willis? I know you guys don't really cover Elseworlds books. And I was like, really? Like, this week we had one that was my book of the week. A little spoilers, man. Damn. Uh, but I realized he said, I'm begging you guys to reconsider and include the Black Label books as part of the regular podcast, or at least consider a new show where you guys are others in the Get Fresh Crew review and discuss those books. Now, with that, I have to point out that we actually, at this moment, are talking about a bunch of Elseworlds books that are out right now. Uh, what we don't do and what I think he's pointing towards is, say, a uh, – Green Lantern Earth One that's coming right. out where what you're talking about, Hakeem, are books that when they hit seem to be, you know, 180 pages, 200 pages. Well, in a, in an episode where we're already talking about 15 comics to add what really amounts to five or six more issues, it's a little tough with the, uh, the whole deal. Now, the, the thing around this though is from what I've seen and what I've kind of been told, these black label books will come out as comics. They'll come out right. as, you know, three issues of a, a series, maybe a six issue mini, things like that. And if that's the case, we probably will talk about some, if not all. It all depends on what's going on at that time. Uh, right now, we are going to be, you know, getting done with a lot of these miniseries. We have a lot of these miniseries that will be tied up. So, in fact, if they go with the idea that the black label, though it's a different label type deal, they're going to mix it in with the regular amount of books and they don't, you know, we don't have 700 million books, then I think we will talk about some, if not all. And we may do the whole deal where me and Eric talked about at points, where if we do one issue and it's garbage, but the problem is a lot of these books have really good creative teams, so I can't see that really happening right. but i think that we will start off with the intent to talk about them that's all i'm saying uh because yeah there'll be just issues in the meantime maybe it will be something that we do as a patreon thing or i don't think so though i think that in general they may end up you may even find out again now i'm just gonna throw things at the wall eric at that point there may not be any young animal books and reggie and chris may say you know what we're gonna now be the black label part of the podcast yeah. who knows uh we'll see how it goes down but he says he'd like to have that Do not misunderstand me. I know you guys are the hardest working comic book podcasters out there in podcast land, Eric. 
We haven't talked much about Podcast Land. I just want to let everybody know that Eric ran for mayor of Podcast Land. Unfortunately, lost. He he came By in a second. Landslide. Yeah, he came in second. There was only two people running. So yeah. uh, uh, Richard Richardson, mayor. Eric, and the amount of content you put out is unreal. So if you're not going to do that, I completely understand. As long as I have some money in the bank, you will never lose me as a Patreon subscriber. Nice. And thank you, Akeem. And he says, unless you keep singing the praises of Jeff Johns. Just fucking with you again. Thanks for the awesome content. And I hope uh, just a little bit, and it goes on, it goes, but I do want to bring out the point. I hope Anna's doing okay. We have not heard yes. from her in a bit. And the last thing we heard was she we was still down in Brazil. Yeah. yeah, I meant to ask. I mean to ask every week, and I always do forget. But with that, I also want to give a little – this is going to be a little mid – it's almost like a uh, a mid-credit uh, scene here. Uh, mid-end credit scene. What, what, what do they call it that always confuses the me? The mid-end credit scene? Yeah, that always confuses me. There's too many it words. It never has there. until you just fucked me up now. Yeah, I tell I'm you about it all the time. It always no, screws me. It. Yeah, it screws me up. There's too many words that mean different things in that sentence. But as that's going, I do want to give a shout-out to uh, Abby who actually is doing much better uh, than before. So I want to give a shout-out and hope that Anna's doing as well. So I was doing some reading about the history of comic book characters. I wanted to run by a few amusing rumors and legends I heard about and wanted to hear from you guys if you have heard the same thing. For each of these things, just tell me if you think they're true, false, or unknown. Now, he says this. And he said he doesn't have the answers. <laughs> so I thought we were playing a game, and I was going to ask you. Uh, some of it's these are probably. It's a long game. Uh, well, yeah, it is a long. He's it's playing a long, the long con. game, Jim. It's a long con here. Uh, so these are things that are rumored about things and things like that. Uh, but number one, when Marv Wolfman created Starfire, he based her looks on a stripper he knew when he was in New York. I, I can go. I with have that. no idea. No, I can go with. I say, where's my ding? I'm telling you, yes. I, I don't know. But uh, I haven't heard that either, but it sounds cool. It sounds like Mar- Marv Wolfman is, is your type of guy. Number two, sure. Jeff Johns is often credited for lifting Aquaman out of obscurity, but some of the most hardcore Aquaman fans have been following actually credit Peter David, pre-New 52, as the writer who made him awesome. They say he's the one who made Mara interesting previously. She was just a love interest. Any truth to this? It's more I'm of sorry, a, uh, I, I barely read any Aquaman previous to New 52 because, like, I, like you know, we're talking about bringing life back to the character. I just yeah. wasn't interested. And besides for him getting his hand chewed off and him putting a harpoon on it, I didn't give a fuck about Arthur Curry. I would say that um, Peter David may be uh, the Pixies to the Jeff Johns being Nirvana, Eric. How about that? How about that? I would say that uh, Jeff Johns kind of went on the you know the shoulders of Peter David to increase the idea of making uh, Aquaman more uh, out of obscurity. But Jeff Johns also made it said and still being said that he got rid of a lot of the nonsense and made the character more of a legitimate character. But out of obscurity, I would say that Peter David did, Eric. And I'm saying that just because I need to say something because I'm not sure. But if people who – you follow our big fans, then I would say they know what they're talking about. Number three, I wanted to read some old Daredevil books from Marvel Unlimited app. Do you ever tell you how much I like that app, Eric? Have I've I heard. ever mentioned that? That and the Batman Annual Number Two. Now, some of the guys at my LCS are saying the Frank Miller Daredevil books from the eighties and nineties were some of the darkest stories they have ever read. Have you guys read those? I read them when I was a kid, I believe. It's it's been probably like twenty five years, but uh. 
I, I remember liking them for the most part. It's okay. I, again, it's one of those things where Daredevil was a character that he was all right to read here and there, but it's not something I ever really thought because when I had spending money as a kid, I got Spider-Man, the X-Men, yeah. or the Justice League. Yeah, and I'm guessing that since this is Frank Miller, these were now an ultra-violent deal. It was, you know, Frank Miller-esque deal, so yeah, I'm sure they are a little darker. Are they as disturbing as the guys are making it out to be? I don't remember ever being really disturbing. Like, nothing along the lines. Like, I thought that Dark Knight Returns was really disturbing for what it was at the time. Yeah. I don't remember the Daredevil run being all that disturbing, though. I may, I may actually read it after this, or at least read an issue or two, and then I'll have to tell Akeem on the down low. I'll have to tell him on an aside, Eric. Number like four. Like, you had, you, had, you had some character dying and shit like that, but besides, okay. I don't want to spoil it. I'm telling you, like, I was about to say something that I think is, like, common it's knowledge. It's a huge spoiler. That's the thing. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read it yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, number four, John was apparently in an accident. What I mean by that was that DC never thought about giving Superman that family dynamic until Dan Jurgens, Lois and Clark run at the end of the new 52. Apparently, the company was so overjoyed with the fans' response, they immediately decided to make a canon, whereas Jurgens initially pitched the idea as an Elseworld story. By the way, this technically means it was Jurgens who created John Kinner and missing something, and this kind of ties into earlier where John Wayne said that he was kind of, you know, going, coming up and things and, and teased at the beginning of the 52. I don't know really the ins and outs of it i do know that john is basically an accident being that it was in the convergence story that everybody wants to forget yeah but yeah it happened in convergence and then kind of went from there and i will tell you that if i had to guess it's not that they love john it's they did love that family the family dynamic actually made things work because when we had that uh superman lois and clark thing it really did you know it was my favorite Superman book at that time, not including like American Alien, which was yeah. coming out. But that was the most interesting thing to come out of Convergence that we had. Yeah. It's not Telos that I think lasted for four issues. It was Must this whole dynamic. Superman Reborn. I hit it too quick. I was going to ask you a question, but keep going. But no, like Dan Jurgens would be the man behind it because he did create the character. And I think a lot of people were interested in the fact that besides for Dick and Barbara tying the knot in Convergence and shit yeah. like that, the other biggest thing that people wanted to see from this pre-Flashpoint universe was the birth of John from Superman and Lois. Yeah. And continuing that forward, I think it's a lot of fans who wanted to have this back in the you know, pre-Flashpoint finally got to have their cake and eat it too. You mean people didn't want Wonder Woman in a earthquake fighting vampires, Eric? You're telling no. me that's not what people wanted? No. Oh my goodness. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to give you a little quiz. What were the two scores, because these books had two issues, what were the two scores I gave the Convergence Superman book that Dan, uh, Dan Jurgens wrote with 9.8. And what? Because there's two issues. 9.5. Nope, 9.8 and a 9.9, Eric. Damn. And, and I'm telling you, this Each was better than the last. Oh, my God. It, I, I actually think I gave the first one a 9.9. Nine, and then the second one, I had to say that I didn't like it as much as the first, so I had to go lower than 9.8. And I love them. I, I said, and if you would go back and listen, I would like to think that I was onto something as well because I kept telling you they should make an ongoing book with this, and then they did, and it was yeah. kind of a convoluted deal. Now and I'm going to ask no, you it, too. It was good until the ending. Well, I'm saying it's a convoluted deal of how they oh, got the, to the that continuity. Book. I got yeah, you, yeah. how they got it in there, and having Superman basically was around the entire New Fifty Two, watching from the shadows and things I like, like that. that. Idea. I didn't because it started with. 
with him there watching fucking Darkseid come and start wrecking house where he just sat there on the sidelines. And that was kind of ridiculous to me. It kind of took away some things from it. But he did it for his family. He didn't want to, you know, let his family be, you know, exposed to all this stuff. Now, yeah. also, uh, what was what we thought the biggest change that Superman Reborn did to the story of the Kents there? It uh, got rid of the New 52 Superman? No, I'm saying as as it goes to the family of John Lois and a Clark. What was the biggest thing that changed with the story that we saw in Convergence and also saw in the New 52 book of Lois and Clark and then was changed now in Rebirth? What is the they biggest They were younger. Change? Must no. be Superman Basically, reborn. John was born. Remember, we saw that it was, you know, in the cave and we had all that stuff in Convergence. Yeah, okay, we have, we have a bunch of little things. I don't know what the hell you wanted from That me was here. the biggest thing. We said it when it happened that they pretty much took away a pretty good scene of when John was born into being Batman outside protecting. Well, say, didn't Flashpoint Batman actually d- deliver the baby? Yeah. Yeah, no, actually he didn't because he said he didn't want to. Remember oh, that was right. one of the biggest things as well. And he's like, no, yeah, you had Thomas oh, was Wayne. It, was it was it Thomas Wayne Flashpoint Batman or was it Earth Two Batman? No, it was Thomas Wayne. I, I yeah, believe I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Thomas Wayne Flashpoint. Earth Two or yeah. Thomas Wayne Flashpoint. Flashpoint. I can't because, remember. No, it. they were going against Flashpoint because if you remember in that story, you had the uh, the Subject Zero or whatever Superman go and grab Lois and take her away because I do he remember thought that, all yes. that stuff. So, but yeah, at the end. The birth was really big and meant something and really was a good way of doing it. And then it was just changed to happen in the in the new 50s. Of solitude, yeah. Yeah, and then do that and change it all around. But they, I guess they had to do that. That game really fell on a flat. <laughs> but we did like that. I, I love that Lois and Clark. And up until the last two issues of the Lois and Clark from the DCYOU New 52, we really, really enjoyed it. And it made us have such fun. When we saw Bruno Mannheim telling the guys to go swim in their suits, Eric, that was one, if not the funnest time I had talking to you about anything on this podcast since we started. We still, at this point at work, just start doing that at work about how those mobsters have to jump in the pool with but their hey, suits. Hey, my boss, we're wearing our suits. Hey, yeah, you, the swimsuits you, now, you goons. You civilized guys, we wear the suits in the pool. Hey. Yeah, the, the police come. Bruno Mannheim has thrown guys into a pool and shocked them and basically was saying that he was going to tell fine. the police that it was a swimming accident. These guys were in three-piece suits. Oh, my goodness. But that's it for this week, guys. See you in seven. Jim, can you sign me off with the uh, wrong turn Green Lantern oath? And that is a Hakeem, you're asking for that, and I will never, ever say no to that. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No warthrits, evil mites. Beware of my power, green's light. All right, there's for you, Akeem, and we're going to go off to uh, the next section, which is the Josh Jeremy section, though I don't know exactly what it's going to be, Eric. I, this this is the theme of the night. I guess I could have just transitioned right from there into it without talking, but I don't know. I talk too much. Nah, but, uh, I didn't know what you were going to do. It's going to be something coming up. I just, as that was going on, I wanted to make sure we didn't get any other emails at the last second that I'd come back. So we're going to go off to the next section, and then we'll be back with Rant and Raves and finish up the podcast with Batman.
Hello and welcome back for another week of Vermilion's Visions. I'm Josh Vermilion, and you guys know how I like to do things. want to interrupt this all-DC Comics podcast to bring you guys a review of a trade from a company outside of DC. Try to stay away from Marvel generally, too. Uh, go with some smaller companies. Um, and this week, I'm going to continue the train from last week. Um, it's going to stick with Image. It's going to be Glitter Bomb Volume 1 Red Carpet. So the first four issues. But when I say I'm sticking with the theme from last week, I mean it's the same writer. Writer Jim Zub. After, after how much I loved Wayward last week, I thought I'd give another one of his books a try. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be Glitter Bomb, uh, like I said. Art by Jabril Morissette Fan. Uh, so that's kind of a kind of a hell of a name right there. But let's just jump right into it here. Our story follows an actress named Farah. She's probably about looks to be in her 30s ish. She has a son, and she used to be one of the stars of an old of an, of an old sci-fi show when she first started acting. It was kind of like her first. It was her big break. Uh, so the first issue opens up with her sitting in her agent's office. Uh, about to get let go by him. Now, I thought it was the other way around, and actors hired and fired agents, but apparently agents can fire actors too. I I don't really know how Hollywood works. Uh, so he is firing her and asks her for kind of, you know, what what's the angle that I can use to promote you? I don't have one. Um, so her tongue shoots out of her mouth from across the room, and the spike on the end of her tongue gouges the agent's eye out and then proceeds to kill him. Uh, so after the tongue comes back and she realized what happened, her eyes change from the, the pure black that they had been during the attack back to their normal color. And she's like, oh god, it happened again. Um, so now we're going to turn the page and we move back in time six hours. Farah is at the audition for a part in a new movie coming out, and she kind of looks like a wreck. Um, the art does a really, really good job of showing how worn out and beaten down she is lately. So a young, up-and-coming actress, Brooke, just got done reading for the same part as Farah. So Brooke comes up and sits beside Farah and tries to be nice to her, just general chit-chat, um, saying all of this generic, go get him, you can do it, bullshit, and Farah calls her on it saying, you know, life isn't a fucking fortune cookie, which kind of their their interaction did make me laugh a little bit because then Brooke acts all excited that she recognizes Farah from the sci-fi show. Uh, it was called Space Fairers, only to turn it directly around into a dig about Farah being old. Um, so there is a pretty good interaction there. It's And it shows that Farah has just about given up, uh, but it doesn't resort to... You know, the classic inner monologue filling up the entire page. Don't get me wrong, I don't mind a good, you know, journal written talking about the past or telling this story to someone in the future or even a straight-up monologue in someone's head. But it's nice to see this this kind of change of pace where the character traits get to come out more organically. Uh, so getting back to the story, Farah doesn't get the part, but Brooke does. And it, that's basically all that comes out of the audition. But Farah is very upset on the way home. So, you know, she stops by the beach for just a quick walk. 
As she's kind of just sitting there staring out to sea, a homeless man comes wandering up and asks her if she has any money to give him. She gives him a quick, no thanks, fuck off, please, and he's on his merry way. But then she stands up and starts walking out into the water, just kind of getting her feet wet. As she's standing there in the waves, you know, she's crying a little bit, she's very upset, and then her vision turns all dark and green, and she hears a voice saying, welcome back, and she is pulled underneath the water. As she sinks kind of down deeper and deeper, the voice is saying, lost, angry, vulnerable, and asks her to give it something to destroy. She blacks out and wakes up on the beach with the same homeless man kneeling right beside her. He starts rummaging through her purse to see if she has anything good, and he finds her car keys. He says that since he saved her life, he gets the car. He starts to walk away, when and then she gets pissed. And this time, four of those tongue-like stinger things come out of her, her split-open face and completely just eviscerate this guy. Obviously, she's a little bit freaked out about this, Um, But she goes right home to her son, covered in blood. You know, classic mom. Mom of the year. Uh, Caden, the babysitter, is pissed off that Farrah was gone so long and didn't return her text and is now home covered in blood. Farrah plays it off as having this massive nosebleed during the audition and apologizes for leaving Caden with Marty, her son, for so long. So Caden is complaining about not getting paid and asking where the hell all... All fair as Hollywood money is when Marty starts to fall off of his chair. Farrah's newfound powers kick in and she makes it across, all the way across the room in time to catch him uh, before he hits the ground. Just as Farrah is ready to wash off and kick back after this, this insane day that she's had, she gets a phone call from her agent's office wanting, her, wanting to see her. Uh, Farrah pawns Marty off on Caden again but promises to pay her $100 for it and introduce her to her agent so that Caden can try to become an actress too. The issue ends with Farah walking into her agent's office and, you know, we all know how that went over. So this trade, or the, the next three issues of the trade, is pretty much just about Farah trying to control this newfound power slash curse slash possession that she has and also kind of turn her life around, I guess. Uh, the first issue, and really all four issues, are, are pretty fast reading. I mean, you guys see how quickly I went through that. It's a lot of a lot of big panels, not a ton of dialogue, which is something that at some points I like that um, Jim Zub kind of lets the art tell some of the story. Um, and the art it is good. It's, it's not bad at all. It's good. It's consistent throughout. I didn't notice any times in particular that it looked off or anything so yeah it was good throughout the entire four issues the story just didn't grab me jim zub is 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 a great writer don't get me wrong uh there's nothing wrong with the progressions or the or the dialogue or the interactions or anything like that in this book i just thought the story dragged a little bit and i didn't get as much as i would have liked like i said the I, 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 I appreciate that he can, you know, kind of reveal these characters' traits and let you learn about these characters through through their dialogue, and it, and it feels natural instead of resorting to, you know, the, just the classic inner monologue, like I said. But 
just the story, whereas Wayward, um, that I reviewed last week, really grabbed me right from the start and had me interested to read the entire trade and want to continue. This is one that, um, the, the, the concept is interesting enough. It is kind of a cool concept, but I'm just not sure that there was enough here to make me want to continue. I, I'm not sure where it's going from here. And I didn't get a lot of, you don't get a lot of answers in this trade. You're kind of just left confused as to, you know, what the hell is going on with Farah and, and this thing that's inside of her that, keeps coming out and killing people. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it just didn't grab me, and I'm not sure if I would want to continue. But if it, if it sounds cool to you, and you're in it for the long haul, well, I, I say long haul, I don't actually know um, how long this is going to continue. I know that the second trade did just come out at the end of February, um, so I'm not sure if it's going to continue on past that, or if that kind of wrapped it up. But if you're in it for at least two trades to really get any answers whatsoever, then definitely check it out if this is something that sounds cool to you. It just it wasn't enough in these four issues to grab my attention and make me want to keep reading. It didn't it had a good cliffhanger, but like I've said time and time again on this segment, I enjoy when a trade, especially a trade like this, you know, setting up setting up this new world these new characters i like it when the trade tells a complete story while also you know leaving room to move forward from here and i just felt like this wasn't a complete story and there wasn't enough to grab me so when it comes down to it the the writing was fine the art was fine just the story didn't grab me so because of that i'm probably gonna have to go with like a like a six out of ten i was thinking six five originally but after after a second read through i just I was bored a little bit on the second time I read through it. The first time I was I was okay, but the second time bored me a little bit. So I'd probably have to bump it down to about a 6 out of 10. But that pretty much wraps things up here. So I want to remind everybody to head over to the Patreon and check out the Weird Science Patreon page. Uh, go support them if you can. You get a bunch of free, awesome shows. Uh, they are all really great including the Cellar Dweller, the Boys Toys, you know, you get your Patreon Spotlight every week, the news, Jim's other comic reviews, all kinds of stuff, pop culture, so go check out the Patreon, support them if you can, support the hardest working team in podcasting, Jim and Eric and Reggie as well put a fuck ton of time into this show, so go support them if you can. But like I said, that brings us to the end here, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening uh, if you want to find me, I you can reach me on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. Um, definitely keep the recommendations coming uh, so I can keep this segment going and keep coming up with more good trades to read. All right, that's it for me, so I'm going to send on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot. Hello and welcome to another look at the Wildstorm universe. I'm your host, uh, Jeremy Dore, and I'm here to talk to you about the long-awaited, and I think we probably can say that, uh, the long-awaited issue 12 of 
uh, the parent title, The Wild Storm. And uh, just how wild and stormy is it? Well, we'll just have to uh, have to wait and uh, and find out. It is, of course, written uh, by Warren Ellis with uh, art by uh, the really rather incredible John Davis Hunt. Uh, colours are by Steve Bucciolato. Again, not for the first time, I'll be talking a little bit about colours uh, today because uh, they're, they're quite important in this issue. Uh, letters are by Simon Boland and it's published by DC Comics and the price is, of course... $3.99. Well, it's here. We've had a lot of build-up to this, the issue that marks the halfway point in this series. Nice build-up, gorgeous build-up, amusing build-up, even absorbing build-up, but build-up all the same. Now it's time for the members of Jacob Marlowe's Wildcat, Grifter, Void, John Colt and Kanisha, to put their plan into action, while at the same time Jackie King's team of IO Tech Geeks set theirs in motion too. Will there be sparks? and blood, for that matter, flying? Will it all go off without a hitch? More importantly, will the patience of this series' generally enthusiastic readers be rewarded? Let's find out, eh? Yes, let's find out. We start off with, well, a very nice cover by John Davis Hunt, and I I mentioned on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago, it looks to me like uh, the covers for issue 11 and issue 12 actually got switched around um last issue if you remember uh angie perfected pretty much her engineer suit and uh it was it was quite dramatic and bold and this is essentially a uh a cover uh, sort of depicting that really um and obviously she's she's not in this issue. <laughs> she's not really in this issue uh she's in it she's in it very very briefly but that's it whereas last issue uh the cover was of the wild cat going into into action so it looked to me like like they've got those two the wrong way around but never mind a eh? never mind it doesn't really matter does it uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, anyway, we open with Jackie King deep in the bowels of the I.O. Uh, headquarters, looking at uh, a load of box files uh, and coming across something called Thunderbook Top Secret Majestic. Yeah, okay. It has some kind of uh, device attached to it, which she says is some kind of... Um, sort of pyrotechnic device that, that that's meant to kind of destroy it and it doesn't go off it, it kind of breaks and releases some kind of blue electrical energy uh, but it doesn't go off and and so she just kind of puts it down to some sort of some sort of failed sort of little device uh, basically we we find out later on much later on in the issue uh, that there's more to it than that, but anyway, she, she's she's got these files that that John Lynch had. John Lynch was head of I/O before Miles Craven. He lost an eye in the Breslau incident that was uh, that we were told about last issue, um, and apparently he, as bad as Miles Craven uh, is, uh, John Lynch was worse. Apparently. <laughs> working for io and doing all kinds of sort of crazy weird stuff with them so uh she kind of looks she kind of looks at the at the file she's got the file now and that's that's pretty much it really Uh, and it's one of those interesting things whereby even though we know that this is sort of like uh, this issue is the uh, is the climax of a big story um or a big part of the story shall we say uh ellis is already kind of 
pointing ahead to what we're going to look be looking at next and it would seem that we're we're going to be looking at sort of John Lynch and what John Lynch is doing in this in this Wildstorm universe anyway we then get one of the more disappointing one of the more disappointing pages really of the, of the Wildstorm that we've had for a long while uh, which is basically a recap of of what the uh, the Wildcats plan is going into the uh, into the high tower facility. To be absolutely honest with you, I, I I don't mind this scene, but I I think there's a part of me that would sort of prefer a more sort of cold open and and kind of getting straight into the attack, uh, which we we don't get sadly, but not to worry. Eh? Um, anyway, they they decide to teleport out, and then they head into. Uh, the high tower facility. Now, if you remember, uh, the high tower facility has something known as event shielding, which present prevents um, prevents Void uh, Adriana uh, from teleporting straight in. Uh, so what they've got to do is they've got to close, they've got to evacuate the high tower facility and and kind of go in there manually and turn off this event shielding to allow to allow Void to teleport them out once they've planted the explosives and blown the facility up you with me <laughs> so so we, we kind of see the opening of that which which is um angie has kind of developed this uh, this sort of little bug uh, that flies around and uh remotely takes control of the io systems and it looks it makes the i it kind of fools the io systems uh, computer systems that is into thinking that there's sort of been some kind of uh, biological kind of bacterial outbreak basically it, it forces everybody to evacuate so the, the the plan is that um the wild cat goes in without any resistance basically uh that because there's this thing about sort of void in particular doesn't doesn't really want to kill a load of innocent people so you know that 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 part of the plan seems to be working then we go back to io headquarters where um there's on on the board uh, sorry on on this uh, big display screen behind Jackie uh, there is a um there's like a, a hexagonal sort of board it looks a little bit like <laughs> it looks a little bit like the old the old blockbusters board game there used to be a uh, a TV show the blockbusters yeah it, it looks a little bit like that with sort of sort of hexagonal kind of um well, they're not squares, are they? They're hexagons. Hexagons for I'm not doing very well. <laughs> doing very well. It's a board of hexagons. That's what it is. Okay. Um, and Jackie's kind of tells everybody to to leave their phones off, uh, switch their phones off. Um, and she says we're about to do a thing to Skywatch that should not be done, and I don't want any distractions. And of course, Mitch has his phone on for reasons that uh, will become very clear very shortly. This is a major problem for Mitch that he's still got his phone on that point. We see him turn it off. Um, and, you know, we like we like Mitch, don't we? We like Mitch. Do you know why we like Mitch? I'll tell you why we like Mitch. We like Mitch because he's just like us. He's not he's he's reasonably good at his job, um, but he's. He's not 100% happy with the corporate culture of IO. I mean, it's quite interesting. You know, Davis Hunt draws him uh, with sort of like a, almost like a, a sort of slightly glum kind of passive aggressive kind of folded arm 
hunched forward kind of um, posture when Miles Craven comes through the door. And of course, the conversation sort of carries on uh, around him. But you, you get that sense that he's just not happy. He's not, he's not happy working for IO. And uh, but he is working for IO nonetheless, and and they start their uh, their bot swarm attack on Skywatch. Uh, and the whole point here, of course, is that it's meant to look like North Korean bots, um, and uh, they are picking up the data remotely in the in these North Korean bots' wake, as it were. Um, there's some nice stuff actually about how so Miles Craven kind of says, oh, and there could at least be a dramatic sound or some kind of fanfare, you know, as they start to kind of uh, get hold of this information from Skywatch. Because what they are doing is in breach of this treaty, uh, quite substantially kind of in, in breach of this, this treaty. Um, so yeah, it, it's, this is, this is actually relatively da- risky, shall we say, relatively risky thing that they're doing. Uh, so there's a nice bit of dialogue here. And Ellis does dialogue really, really well. I, I think we probably should know this by now. Um, Jackie King says, when that whole screen goes green, we've got everything we're looking for. Isn't that right, Mitch? And he goes, yo ho. Because that's that's the that's the thing that you're meant to say, uh, and she says, "Mitch is my chief pirate on the good ship analysis," and Craven says, "What does that make you, queen of all the pirates?" Right? Okay. There's something kind of it's comedic and fun, but the but the ending of this issue makes it very bittersweet. This moment, uh, we'll get to the end. <laughs> we'll get to the ending soon enough. So you, but right, basically you've got these two things going on. You've got. Uh, IO remotely hacking Skywatch's uh, data uh, data uh, storage systems, um, while at the same time Jacob Marlowe's Wildcat is trying to take down the IO High Tower facility. So you've got you've got IO uh, hacking Skywatch or Skywatch at the same time as they are being infiltrated, which is kind of a uh, a nice kind of setup really so basically the wildcat kind of emerges from the storage cupboard in which they've teleported to and um they dis- they they go up they they need to go up a couple of levels before they can they can start blowing things up basically so there's a nice little bit of, of banter between the between the three of them here which is i i think it's a little bit overplayed but it's 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 not too bad uh, Kanisha says, I never screw up, and I always know what I'm doing. This is the floor we need. See, Cole? We're professionals. And the door opens, and they are confronted with seven hazmat-suited IO operatives, heavily armed, who are presumably security detail to check out what's going on. And, and Grifter just kind of goes, professional and then it's blanked out, effing clown show. And then they, the, the three of them kind of move into, into action. And it is pretty damn good. And I think one of the great things about this is that, and I mentioned this in the review, <clears throat> is that uh, each of the three uh, Wildcat operatives here uh, have their own kind of style. Uh, we, and we've already seen it with, with some of them. We, we, we know how Grifter works. Grifter's this kind of... Uh, John Woo style kind of two gun slick sort of acrobatic uh, killer it's all sort of headshots and you know two gun action and what have you and it's pretty cool Kanisha on the other hand just relies on this this obscenely large 
kind of kind of handgun uh with her kind of homemade uh her homemade ammunition uh and colt is is a is an artist he's a he's a killer but he's he his moves are almost kind of like ballet like he's he's got this kind of amazing sort of um almost sort of dance like movements when it comes to to what he does and there's a lot of uh kind of smashing of face plates and uh and and what have you going on with uh, with him so the the action is just i and i've i've gone on about john davis hunt before uh the man is insanely good um and and here like i said you you've got you've got an awful lot of action going on here in this uh in this sequence and it's just also cleanly rendered and and incredibly kind of dramatically uh, rendered so you know you've you've got grifter for example uh hitting you've you've got him kind of landing with um with his knees on somebody's shoulder and and their head between his knees and and he him kind of shooting them in the head while at the same time shooting a colleague nearby and it's it's really rather clever and and i'll tell you something else that is really good is um there is there is the color scheme here uh there's the the implication is i think that there's kind of like strobing lighting uh going on with uh with this with this action sequence so there are bits that that are rendered there are moments that are rendered in kind of like this this almost sort of completely whited out it's not quite but it's it's kind of uh very bright light and then there are there are uh, moments rendered in in sort of uh, a blue kind of red tinged blue light and it just helps you if you pay attention to that it helps you understand what's happening in terms of who's doing what at the same time as something else it gets that kind of sense of synchronicity that that things are happening at the same time um which is which is pretty cool actually yeah i mean this goes on for about it's about four or five pages and it is just incredibly good and then you get you get into this kind of event shielding there's a there's a, there's a really nice bit actually where, where they uh, grifter kills the the final um io guy and adriana just pops her head around around the corner and says can we get on with this please <laughs> it's really cool so yeah they they, they go into this uh weird room with loads of jars of brains brains in jars and this apparently that this brain power is being presumably it was not entirely properly explained but presumably it's being linked up together to create this sort of event shielding that, that they've been talking about so uh yeah it's 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 pretty weird stuff they take it down uh, they kind of put this event shielding out of commission so that um, Void can teleport out when they're ready, and they start to delete all the information that's associated with with the the, the High Tower project. Um, th- this is essentially information to do with something called cybernetic telepathy, um, which or machine telepathy. I can't remember which one, but it, it's. Uh, Obviously, it's it's stuff that that Marlow has decided Io really 
don't need to have and and they've decided to to take it out which is what they're they're doing there's some nice banter about uh about grifter being the worst human that kanisha's ever met and apparently she's met hitler so there you go um we're up on skywatch now and this is where things this is where things get serious okay uh bendix is watching uh he's watching his information being being hacked and stolen by these bots and uh lauren pennington says the botnet swarm seems to have originated in north korea and from related actors it's not aimed at us we're just caught in the wash and so we're okay so far it looks like io are going to get away with it except io has uh, skywatch has a ground division and uh, lucy blaze which is zealot to you and me uh, we have Lucy Blaze calling in from ground division using the direct beam. And Bendix uh, initially says he doesn't want to hear her. They've got they've got something going on. And um, Lauren says, well, she's given the code Storm Door. And um, Bendix says, Blaze, what do you want? We're swamped by a bot attack up here. And then it comes through. Director, the last voice capture taken from the suborned phone belonging to an IO analysis staffer is of Jackie King saying, we are about to do a thing to Skywatch that should not be done. And so ben, so the, the cat's out of the bag. And, uh, well, Bendix says, says, this is what Bendix says. This is them. IO. IO stole from me and I tried to calm down and be reasonable. And now they attack me in my home. I want a body blaze. Make it simple and direct. See to it. And and Davison does this wonderful, and it is quite disturbing, actually. There's this wonderful sort of panel uh, concentrating on uh, on Henry Mendix's uh, mouth as he, as he slams his teeth together and uh, bits of spittle fly out of it. He's serious. That's what that means. It means he's serious. Should we be frightened at this point? I think, yeah, we probably should. Something bad is going to happen. Gosh, I hope it doesn't happen to somebody I like. That would be terrible, wouldn't it? Right. Then, uh, what's-her-face comes in. Uh, I can never remember this character's name. She's a director under Miles Craven. And uh, she's uh, she comes in to tell them about the high tower. Uh, what's going on at the high tower facility and it's then that they realize that as they are and, and it's quite clever because because you've you've got the the, the screen is turning green uh, in the background so so that's all going really well you know they're getting they're getting the stuff that they want out of out of skywatch while that is happening uh the high tower data is being erased from their database and um, obviously, it's the Wildcat that's doing it. They think it's Skywatch. So they think that at, at the same time that they've gone for Skywatch, Skywatch has gone for them. So basically, they, they, they lose everything. They lose the Hightower stuff, but, they, but they've got the Skywatch stuff. So, okay, it, it's kind of... It's, the day has, has not been so great for IO. Okay. King says that that the fact that they've been hit on the same day is coincidence, uh, which actually it is. <laughs> it is coincidence, actually. It's just one of those things. But they're wrong to think it's Skywatch. And um, the problem here is, and Ellis makes it fairly clear, that um, it looks like 
it looks like Skywatch and IO are being pushed closer and closer to war by this. I, we understand why why Marlow has ordered it ordered the attack on on the Hightower facility. Presumably, this this information is so is so potentially uh, explosive or so so potentially powerful. You can kind of understand where uh where where they're coming from but the bottom line is um it does look like like the the two major players are being pushed closer and closer to war here um i just noticed a a coloring mistake actually having having gone on about steve bucciolato who is uh who is good he's a really good colorist but there is a a coloring mistake here on this page where uh miles clavian has his arm folded arms folded and uh, the hand that we see coming out from between his other arm and his chest is the same colour as Jackie King's skin, who is right next to him. Unless she is has linked arms with him, which I find very, very unlikely, that is a colouring error, not to worry. Right, uh, and then we get... To. Just as you, you think, okay, the act, the the, the issue is kind of calming down. Everything's kind of, you know, it's all right. We've we've uh, we've got the action bit out of the way. It's all good. Um, Mitch, Mitch gets picked up by his uh, his overshare ride. Uh, can I just say, by the way, that's a really funny and quite clever name for an Uber analog. Overshare. I, I really, really like that because <laughs> oversharing is tending is is what you tend to do in a car when you when you're driving them somewhere. You tend to perhaps go on a little bit more than you should. But anyway, so uh, he gets in in the in this car, and unfortunately for him, it is Lucy Blaze herself who is driving. And she just takes him into an alley and blows his brains out. And that is it. Poor Mitch. Mitch is gone. Oh, my gosh. It's so sad. I liked Mitch. He was all right. But at the same time, you kind of knew something like this was likely to happen. I'm not going to say, oh, I predicted that. No, I didn't. I didn't predict it. And it did shock me, actually. It shocked me quite a lot. But at the same time, you kind of knew Ellis was making him very likable. He was he was making him almost kind of like an everyman character in, in this, in this uh, organization. And uh, he is the kind of character that you kill off in order to get some kind of emotional punch at the end of an issue or whatever. And that is exactly what has happened here. And uh, I will miss the chap. Poor guy. And it's not his fault that he's working uh, for a an exceptionally shady organization. Uh, and it's not the end of the issue, because the end of the issue is uh, some place out in the wilds. There is a dead, I don't know, what is it? Wolf looks like. Uh, on a desk uh, or tabletop uh, in this uh, in this house, and uh, John Lynch himself walks in, and he's got a gun. Uh, he's obviously been out hunting, 
Um, I, I'm going to say this one more time because I've said it before. I can't remember when I said it, but it's it's probably about six issues ago. Uh, John Hunt Davis does this thing with leaves uh, to to get across uh, wind, and it works really, really well, and it works here. So, so when when Lynch kind of comes in through the door, the um, his hair is blowing, which is which is fair enough. But the but there's the extra little touches, these sort of little brown leaves that are sort of floating around him, and it does really you know get across very very cleverly this this notion that it's very it's very windy outside, and, and I know that's such a little little thing, but it's these little things that do that do really make this. Uh, series so very good anyway uh, he comes in and unfortunately the index file has been discovered which we know because we saw it being discovered uh, and he's got a uh, a computer that tells him this and uh, he kind of looks at it and he just kind of goes right road trip and whatever's going to happen is i don't know i don't know what's going to happen next who knows what that means and where he's going to go and why and what he's going to do who knows but he's going to do something so there you go so um this issue then um it delivers on the action definitely there's no doubt about that uh the band is pretty good uh like i said in the review uh the band is a little bit overplayed at times but um i'm not going to complain too much uh mitch's death is just uh in- incredibly kind of well done and it has a, a a real kind of emotional impact and then you've got the whole john lynch stuff which points towards the future of this title, that this is uh, maybe, you know, an area that we're going to get more into. I don't know. I, I gave it 9 out of 10. I, I think that's a reasonable score for this. Uh, not perfect enough to be to be considered for a, for a 10 or even a 9.5, I don't think. It, it, it's it just that little bit of recap at the start was unnecessary, and the... Um, I mean, I don't mind it. I must be honest. I don't mind the recap, but I, but I think I, I would have liked to have to to me, uh, you know. Again, it, it's like, well, well, okay. What what kind of what kind of comic do you want here? Um, I would like I would like that to have been a little bit more action packed, maybe um, that that kind of build up. But you know, it is what it is. Um, what it is 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 extraordinarily good and when you do get to the action it's choreographed and and uh planned out and executed absolutely brilliantly and of course you've you've also got the 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 pointing ahead to the you know to the rest of the series so we're at the halfway point here uh for the wild storm um i'm still enjoying it a heck of a lot i think it's it's one of the best comics if not the best comic i'm reading regularly at the moment i'm i'm really struggling actually to think of anything that comes close um it's it's phenomenal it really is phenomenal stuff and davis hunt's art is just magnificent it's it's so so good uh, so i can heartily recommend it um nine out of ten um I, I must apologize by the way um uh the shadow and batman issue six has come out this week it completely slipped me by <laughs> and i've just been up to my eyes in all sorts uh of just family stuff and work stuff and i just haven't had the chance to look at it yet 
never mind write a review of it. So I do apologize for that. I'm going to try and get that and Snagglepuss uh, issue three, which I know, I know you're all waiting for with bated breath. Oh, yes, I know you are. Uh, I'm going to try and get those up uh, on the website over the next few days. Uh, and I might get some late audio done for next week if I can. Anywho, uh, that's me done for uh, for this week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I'm going to hand you back to the wonderful gentleman in the studio. You take care. Have a fantastic week. Goodbye. <laughs> It's time for the Rant and Raves, and I hope that this week's Rant and Raves will be up to snuff, according to Craig. Uh, Craig, a little bit upset about the Rant and Raves last week, and I want to tell you that we do have a Rant and Rave line, Eric. It is at 641-715-3900, enter extension 452328, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, folks. And we're going to start out with Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello, Mother. First of all, I want to give a shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop-whoop! And the king of the Get Fresh crew, Richard Richardson. All hail! So I bought two comic books this week. Batman number 42 sucked. Deja Thoris number two I quite enjoyed. See you in seven. There you go, Eric. <laughs> tight. He is done! Tight, tight, tight. Yeah, I hope that he's not upset about last week by the time we got the dancing mic at the end uh, i had pretty much lost my mind in last <laughs> week's right and raves section and i'm telling you i, I was well at, at that one point i was trying to make it so that i fell out of my seat things like that so i hope that he's not upset i hope he comes back strong because really if it got to the point I, i'm announcing this right now and uh, the rant and rave section i know we have a an ongoing battle i would say with it eric about what it is and what's going on uh the minute the dancing mike bails on it it's over it's 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 completely done because dancing mike at one point was the rant and rave section uh he was the only one who was calling in he was the only he's actually i believe the one who transitioned to the hell with this nonsense number i right. I, I want a better quality deal he started that trend so it, it begins and ends with mike so it's all on his shoulders also i want to say that that would be somebody then we can blame 
when we do get rid of it, because I do not like to get blame thrown my well, who way. Who does? You, maybe. No. Possibly. But we're going to move on to the next call, Eric. And this is your man, Tony. This is the show. Is that the one I was supposed to be on? Photographed it. Trying to hold Jim. Yeah. Nah, friend. Yeah. I told you about yeah. my friend Jim. I want to tell you about a song. A little song of poetry. Poetry? Huh? You know something? You sing and dance with a big dude with that badoo. But it's called comic books. Tell you about somebody I know. He's the king. Not Elvis, no, but it's the king. The king of comics, Tom King. Tom King. Yeah, he's right. It's Mr. Miracle. Mr. Miracle, Mr. Miracle, break the circle, break the circle, make me hear as Miracle. Yeah, the songs. What, 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 what's this book about? Hmm? Hmm? You don't know. Nobody knows. Big deal. Big, big, big ideas. Lots of big ideas. Lots of squiggly lines. Tell you what, it's genius. Man, nobody seems genius like this until you see it. When you see the genius, you got a surprise. You don't see it. That's why your podcast is going down the tubes. I tell you that much right now. It's mm-hmm. going down the tubes, That's right. King has what to do. Mr. Rod's got the art to make you fart. King's got the things to make you bing. That's right. Mr. Miracle's going to go down history. One of the best comic books in town. The thing is, Tony might be right. <laughs> and that is unfortunate. He's but he making might be some right. very good points right yeah, now. Yes, he is. Do you think anybody but you and me and possibly like Dancing Mike and a few that know who Tony Clifton is? I is think that a handful of people, and that's about it. A handful. It. And the thing about it is, is, and I won't even go into it. We're not going to go into the history of Tony Clifton, but even when it was actually going on, you would have a handful of people who knew what yep. was really going on. And I'm telling you. Uh, the Tony Clifton call-in is a very meta thing because it is bringing that back, but also, I think, is getting the same effect as the original one as well. We don't like it. Yeah, big whoop to do Yeah, who are you anyway? If it ain't a 10 out of 10, what is it? Nothing. Hmm. Might as well not even talk. I'll tell you one thing right now. Tom King, he does the one thing that every genius does, not skip ahead in time. Time travel forward. Don't even talk about what happened in between. Who cares about your brother dying? Nobody cares about your family members dying. You move ahead and you have your baby. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And dark side is. Dark side is. And, and uh, Tony, is he has a very brilliant point as well that it, you if you look at the book as time-traveling uh, storytelling, then then you're not leaving anything open or whatever. No. You're just traveling in time. Dark side. Aren't we all traveling? Hi. That's right. Okay, I'm out of here. Schmear and schmerk. Schmear and schmerk. If you know what's good for you, you take every call that Richard Richardson took from me. He's the smartest guy on this show. Nah, big whoop de do. You and Reagan, old Richard Richardson and Reagan. Nah, you'd be better off letting them run the show. Might as well quit. Nah, good. I'm buying. Richard Richardson here. <laughs> yes, that's Tony. Thank you, Tony. Thank We're going to move on. Very uh, rapid fire. Uh, this week, now we get a little bit of something I know you love, Eric. Uh, they, it's not uh, she stole the night, but it's still emo bat poetry. Hello, oh. this is emo Batman. Up, With emo some Batman? more dark poetry. Now, if you notice, uh, emo Batman has a uh, kind of thing on his calls, very similar to some other calls that very windy. 
I, I would say that emo Batman comes from possibly Chicago times ten, but. With super the emo, Chicago? With the e, yeah, Super Chicago 10. Uh, when I he- heard this, usually I'll try to get that out. Kind of sounds a little like thunder. And I thought it went very well with the emo bat poetry. So that's why you hear a lot of that in this. But just listen to it and think of it as thunder now. I think it expands your horizons, Eric. Hey, cat. Don't make it bad. Take a sad bat. And make it better. Better. Remember. Uh, Emo Batman has kind of an... I I don't know that he uh, comes up with these tunes himself, Eric. Sure. They seem very reminiscent of something that I've heard in the past. To let the cat into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hey... Selena, don't be afraid. Don't. You were made to go out and get get Bat. Yes. The minute you let Bat under your skin, then you begin to make it better. Yes. This is Emo Batman. Have a great dark night. <laughs> See, I, I don't go. think he like he might not come up with it on, on his own, but he has a lot of inspirations from so, many things. So what you're telling me, he takes it and makes it his own. Is that what sure. you're telling me? That's what I try to tell myself all those uh, karaoke sessions that I have all week on my computer. That I sit and you mean sit. your gigs? Yeah, yeah, my personal gigs, my gig of one or maybe two with Ruben. But uh, yeah. yeah, I make the song my own, Eric, by trying to sound as close to the original as I possibly can. That, that's what I do. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's how I play the game. The next bunch of Rant Rams, there are going to be uh, three more, Eric. And there is – it's a series. It's almost a trilogy we had a trilogy uh, last Rams. week. Actually, I think we had a quadrilogy last week. I think we did, Eric, but week, so don't get Craig upset. Craig is going to kill you. He does not want to be reminded of that, Eric. Uh, this is a, a trilogy that I think might play off a little bit better, but we'll see. We'll see. Here we go. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. Hey. Hello, Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. What's up? This here's Matty D. It's Matty D. What's up, Matty D? I'm calling to let you know about something that I think we all need to be aware of. Yeah. It's called... Time? Event Fatigue Depression. Fatigue Depression, yes. I unfortunately... Don't, don't you step on his toes here, Eric. This oh, my bad. suffering from event fatigue, depression. It is a serious ailment that affects comic book readers after they've read comic books their entire life. Yes, and so like, like one Eric Shea. And have to deal with massive comic book events such as Dark Knight's Metal, Doomsday Clock. Final Crisis, okay. <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths, Civil War Two, Civil War, Secret War. <laughs> Why did he start with Civil War Two? I heard him say, I'm waiting for somehow he knew of Civil War Three or something. <laughs> this is such a hard thing to talk. 
Why am I laughing in the middle of such a serious rant and raver? I don't know. Stop stepping on toes. I'm not stepping on toes. I pause it so that I can let my thoughts be said and and have some fun, Eric. And really, the best thing about this is to smile. The muscles that it takes to smile. I don't know. Because there's something there. I, I remember hearing something at one oh, point. It, it. it takes more muscles to frown than it does to wipe your butt. I heard one time. It's so mind-numbingly depressing to have to go and read all these different books yes. that lead nowhere and tell stories that are so hard to it's okay, Maddie. read. <laughs> So, <laughs> I recommend seeing a doctor as soon as you can. Yes. And get pills. Pills. Are lots right. and lots, lots of, of pills. pills. They always help out. It, it's Read like other comic books if you want to, but what will really help you is pills. I'm gonna take some Zoloft now. Hopefully, oh. I'll feel better in about an hour or so, and then I'll go on to read my latest copy of. Batgirl? Batgirl. I need more pills. Okay, he needs sure more no. pills. He does need more pills, though. I, I would never suggest Zoloft as being something that's going to make you get excited for anything, Eric. No. I'm just saying, thinking about it, though, I don't have event fatigue syndrome because like, I'm, I barely remember that there's events going on from the delays right now. That is true. So you're saying the delays are actually your pills. Uh, yeah. Zoloft, I would say My, Zoloft I don't to care make, pill. I, I think that when I was on Zoloft, you could have come up to me and punched me in the balls. I would have looked at you, maybe thought that you were a leprechaun, maybe smirked a little, thinking that that might be something that would be funny, but I can't really tell you because I have no feelings, and then I would walk away. That, that Zoloft to me, I'm not a guy who is like has a lot of feelings as it is. Uh, Zoloft pretty much took them all away, and I became a robot, Eric, or yeah, maybe an I, android, I don't remember what a I cyborg. Was on, yeah, but whatever and, antidepressant no. I was on, I took for a couple months. I'm like, you know what? I need my feelings back, so yeah. oh, I'm yeah. done with this shit. Oh, I remember. I was working at my other job, and at points, you know, I don't know if you, you know me a little, Eric, and I get angry sometimes. Oh. And I think at one point I was at the counter, and I had to kind of deal with customers at this job, which is not something I love anyway. I think the guy told me uh, legitimately, that I was a fucking retard. And I looked at them and I heard the words. They didn't, I'm telling you, the Zoloff is where these words would go into my head and they were about to be lodged in the gym's about to lose the shit sector. And the Zoloff kind of redirects you over to the who cares sector. And I just uh, sat there looking at this guy and sweet, I, knew, sweet, who cares? I knew that I thought that I should be mad, but I just wasn't. And I actually just sat there and like, huh, okay. And then I went and sat down at my desk and I said, I got to get off this fucking chick because <laughs> it's not even the fact that, boy, that was good. Like, I, I, I really can control myself. Yeah, this was to the point where it almost seemed like it would build up and it, somehow I go to get my prescription and they don't have it for two days. It, people better watch out because if I can't, all of a sudden all this shit would have fucking come through the dam and I would have killed everybody. So I said, I enough of this nonsense and had to get off of that. And much to my 
wife's chagrin. She liked Zombie Jim, I'll tell you. Because Zombie well, Jim Zombie did Jim not get that care. upset. No, so yeah, and, and Zombie Jim didn't care. But Zombie Jim also pretty much went with the flow of the craziness going on around him of the, huh? That was basically the whole, for about six months, that was probably the thing I said the most. Huh? That was, yeah. it, that was it. Well, Maddie D uh, is uh, Maddie D went off then it seems and took his own advice, Eric, because he comes back a little better, oh, maybe worse. You're gonna have to be the judge of if our old buddy pills helped him out. Wow, hey Jim, Eric, you won't believe this. I took all these pills and now I'm really ready. Pills. This is the best comic book ever. These? Ten out of ten. Oh my god, I can't. Believe- this was not Zoloft. He hit her. Nope. <laughs> this might be the Adderall. And now I know what everyone's talking about. All I had to do possibly PCP or meth as well. Who knows? Yeah. In pill form, of course. Take a little bit of some some quick pills. It's funny. I say like meth, and somebody's out there like yeah, pills, meth. Like I have no idea. It reminds some me of that of the chemical guy. marijuana. Yeah, it reminds me of the guy at work. At one point, me and Eric at work had to catalog all the different chemicals that we had in uh, the lab. And this shit, I'm telling you, at some points, we may have been cataloging shit that, uh, you know, way back they were using in the 1700s. So we're yeah. trying to find things, and we had them on this pallet, and we're just setting. And this one guy, this piece of shit motherfucker, the guy who actually tried to force me to put his pants on every day. I'd have to help him put his pants on. He goes, well, hey, guys, what are you doing? You making the chemical marijuana? And Eric just looked at him like, the fuck is that? Well, no, and then he walked away, and then probably said, "By the way, Jim, meet me at nine thirty to put my pants on." And you would, yeah, yeah, because that's uh, again where I come off as an unfeeling monster. uh, To most, sometimes I feel bad for people and will help them out, including putting their pants on for them because they have awful diabetes and shoes that look like Frankenstein would laugh that are are so big, Uh, but. Yeah, I, I don't have that problem. I'm not an idiot, though. That's the thing. I may be a dummy, but I'm no idiot. Y- you fuck with me enough, and then I give, I- I'm done. And this guy was a dick and was a dick to me too many times, and I was done. And so I ended up shoving the uh, pant duty to another guy who got even more mad, and it made me laugh. Every time I'd see, I'd look in and, and look through the window uh, of the one door to see uh, our buddy Sean putting pants on this guy, and it would be the best thing I ever saw in my life. Oh, work. God, I so wish good. I could see that It was right so now. good. It was so good. <laughs> this guy was so mad. And then I'd wave to him because he'd be looking at me. <laughs> How are you doing there with those pants? I feel so much better now. It is so great. Oh, my goodness. It, life is so much better now that I can read comic books while on pills. Oh my goodness, those are so good. Oh, these are so great. And the Raven comic book, oh, it kept me on the edge of my seat. Who would have thought Marv Wolfman would read such a great thing? Wow, I'm on pills. He even likes Raven by Marv Wolfman, Eric. And I, I will tell you, I, I know that uh, newcomers may think that I am uh, very pro-drugs. I am not, Eric. Uh, but, you know, when you have a prescription, you can just go with the flow. That's what I say. I, I, don't, I don't have prescription pills. I don't trust any of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're one of those guys, huh? Yeah, I'm one of them thing, guys. Next thing you know, you and Jenny McCarthy are fucking, you know, tweeting each other about goddamn. Say nothing about vaccines. <laughs> vaccines and shit. Where are you going with this, Eric? Here is the last bit of Matty D. Yeah, Matty D. If, if I'm gonna look like one, I might as well play the part. And and really, I sit there and I, I walk around looking like a homeless junkie. I might as well experience some of the benefits of it. I only have the bad parts, Eric. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to end this deal with a little bit of a disclaimer from Matty D. Hello, this is Matty D. 
my last couple rant and raves are in no way endorsed by weirdsciencecomics.com. We had a lot of fun. And we're not intended for promotion of drug use. (laughs) We had a lot of fun talking about those pills, but you know what? This is a serious matter. This is a serious matter. Or recreational. And really serious uh, that you have to get more pills. It was merely used as humor. So please, do not sue Jim and Eric. Mm -hmm. Do not sue Maddie B. Reminds me, Eric, you ever hear of the phrase, you can't get blood from a stone? (laughs) That's Uh about, if you're going to sue us, you better get used to that phrase. Good luck trying to find me. You don't know where I live. I don't know where he lives, but I'm sure at this point, as in all of his rent and raves, Eric, he's on a bus somewhere <laughs> going through town. Okay. If you have any complaints, please email Weird Science. That or a train, uh, possibly. And I was going to say when he was depressed, I hope he wasn't at the train station. I hope he was Thomas. on a bus. Com. Care of Eric. <laughs> complaints department. Care of Aww. Eric's. Complaints department, Eric. And I said, you imagine is... the first rant and rave. He was about to jump out in front of a bus. Second rant and rave. He got his pills. He went and bought a ticket. Got on the bus. Yeah, he got on the bus, and now he's going to his final location and realizes that he better, you know, come to grips with reality before he gets off the bus. I am wrong, turn, and I prove this message. He proves the message, so we can't be uh, now. We can't be sued. It's all on wrong turn. Yeah. Uh, but that is the end of the rant and rave. So again, I hope Craig liked that a little more tighter rant and rave. I think that that. Hour-long fiasco last week uh, made people sit there and, and rethink their life, Eric, and, and rethink what's going on. Again, uh, I'm putting it on you, Dancing Mike, so uh, we uh, I hope we didn't upset you. So we're going to move on now, Eric, to upset both of us because we'll be going off now to finish the podcast with Batman. All right, Eric, we're back. We're back to Batman? end up this podcast with Batman. And we mentioned it a couple times uh, during the podcast that we kind of threw Batman at the end as a last-ditch effort to see if we're going to continue with it, though we will. We know yeah. that we will, uh, but we don't have to have it as This is our book. really pitiful protest is what we that have is. right here. I mean, this is usually that type of protest that we would have. It's always going to be very pitiful anyway. <laughs> so, uh, so that is what we're going to do with that. Uh, but – we're probably going to get right into this, right? We we have been doing this, uh, talking about this issue all week, though uh, some of the reviews and some of the things that I saw about it, and, and again, this is one of those things that I've said before, and I'll say it again. I always went with it. You don't talk about politics and religion to people. Yeah. I'm now putting Tom King's Batman in there because everybody has their own opinion, and it seems like almost like a political deal. It's Democrat-Republican when it comes down, and, and really I'm saying that with no side being one in particular obviously it's just the fact that it is a real tough thing to talk to people about because they just seem to get angry right away i get angry they get angry things like that so it's an odd sort of deal like that but and like politics i sit back and ignore it all yes you sit back and it's your book but yet you sit back, you light up and smoke like a badass mm. as I sit there. And I told you before that 
I had gotten into a mode, and I admit it, uh, and I've admitted to you before, but I'll admit it to everybody, that because of how this is going on with the Batman book, uh, I have tended to go along the lines of trying to inform uh, as well as perform, Eric, and more, oh, right. uh, uh, more basically trying to... speaking my language. Yeah, it's not even that. It's more of me trying to get everybody to think my way and or the highway, Eric, uh, you know, <laughs> ass, gas, or grash. Nobody uh, rides for free when you listen to this podcast. You've got to figure that goddamn saying out one of these days. But with that, that's not anything that I should be doing, and I really do that. So I'm going to start this section, Eric, by apologizing to everyone that sits there, and I'm going to just talk about this book. But when I do talk about it, I still – I know I said I'm not going to get angry, but I do get angry about some things. But it's coming from a personal you know, deal. It's coming, it's coming for, from love? It's coming from not love, Eric, but personal deal. Maybe love or maybe – I don't know. It, it's hard. It's really hard. It, it's hard to separate the idea of reading something that you really think has a lot of problems to seeing people saying it's perfect to not want to get mad and, and, and scream and yell about why it isn't. It, it's a really tough thing. Uh but the only thing that we can sit there and kind of relax a little bit about, you as well, because you do review this, uh, the, the playing field is starting to level a bit, Eric. It really is. Uh, people are starting to see that a lot of these stories the in this Batman, the they are. And I, I like that one picture, if you ever saw it. I think there's even like an animated GIF of it, where it looks like there had been an earthquake, and this building has this huge crack, and a guy just comes and puts tape over it. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of, it makes I've me seen that with a guy damn like a uh, pothole running all yeah, across oh, it the makes street. me laugh it makes me laugh all of those but uh just the fact that some people are coming around and even some people in the get fresh crew some boop, friends boop. of ours that may not even be in the get fresh crew but some people boop, who boop. i heard at one point yes i, I heard at one point kind of giving me a lot of shit and saying stuff when i started saying that a lot of the things that happen in, in this tom king run are things that don't really make sense in reality, don't make sense within the reality of the comic book. Again, we're going to get into this, and I'm going to yell and scream or whatever, but I I go by the fact that – No, I know, but I go by the fact that this is comic books. And you can sit there and tell me, well, it's comic books, but that doesn't explain, you know, plot holes. That doesn't explain things going on. Plus, don't give me, and I said this all week, this is something that's been almost my mantra all week, is that you cannot say that this run of Tom King is great because it's more of a humanized and a more human, a more real Batman. And then throw at me the phrase, it's Batman. You can't do that. You are playing both sides. That is the devil's hand. It's what you're Ooh. playing right there. You cannot tell me that you love this book because this is a Batman that isn't the Bat God, but yet say, hey, it's Batman. It's Batman is the Bat God. That yeah. is hand-in-hand hand synonymous. It's Batman means that he could go in a spaceship into the sun and come out the other side alive. It's Batman. It's because that's, you know, but if you're going to make it that this Batman is so great because, oh, my God, we're seeing a vulnerable Batman that's human and we're seeing this and that and the other thing. Can't say it's Batman. So I just wanted to start that because I will bring up a lot of nonsense coming up and it is nonsense. And I I understand. I understand, too. Yeah, it's Batman. It's comics. It's comics, Jim. But uh, with that. 
if you're going to go with the route of, you know, it's comics and things like that, then everything, and if you like Tom King, and you can overlook a lot of stuff, and God, you know, bless you, if you can, because then when you hear what I say, you're going to think it's all nitpicks. And I, I'll even go and give a shout out to Gringo, my man Gringo again on uh, Twitter. The reason we started talking this week is because he said a lot of times it seems like we go into a book wanting to hate it. And in the opposite deal, we think that we go into it wanting to love it. It just doesn't seem to happen a lot of times. But if you're in that sort of, you know, you're on that car on the freeway, Eric, you're going to think that when I bring up stuff, or you bring it up. I'm, it's not just me, Eric. I, I'm not a man on an island here. I'm here <laughs> with you. Uh, but with that, they they'll seem I like mean, nitpicks so to fast. you. Yeah, they'll they'll name. Yeah, really, and in, not in a sexy way. Uh, start Maybe. with my ass cheeks. That that usually is the the rump cheeks are the best. Go with those first. Save other nonsense for later, like the the no, the toes and fingers. That's eh, later stuff, or maybe an appetizer for you, Eric, for the butt cheek meat. But when you hear this, they'll be they'll be nitpicks for you, and people will say, "Oh, look at him; he's he's digging into this more than he digs into other things and things like that." But the problem is, is I think that this writing and his style, and it is a style, uh, has the most. I mean, just not. You know, one scene does not jive with the next in the way that I think is realistic in a comic book deal. And again, I will go with the if you're going to talk about the fantastical, Eric. This is my this is my ten cent phrase. Look, you um, can suspend your disbelief, but you have to be able to follow your own rules within the realm yes, you're fucking setting yes. up. Yes, and for me to have the fantastic, you have to base it on that version of the realistic. Yes. So you have to have a set rules. Uh, the reason why Superman flying is so great is because at one point it seemed like he was the only one. Now everybody else seems to fly all over the place. It does go down. But if everybody can fly, it's just the same. If everybody's special, nobody's special. And with that, that's what gets me mad. So, yeah, you'll hear some things that I say, and you, people just say, but it's comics. You're being an idiot. But I need to have things. And basically, before we start, because we'll start in two seconds here, me and you both uh -huh. are guys who we can suspend our disbelief. You said that already. Yeah. Uh, we can give a little lead way with the deal, but one of the biggest problems I have is I need to know the rules that are going on within a particular story or run. We need to know this so that from there we can see how the story develops and if it makes sense and things like that. Without the rules, and you heard earlier, one of the biggest books I think recently with that is Nightwing. You don't have the rules of the judge, so it's going to taint my idea of what's going on. You can't have no no rules about the judge's powers and go wonky with it and then think that when they we do get a power shown that that's going to mean something to me because I don't know what this is based on and it just ends up confusing me. And in this issue, uh, there's a bunch of things where it keeps going back to I don't know the rules. I don't no. know what they're playing with. I don't know what – and there's some big, big moments in this that get thrown off in a way that they shouldn't if you just presented the rules. But uh, enough of me, Eric. It's, it's about both of us. It's about Batman. Tell me about it. Batman number 42, written by Tom King, with art by Mikhail Yannin, June Chung, and Clayton Cows. The world loves Ivy, or Ivy's taking control of everyone. I don't know, but what I do know is that somehow a kid who can't eat vegetables is the key to solving everything. And now that Batman knows that, Ivy kills him. Then brings yeah. him back to life. Yeah, yeah. 
There you go. Is that is that your whole deal? That's it. Yeah, and uh, let's start uh, with something we usually don't. Let's start with the positives there because the art's incredible. It looks great. Do you love the Michael art? Michael Yannon's art is so good. It, now, here's the thing. I said before that a lot of times because of the story kind of being, you know, not a lot of dialogue, a lot of – that the art – tends to have this uh you know it almost doesn't it gets hindered by the story in this though there are points and i think that michael yannon's expressions that he gives especially an angry superman through ivy and an angry ivy are incredible uh, the expressions and the emotion that they show i think is incredible and just a gruesome uh, bruce wayne just and I, I was thinking to myself as well that you know for as much as, you know, Dancing Mike doesn't like this series, just along, like, right along with us, the one thing that he can take from it is that Mikhail Yannon does not draw Batman with that purple inlay to his No, cape. he doesn't. And that kind of goes, and again, this is where I said before, where we talked about the idea of Tom King, and we'll, we'll go with it, uh, especially as we go through this, of Tom King, nobody uses his continuity. And I said, or is it that he, you know, it goes both ways, but yeah, it kind of goes with that he as well. He doesn't use everybody else's continuity. Yeah, it, and that's one of my problems with this story about Ivy in general and this issue and things like that. Uh, but we'll get into it because you see that Bruce Wayne and uh, Selina are hanging out at the uh, mansion. They're Wayne watching Manor, TV yeah. while Superman just hovers over and is watching that they don't leave. Now, again, uh, I'll start my nitpicks of the idea of why and how and what uh, is she at this point? It doesn't seem like Ivy would know in particular that maybe she knows or doesn't know that Bruce is going to go after this kid guy. We don't know if it's an old Johnny. man. We don't know Johnny. And I want to go a kid for some reason. Yeah, I, I do too. I, I would think even though that is like an older lady grandmother type thing, but who knows that when they yeah. go to the house uh, with that though, when we do get to it and we get to the deal, I think that we're falling prey to everything that we get mad about because Batman does go to the house eventually, tries to find this Johnny, sees that he's gone, and then you get a dialogue of him like, you know, John, but never gets to a point where you get anything about Johnny or why Ivy has him or why he needs to get him. Everything is fill in the blank still. We think that it is because you you we say it that Bruce has to get him to get a you know a, what's it called a, an inoculation uh, together and to make an inoculation never says that never says that at all in here and never goes with the fact that in fact when Ivy does get mad later has nothing really it, it's a progression of Johnny but it's not Johnny she gets mad because basically Bruce throws into her face hey look what you're gonna make a great world that everybody loves you and then out of nowhere and when we get to that point. I'm telling you, everybody who read it, if you think back and think, why did why did Ivy make Superman punch Batman? It does seem like, oh, it's because Batman's on the plan and she's pissed. But there's a progression after that that goes into something where I think that it's very odd. I think that it's really weird The when she decides to flip out. It doesn't seem like a point. I think there's a little more to that under that there's going to be a bit of a twist as well. well uh, because I think that one of the things – I'll just tell you. I think that one of the things going on here, and this is my theory that I just came up with this moment, Eric. Uh, you have Johnny. I don't know that he's the cure. He is the only one 
in the world, we think, that hasn't been affected by Ivy in That's some what it way. Seems like. Because Batman and Catwoman have been. And Tom King threw out that caveat that you can stop it, but you, you can't reverse it. You can defend against it. it, but you can't reverse it. So is it going to be something where if he does find Johnny, not that he's a cure – but Johnny sees this world as it is really going on, and we find out that we have a Gothtopia sort of thing going on. That in the meantime, where Ivy says the world is great and all this thing, maybe it isn't. Maybe this is something that they're even Bruce and Selena are seeing through a deal. We may even find out they're not even out and about, that they're somehow. I do I'm think that this I'm Johnny thing's a little more. Out. I'm still waiting to find out why they woke up in their costumes last issue. Again, well, this is where I'm saying that things aren't jiving the way that they should. Things aren't going well. Yeah, I'm telling you, you have Batman. If you want to say, hey, it's Batman, he can do this, he can do that. I want to know what Batman and Selena have been doing just sitting around for three weeks. This is exactly where I start. Everybody loves Ivy, and then when they finally do go off, they go to Batburger to get the fucking BLT. Well, again, they say the Batburger is supposed to be detective work, that he has come up with a theory that the Batburger is the way that she's transferring these greens to people, and then he spells it out. That's Tom King detective work. In the meantime, though. In my mind, they go out here every day and they eat No, they can't, but they can't because. Because it basically says this is the first time they've left in weeks. They they have been in the the mansion. They have not left. It says you know even like I just oh, want to think about the idea when we finally get the story done that everybody's just fat. obese because they've been yeah. fucking eating fat burgers yeah. every goddamn and day again, for weeks. And again, there's weeks. a weird there's a weird deal as well where Batman says there's some really odd dialogue. And again, this is stuff that I actually like. I'm not talking about this as throwing it shade on it. There is a weird line comes off so goddamn weird that Batman says to and again to Superman to to Ivy it's Ivy Superman I ordered a bat burger I could have ordered a salad what does that mean the All I right. could have ordered a salad it seems like that's part of the deal of I'm being mind controlled and I understand I think that what's happening here is Batman's starting to realize that what's going on isn't what's going on and that's why she gets pissed and when he says and now everyone loves Ivy that's where Batman falls off and hits him not hey I wanted to go see Johnny and see this oh Superman yeah and with that that's a weird line to get upset because oh you saved them all did you and then she gets mad and he's like oh you know what what we're all this beautiful bouquet everybody loves Ivy now and that's where she gets pissed hits him and seems to come out of kind of a spell herself and then it leads into later where selena's talking to her like hey i know you this isn't you and she stammers and like uh, uh you, you don't know me and yeah. things like that i think that in the end where tom king's going to get out and in better favor with some people is that this isn't really ivy this is ivy being controlled as well and something else is going on and that'll be the big twist that that's my whole deal and and then what's going on in this what we have a problem with with like a Batman and Selena sitting for three weeks watching TV, and then suddenly, boom, when they say on the TV, everybody loves Ivy, like, you know, we're all in love, all of a sudden that seems like it's a trigger to Bruce. Fuck this, let's go. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Like, he has well, been... That's the thing at, is, I would love to go with this whole idea that there is a deeper meaning that we're not seeing yet. It's just, you know, being hinted at. It's just from what I've gotten before from Tom King, the Joker pretty much spent the entire war of jokes and riddles just hanging out, baking shit, and watching TV. So yeah. I have to imagine I am getting exactly what I'm saying. I'm just thinking that like he likes to do, and one of the things he does like to do is get – it seems like he likes to get people triggered 
And then, and especially just go and, and look at that, you know, I guess it was uh, issue 40 with uh, Wonder Woman about to kiss Batman, them right. about to kiss. And he sat there and giggled you know, for two weeks while people lost was I, I thought it was actually 40, 40. Yeah, it was 39. Uh, just he sat there and giggled for two weeks because people lost their minds when, in fact, if you had a brain on you, you would have realized that you're not going to kiss and he's, he's playing you. Uh, yeah. I think this might be a little more – again, I'm, I am filling in the blanks of my own deal here. But and I told you, I'm refusing to do that for the I most know. part. I'm Everything just, I'm getting for the most part, I'm going to take it face value because yes. it has not been wrapped up in the past and I'm tired of being burned. Yeah, because uh, one of the biggest things that he really points out in a subtle way is they've been sitting there for three weeks. They haven't seemed to leave the manor because at the point where Ivy gets mad, she says, you shouldn't have left. I told you not to leave the manor. So that it must be the first time. But something triggers Batman or Bruce in this. And they're watching the news. And, you know, it's like to celebrate today as we celebrate every day, another day of prosperity around the world. And now this is where I also want to stop and say I hear a lot of people and you kind of – even myself reading this, you go back and forth. And Tom King is playing this in not a great way in my mind is – and it's one of those where I said this book's very insular as I like to use you know bigger words, oh. Eric, to make oh, myself yeah. feel uh, smart at least. But – as this whole thing goes, it's very Gotham-centric to the point where I heard some podcasts and some reviews say, well, uh, Ivy's controlling Gotham. But no, we saw that no, in the first spread page. So what I want to know and one of the rules that we go is you see these two newscasters talking. They seem to be talking in an influenced way. They seem to be talking in a way that whatever happened to them, they're in love with Ivy and will yeah. do anything for Ivy. There isn't a point here where you have the broadcasters which I wish there was where they're like basically this newscast is just for Bruce and Selena and they say oh by the way Bruce uh, everybody loves me but they don't go that way but when we go to Batburger it goes that route and it goes back and forth where we don't know the rules is Ivy controlling every single person on the planet and having to deal with their day-to-day -day lives which won't make sense you, you can't have her control well, that's the thing everything. is that's why I don't know at, at one time it seems like the world just is influenced by Ivy they all love her and would do anything for her and she can jump into then, other and then people. she could jump into like whoever she wants yes and at other times though it does seem like she may be controlling everybody at yes. once and this is where the problem is and the problem where I want to know a rule is you have newscasters right here Eddie Salvador and Susan Arose they're giving their deal on Gotham News Live uh, you also obviously have producers camera they're all under the influence to the yeah. point where nothing with this is going to be shut down it goes so you have an idea that these people will do whatever Ivy wants Ivy can kind of send a little message hey what I want is the Top 10 music to be rustling leaves. Okay, that sounds great because you know I love what, you, Ivy, baby, sure. We love you. This is where I get a problem is why then can't she just say to Superman, hey, by the way, your influence, uh, you love me, right? Yes, I do. I Well, make sure Bruce doesn't leave and if he does do something. It, it plays both ways. Again, I where, know it does. And, and it really with the flashes because as it goes on, that's something that most people have a problem with. But Bruce seems to go and basically after three weeks of just sitting around and letting everything go, which is not Batman, he's not – and even with this – 
you have to go with everything on this panel. This, this isn't Bruce down in the cave. This isn't Bruce trying to figure out if he can retrograde the inoculation that he gave himself to give other people. This isn't a Bruce that's doing any Batman-esque things. He all of a sudden is just there watching TV with Ivy and or with uh, Selena, and it's bullshit TV. I mean, really, is why would you just sit there and watch this anyway? And when they said, "But of course we're happy. We're all in love." It seems like that's the point where he's like, all well, right, even let's the go. Thing where I was talking about my whole, like, you know, my little head cannon where I like to think that yeah. they go out to Batburger every day to eat and shit like that. It kind of seems that way again because we don't know the rules where, you know, Superman is flying overhead. He is listening to everything they're saying. I'm sure he's x-ray visioning to watch everything they're doing. And when he just says, okay, let's go. Catwoman doesn't say anything's out of the ordinary with them driving to uh, Batburger, except it's so nice that they let us out. Yeah, again, though, like I said, I don't know what's going on with this, but later on, this is where the the fill-in-the-blanks falls apart. And that's when you have a fill-in-the-blank story like Tom King does, and you don't want to give a lot of details for your scenes. Sometimes the scenes then fall apart because you're basing a lot of things on something that didn't happen. So where later when they go to the house after Batburger to find this Johnny, uh, you have Ivy speaking through the woman and said, I told you to stay at the manor. I told you not to leave. I, I can only go from that thinking that this is the first time because this is her saying, I told you not to leave. It wouldn't be like, I told you not to leave the 17 other times you went to Batburger. Right. I mean, three weeks, it would be, you know, especially if they go to Batburger for every meal. Uh, though I'll have to say, somebody who likes breakfast, Eric, won't really have a lot of greens with that. Uh, breakfast is not a heavy greens uh, meal, but I don't know why I brought that up. Uh, All but right. They go to Batburger. And I had some this, toast this morning. Isn't there some greens in there? Yes, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, there, but there, there's some a hash rule, browns? Too. We don't know. Hash browns? Yeah, I guess. That's not greens, though, as they say. But you, you have Batman going, and he's ordering at the Batburger. You have the fun of the Batburger that we have discussed all along that we don't like, the way it points out, especially that it centers on villains, not Welcome Batman. Welcome to Serial Killer Burger. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, and I said before, you know, this happens in a continuity that ends game happened recently and a lot of people who would eat a bat burger would have had their loved you know, ones victims. jokerized yeah. and victims so why would you jokerize you know like i said you're not gonna have uh the 9-11 burger where you go and uh, yeah i'd like to order the twin towers burger and uh pretty much terrorize my fries you're uh, not gonna uh, have yeah, this yeah. you're not gonna have this and I hate. Can you when, anthrax those fries, yeah, please? Yeah, yeah, really. Can you do that? Can can you? I don't know. You know. Can you Osama bin Laden? My, you don't do this in a reality uh, of this, and in a reality where people in Gotham have had people. Would you like to bin Laden that coke for an extra twenty five yeah, cents? Me, well, of course I would. Yeah, I would. But to me, this is like it's there for a joke. And the joke to me doesn't – it's not worth the reality of it It doesn't play it in this me. world in my mind. And, but people love it, so what do we yeah. have to say? But you have uh, them ordering this up, and you have Ivy going specifically into this guy who is working the counter because she does say Bruce. Yes, Bruce. Coming right up. And then you get the jibber-jabber that we've had because uh, Selena just starts yelling stuff at the top of her lungs, knowing that Superman's listening, saying like, oh, you know, I guess we're going to have Ivy officiate the wedding, and she'll be my maid of honor, and you're, you know, your best best man man. and stuff like this. She'll be our flower girl. I don't think this is funny at all. I really don't find this that funny where I see other people, oh, it's the greatest dialogue ever. I'm saying the thing is we're just going through – 
the motions here, watching them drive the bad burger as Catwoman talks about Ivy doing this and Ivy doing that, and yeah. it just like fills up the pages. And and it, it brings back another thing that I've said where a lot of people do say, listen, I like this Batman because it's not the dark and brooding Batman. It's not the Batman punching people. It's not, well, number one, how can he punch? He's got to get in line behind Selina, which comes up next. But I, I don't see a happy – Batman's most dialogue that he, he's had probably in the last six months is, huh. Yeah. That's basically what he does. Or, no. No. It, it, this isn't, you know, there you go. You have a Batman who basically, uh, you know, he's human because in the last issue, he admits that he doesn't know what's going on. There you go. But he's there. What I see this as is, and what it goes from, he's checking out this Bat Burger meal to see what's going on and realizes, though, I don't know how he would. His body gets a little tingly. He's got his bat sense that she is using the Bat Burger as a delivery system for uh, what she is doing and with the greens and things. Now, again, here's my nitpicks, if you care to call them that. If that's the case, number one, when they pull up to that bat burger, I would have expected a line out the wazoo. The line would have been down the line because everybody would have been influenced by Ivy to eat there. He even says where Bruce is hanging up later and yelling at Ivy, he says, I get what you're doing. It's through bat burger. All the greens, you're making them do this. If that's the case, then bat burger should be mobbed constantly. You're letting them eat on the burgers, tomato, lettuce, onion. I could have ordered a salad. Yeah, uh, and that's right. that, it's, okay. A whole planet consuming all that green, all those plants dying. It must be killing you. I'm like, well, poison ivy's a vegetarian herself, so I don't know what the yeah, hell you're well, talking we'll about. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, and that's a big deal. And with that, I say that too. I order two triple cheeseburgers with no lettuce or tomato or nonsense like that, Eric. Afterwards, I say, yeah, I could have ordered a salad. <laughs> it ain't I'm happening. Not a now I'll go back to this whole thing of where I said where you have this kind of back and forth with: is this worldwide? Is this in God? Because what he's saying seems to be a Gotham thing, but with the rules that we have and are set in place being a worldwide thing, what if there's not a Bat Burger in, say, Gay Paris? Well, that's the thing. I kind of assume that Bat Burger was at, like, you know, maybe one place in Gotham. Yeah. Yeah, and Maybe they have a chain, but but even if it's a franchise. And you have – is there one in Moscow? This is a big one? belly burger now. We actually saw a guy who was influenced in that big you know, spread page, and that's where I go back to where they had the big spread page. When Ivy took over, people from around the world were telling Ivy that they loved her, and including a guy that looked like he was on the at the North Pole. Did they have a bat burger? Did he order it in? I mean, what did what did he get it to go before he went there? So there is another bit of thing without the rules and without it being set up. I can only think that there's something going on that's wrong here uh, because they go back and forth with saying, but say even in this, you control the whole world. Then it kind of pulls back and says you control those who are eating the greens. And, you know, what about somebody on but the Atkins it, but it diet? it seems to be all about this bat burger, though. That's yeah, the thing that's that seems what to I'm tie saying. all this together, is... which really makes it ridiculous. Yes. He just wants to tie his bat burger in there. And, and then later on, what, the War yeah. of Jokes and Riddles, it seems to be the catalyst for all of this. Yeah, and that's what throws me out of this here with this Bat Burger being the key, 
now this worldwide idea kind of gets shut down, that it seems like Batman has figured out that the only thing that she has done is taint the supply of greens to the Bat Burger, when in fact I thought that it was something where she controls the green yeah. and she's tainting the actual green that when somebody, anybody eats Through anything, anything where you have somebody in Africa that eats, you know, uh, some sup plant or something, I don't know, but when they eat this, they're influenced Whatever they as well eat in Africa. because they go into the green and that's how she's doing it. But this seems to be saying, no, 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 it's just the stuff at Bat Burger. And that really does throw me off. In fact, if you want to go full out deal, I was thinking that it would be a cool thing if you saw that it is the green. And now people where there isn't a bat burger, they're turning into the original lawnmower man where they're just yeah. fighting and rioting to grass. eat grass, anything green. And that would be a dark twist that I would like. Uh, but we're going to stay here in Gotham. And because of that, it makes the story seem smaller than what it's supposed to be. Everybody I hear saying, oh, man, Ivy said this is a supervillain. She's controlling the world. But yet how? And and show us this. Show us the world, not just three streets in Gotham. But this leads back to one of my biggest problems with Batman that I said I think I yelled about it earlier, that the whole thing only is predicated on exactly what Batman and Selina do. And I know that sounds silly. It is the Batman book. But to me, it never gets the oomph that it needs because you're just dealing with a very, very focused story here, but yet not giving enough rules to make even the focus great. Because after the Batburger, uh, they go off in the Batmobile and head off to a house. They, you get this little joke that the top uh, song for three weeks, that's where you get the three weeks, by the way, right. if anybody was asked. Uh, because it doesn't say like three weeks later, but you get this three weeks. Uh, n- third week, number one, the sound of wind rustling through leaves. Now, now you're making Ivy just ridiculous. That that's yeah. what she'd like. I mean, she is also a woman uh, who may enjoy. If you're going to be clever, make it some. You know, it's the new Insync uh, well, you know, back with the new song. Don't leave me. Yeah, you know, something like that. You know, plants are known to like music, so yeah. it makes sense that Poison Ivy wouldn't have a problem with music. Yeah, Why not the, just use it? goddamn music or not say anything at all yeah the green green grass of home you have a lot of songs out there that are based on kind of a a twist on plant life and things like that it ain't easy being green yeah be be clever be be funny with that uh but it's not it's the rustling of leaves though some people thought that was funny batman bust into this house ivy obviously is either and and this is the other thing you are you already before yeah we did but here's the thing that i want to ask too though is does ivy know at this point that bruce would be going here eventually and that's why she jumped into this old woman or is it just because uh, superman was following uh because yeah, I, missed... I, I i don't know because How are we supposed thing. to know anything? No, and I know. And later where you get this whole deal, where's Johnny and stuff like that, you're supposed to believe that this is the one thing that you know he could figure out that she would – but she doesn't really seem to keep them from it here because as they're going, Batman and Selina both know that Superman is flying overhead. So Batman wants to take out Superman, starts whispering to Selina. And you get the deal where then Ivy controlling Superman when I said before, why isn't she just saying you love me? Go and make sure he doesn't do this, this and this and then report yeah. back. But instead, he she's right there controlling him. And Batman starts whispering, hey, 
I love you. And she's like, well, that's interesting. Uh, she's not in on the planner. She's almost ruining it. But as he's like, come closer, you know, well, we have this wedding. And makes it so it's so low that Superman hey, has to use baby, his super baby. hearing. I want to tell you about my other biggest regret. God damn it. Oh, no, I don't want – and then whistles, and this isn't a, a, a gadget or anything. This is just a whistle. Now, you have to just sit there and think. Is this that he – Ivy through Superman is listening too closely – but I would say that at points during the whole deal that she or Superman would listen into a, say, a terrorist, and he's listening in, and then a bus goes by and honks a horn. I've never seen him get knocked out from that. So nope. what, what I can only assume is she's using his power, and she doesn't know the backdoor way to filter out other things. I don't know. The problem, though, is – this is a huge scene. Tom King will not go and say because the next scene involves flashes, by the way. And when people lost their mind of that, Tom King basically said not, hey, this is what happened before the page before. You see Superman powers, whatnot. He hinted at it, but he'll never give you a straight answer. But this is supposed to be the idea that Superman, uh, you know, Ivy using Superman's powers, she cannot grasp the full extent of the powers because she is not Superman. She's going through it, as Gringo said to me. It's as if a 12-year-old is using or riding a Ferrari. That's fine and dandy. The thing that this seems to me, though, it's more of an etiquette issue. He is listening in when he shouldn't be, and that's how Batman says it. Hey, uh, you know, Clark knows when not to listen, and that's why I had it. And you get that joke of, hey, uh, you were right. You told me you could take him out with a whistle, and you get that laugh. Now, I go back to... At the point when this is where is she influencing people or is she controlling them because at the very beginning of this uh, you know story when she took control there was a pilot flying a plane yeah. was she controlling does she know how to fly a plane or was she just influencing them and if she was influencing them why doesn't she just do it with superman and superman can report back to her uh, it's really to me so open-ended a way to show that ivy can't really control their powers because as they walk up to this house Three flashes, Wally, Wally, and Barry show up. Now, Barry must have recovered from being punched. I don't know why Bruce wouldn't have done something. I don't know something. what happened to Alfred. Yeah, he's got I, – I don't know why Bruce wouldn't have grabbed uh, Barry and maybe put him in some stasis to figure out, maybe inoculate him with that thing if he could figure that out, uh, whatever. But he's out and about again. The flashes show up, and Selena beats up all of them to the point of knocking one, them one out. One pit. One, One hit, hit knocks them all out. One hit. Now, in the meantime, you also see that with Most this – dangerous woman in the world. Batman has kind of two reactions to this. Number one, looks like he's just there and like, okay, you know, take care of business, baby. Or what I saw as well seems to be one step behind everyone. Now, this goes into the thing where, yeah, people say, oh, you saw before that she can't really control powers. They, they still come out of nowhere fast. There's three of them. I don't care if, if Ivy is a 12-year-old driving a Ferrari and these flashes are suffering from that. They still should be able to take down – Selena has become the, the cat god, and now she's she has broken Bane's back. She has defeated Talia in her first sword fight ever and now has beaten up three flashes to me as a somewhat of a joke or basically this is supposed to be 
a way that Selena is great in this book. Like you're you're reading this and you'll be like, oh man, Tom King's making Selena the best. Everybody's gonna love Selena. Boy, I'm a fan of Selena. I like it. To me, and I've talked to somebody on Twitter about this, and we discussed it back and forth. I think that this is not a character progression for Selena at all. It is something that is being written with Tom King almost like, hey, you know what's a great woman? A woman that can kick ass. It, it's totally going away from what Selena is as a character to me, and basically it makes her a, a joke. This is now from now on. I don't care what happens. It's Catwoman. That's all we have to say. You, you yeah. want to get a realistic Batman, oh, but in the process. Catwoman. And, and this is the thing. Tom King seems to be going with this whole fact. Look, at, I don't want to have a Batman who punches people. I, I want a, a more humanized Batman. So when you have to have somebody punch people, so he makes a Catwoman. Catwoman's the one who now is the god and, or goddess and just beats up people, and it's nonsense. She does all the dirty work. You have a horse that's going to die in the desert. <laughs> Batman doesn't use guns. Selena shoots him with a shotgun it, it is nonsense she is here just to be able to do the things that tom king doesn't want batman to do anymore but still has to have done in the book and what happens then he goes they go into this house after this nonsense and uh the lady's there and like hey where's johnny it's ivy talking through her and like you know i told you to stay in the the mansion the i mansion, tried yeah. to be nice now with this is this is where again and you know maybe this is uh, going on and on but what is the end game of Ivy? What is she doing? Because with that, you're saying, and she's saying, and we're going with she wants a perfect world. She wants a world that she, the, the planet has kind of gone against itself and trying to kill us and with this. But the end game just seems like nothing. I don't know because this whole thing of I tried to be nice and told you to stay in the, the mansion. Why? Why do they – before she said that they're really fucking – they don't even matter in the story. I, I have to imagine matter. the thing is, though, it's like you stay in the mansion because she does not want to have to murder them because that yes, seems to but, be the big thing where she's all regretful about yeah, murdering people years and years that, ago even though she's done it in between that. You tell me what – this is now 7 billion people that they spelled out that she controls. Yeah. What is Batman going to do? What is Batman going to do that they have to stay in the mansion? They can't come out. What is she going to what is he going to do when you have a Superman that can just instead of what happens here, pick him up and take him back to the mansion? And she if you say, "Oh, she you don't want a cure." You have him somewhere where there is the most biggest equipment for him to do that job. The yeah. Batcave. So this idea of you stay in the bat, you know, you stay in the mansion. She knows Bruce. She knows Bruce is Batman. She knows everything about that. Uh, why then would she keep him somewhere where he definitely would find out a cure? Because if he goes out and does anything, he's heading right back to the mansion to, to figure it out and to make it. Is Batman big enough now with everybody in Wayne Industries being controlled? And also that where the funds cut off? I don't know. But – why in the mansion? Because I don't think that Batman in this world, all 7 billion people being controlled, really can do anything to stop this. I don't see Batman will ever be able to get to a water supply that he can put something in that he mass produces somehow because who's going to do it and then yeah. ends up getting everybody back. So I'm very, very confused about this concept of I don't care about you two. It's a shame you're not with my plan. You're not there, but you really don't matter to a point of don't leave the mansion now. Now, this is where I say there is that bit where you go, and we didn't really spell it out, Johnny, who they went to see, who is not in this place. 
uh, he's allergic to greens. It's something yeah. that Batman has been working on. He's been working to get a cure at Wayne Industries. The Wayne Foundation it. has been trying and, to find a cure. And Johnny's missing. When they go, Johnny is gone. Uh, is this, again, is it that Johnny in the end run of this is that he's the only one who sees the truth of what's going on? So she just doesn't want people to see that because maybe it's not what we see and it may not be Ivy is what I'm going with. It's just an odd progression of I told you to stay in the, the mansion. Yeah, like you said, they can kill him easily. Uh, she doesn't want to do that. She has a regret. But really him coming out to me doesn't really spell any sort of problem for her if she controls the entire world. Uh, but they end up, the superheroes comes because through this lady, Ivy says, listen, I have two Green Lanterns coming. I have, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, Grodd, a gorilla army, which we don't see, which I wanted yeah. to. Uh, they get them. Well, she's and, got them. She's got to get them from Africa. Yeah. It's going to take a while. And basically they hang uh, Selena and Batman from the big thing at the top of Wayne Tower. Wayne Enterprises, yeah. yeah. Wayne Enterprises, which we did see in that rebirth number one where he was doing freaking, uh, as I think it was Lucius came out and he's doing yeah. freaking push-ups uh, from the side there. So, Keeping that guy insured has got to be a fucking pain in the yeah, ass for Wayne Enterprises. So they're there and he's hanging upside down. And this is where you get the, you know, Selena again, you know, trash talking. Like, I don't think that Ivy gets this fear thing, but it all the most important thing is that Batman starts talking to Ivy through Superman and says, oh, you're letting them eat on burgers, tomato, lettuce, onion. I could have ordered a salad, a whole planet consuming all that green, all those dying plant, all those plants dying. It must be killing you. Now you get the idea that Batman is trying to rile her up yeah. almost leading her into killing him for some reason, uh, which I'll get to later. But with that, she's a vegetarian. You, you pointed yeah. that out earlier. That's not anything that would upset her. We have, we have dealt with this many a time, and this, again, goes back to in Tom King's books, he's going to do what he thinks. He's going to try to be clever, and it ends up not hitting because she is legitimately a vegetarian. As explained, it's a circle of life. That's what plants are there for, and that's what they do, and it goes through you, sustains you, comes out the other end, Eric, and then the Gross. whole thing and fertilizes the next round. It's all part of the green, and so that's nonsense. And then basically, though, it's also leading back to what we said, the bat burger. And that can't just be it. It can't be just the greens there. Uh, you know, you have to have something more. But he he then says, you know, so – but Johnny Suntress, he has an allergy to greens. It's debilitating. We've been trying to find a cure at Wayne Foundation. He can't eat your greens, and he's not at home, and you didn't want me to see him. You fought, so I couldn't see him. It's in the food. Oh, yeah. So what is going on with this Johnny and why? Uh, because it can't just be that she's upset that there's one person in the world that she's not able to control. There's something more to that. Uh, but you go We're back to We're going to get that food idea. allergy and make everybody not be able to eat vegetables. Yeah, yeah, and then afterwards, everybody dies. But uh, yeah. with that, it's just like, okay, now you're going with, if I'm going to fill in the blanks, because it's very fill in the blanks, that there's only one person in the entire world who isn't eating greens at this time. Yep. I'm telling only you. only one person in the entire world. I don't world. know what the hell greens I've eaten. I'm there. Me and Johnny are both hanging up somewhere. But as, as uh, Batman says, where's Johnny Ivy? Where'd you hang the boy? And she flips out. Shut up. And he says no. Then you get the shut up through Superman. 
And then he says, let me guess. Now you're going to tell me you're making a, a better world. And she says, yeah, we are. The, the world's better. Nobody's fighting. The, the planet's better. You save them all. And then she starts getting angry. And he's like, well, isn't that kind of you? We're all some damn – you're so damn ugly. You turned us into a bouquet of roses. And now everyone loves Ivy. And he goes ham. She ends up using Superman to kill Batman. And he to dies. Punch his now, goddamn head in. She says no. Now again, is this the I love Ivy Superman? But it doesn't seem to be. But she snaps out of something very quick. Oh no. Why does that get her that angry? Why I don't is know. she that angry? Before she showed up and said, oh, it's a shame, you know, you, you guys don't matter and all this. Why is she that angry that everybody loves Ivy seems to make Superman fucking kill Batman? I don't understand. And then she, oh, my God, no, no, oh, he's dead. And I'll tell you that this is something that Grant Morrison said. Tom King has quoted Grant Morrison in saying that every Batman writer has to kill Batman at least once. They say that it's a, you know, a joke, but they do. Yeah. Why, in my mind, does this come off as such a non-thing? Like you're in this and it happens. And when Batman died and any other time, people lost their minds. Oh, my God. Uh, is it because right away we see him alive? Well, I'll say, though, you have the thing as you see Batman dead. And then your next page is, is he dead? He was. All right. I brought him yeah, back. Is that why? Because this didn't even affect me. I, I saw it and I'm like, oh, he looks ugly. Holy shit. I'll and say, then it's I like, looked at it and said, fuck, goddamn, Mikhail Yannon drew the fuck out of this because yeah, yeah, it looks terrible. It. And I'm like, it's yeah. hideous. It's hideous but, yeah. in a great way. And it's funny when uh, when you had Catwoman ask Ivy, is he dead? Uh, oh, is he? <laughs> I, I thought he was just maybe knocked out. I mean, he looks horrible. But, you know, I don't know. And if I'm going to go with the whole deal, Ivy can't control their powers, you know, so well, Eric. So maybe it isn't. But uh, now we get more nonsense. Oh, he was. I brought him back. And this is going to be the explanation. Magic science surgery. There's something yeah. for everything. Magic science surgery. Now, again, these are very particular things that aren't so – magic, you know, that's nonsense. Uh, did he get – did she get Satana to go and do something but – could she control her powers like that? Is Satana showing up or whoever it would be magic-wise going there because it, she's just influenced? And surgery, again, is it just an influenced doctor who's doing the surgery or, or is Ivy knowing? It goes back and forth. You don't know the rules of what she's controlling. But this is where you get this whole thing where Ivy then says, well, if I'm going to be your maid of honor, we might as well be friends. And there you go. You start with this weird deal. They are friends. Yeah, and we've been friends. They're, they're best friends. And she says, you know, I, we have been. We're friends, you know, but not now. And like, oh, oh, really? I had to. And stammers. I, I had to. Oh, there's Rot in the Garden and goes with this. And that's where Kentwell's like, Rot in the Garden, you sound like Freeze, which is weird. It doesn't sound like that. No. But, so, you know, I don't. I know you, darling. Whatever this is, it's not you. And as we see this, we're seeing a Batman. We're seeing Bruce wake up in the hospital uh, and kind of get somebody who's doing, you know, look this way, follow my finger sort of thing. But you're getting this whole thing where is this really Ivy fully? And so then basically she says, I've done some stuff. I killed right here on the spot. And you see that the spot that she's in now is where she killed those guys. Those mobsters, in, yeah. yeah. the mobsters in the uh, War of Jokes, Jokes and Riddles. So she's there and says, you know what? I was young. I was showing off. It wasn't me. This sort of thing. Uh, the only thing that I can say with that is, again, Tom King seems to be brushing aside 
all the other times she killed, especially yeah, you, after it, this. It, it seems like in Tom King's continuity, Ivy only participated in possibly zero year because he's coming off of that for the year after zero year. Yep. And then we had this and then nothing for all these years until yep. now. And has just sat around and sat yeah. around and waited because Didn't we, do any know, we know for a fact in this continuity before this scene and jokes and riddles, she would have killed her father. Because her father was abusive to her mother uh, and ended up, I believe, killing her mother, and then she took it out on him. That was in yeah. the zero-year deal. And again, though, when Ivy kills, which we'll mention a couple other times, most of it is justified. Most of it is pieces of shit like mobsters there in Jokes and Riddles because later on in a book, she, the Circle of Life book uh, in the new 52, the DCYOU, yeah, uh, she ended up killing an abusive dog owner. And that that some people say she didn't, but we saw it. I, I believe she did. Again, didn't she kill that guy that was hitting on her in the yes. lab? Or was that somebody no. else? No, no, that was and that was ended up being tied around to, and it might have been another. But she, yeah, she ended up setting him up to die, and that was basically spelled out to be Eddie Bergenza. If you remember, that was the little bit of a wink, wink, where it came out. That Ivy pretty much had killed Eddie Bergenza in a DC comic book as kind of like a, you know, take this and Eddie was yeah. still working for DC, but did kill a guy who basically had turned harassment into, I'm going to rape you right now and, and you want it because, you know, that. And she killed him. She ended up killing him. So since then, she has killed at least two people and had killed before. Uh, with that, though, throughout all of this continuity, she's also been redeemed in a bunch of books, especially, yeah. like we said, Birds the of Birds of Prey, uh, the Bensons, where she ended up showing up in a gray area, a villain, almost an eco-terrorist, but ended up realizing that that was wrong and realized, Came out you know, at the that's end, not smelling the way. like roses. Yeah, like roses indeed, ah. and ended up trying to help then so we have yeah. that recent we also have all-star batman where she went with the whole deal and through all this too one thing that ivy you say ivy loves plants we, we all know this another thing that it does seem to be something that is going through her uh deal is she loves children as well if you do something to children she will go ballistic on you and that was kind of like the all-star batman thing where yeah. she even said to batman listen make sure that this disease and if you didn't read it this may not make much sense but uh there was a plant type disease that infected this girl and uh batman went to the tree of life where ivy was there and ended up kind of figuring out a cure with ivy to go cure this girl and ivy said and it was such a good moment and there was scott's Snyder said it was a really good moment. Ivy said, "Listen, go and cure, you know, get the cure, but don't make this disease have her name. Don't make her legacy be this disease." And Batman promised and said, "You know what?" And basically went off with, "You're not bad. You are good. You're good." But here we go. We have this where in Tom King though, none of that matters. None of that matters, especially the killing. Hey, I like the killing, Eric, but it doesn't matter because all this is is the next version of my biggest regret. This is now Jokes and Riddles 2, and poor Selena, while she can Poison kill everybody. Poison Ivy Boogaloo. Yeah, where, where you can – you have Selena who can beat up everybody in the DCU. Uh, she also must have that kind of face that people want to tell their regrets. 
because there you go, and she's talking about this, about how she shouldn't have done this, and she wants to be redeemed and says, I can be redeemed. Again, redeeming yourself by controlling the world a little off, but we'll and I'm see. telling you, that is the like the biggest evil there is in my mind. You've just taken free will away from seven goddamn billion people. That yes. is the, like the worst evil you could possibly do. And with that, Ivy is a smart woman. She is a scientist, uh, and really, to me. One plus one is not equaling two. Uh, you know, you killed people in the past, and the way to redeem yourself is just to make everybody love you in a mind-controlled world that doesn't take anything away from what you did before. It, it doesn't really – this is not uh, – a redemption would be – I don't know, something a little different than controlling the world. There's a lot of ways to be redeemed, like we've seen in a lot of other books, and that's not what we're getting here. Uh, but you have the whole deal where she's talking to Selena and just basically says, you know, I'm not afraid anymore. I don't need to show off. It kind of seems like you are, but and now yeah. I control everything. I can be so good. I can be redeemed, and no one and can no one stop. Can stop. Yeah. Again, that's pretty evil. Uh, you go and finish with Bruce, and he's, you know, hey, you're recovering, uh, you know, nicely. We get somebody talking off panel, but in the green font. So it seems that it would be Ivy talking through this person, and you get the whole. Deal but we right had then. that the entire time, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. I know. Green well, this is what I'm saying. I don't know. Is not Batman and. Yeah, at this point. but again, is it that being controlled or not or whatever, but you know, you have that, and he said, you need strength, you use Superman strength. You need, you need to speed, help the recovery of someone, speed, yeah. a head injury, you, you get four PhDs, someone, and, and really with this uh, roundabout way, it does seem like he's pointing to who this ends up being as, uh, you know, Harley, I don't think he's talking about Harley necessarily having the, you know, PhDs in neurology, but seeing her the next panel makes it seem like that's what he means, but, and then no, after getting hit that hard, after making you hit me that hard, this is exactly what I expected, and it's Harley there, and he says, Puddin, and again, Batman, and I, I can only hope that Tom King does get back to a Batman who is the smartest guy in the room. He never is anymore, in my opinion, and always seems surprised by everything, like that Swamp Thing, when Swamp Thing used him, the whole issue, and then, no, no he just yells. But I can only think that this killing, I like the killing, Eric, is something that he is going with, that it's going to sever this connection, even the little connection before he inoculated himself, and now he'll be able to see what's going on. I don't know. Uh, it, there just seems to be a reason why I, I don't know he has forced really. the killing. But he really says, you know, you oh, yes, this, that, and the other thing. This is what he expected. This seems to be the plan. Uh, I just – I don't know what the plan really is. And again, if it is the fact that he's like, oh, after you killed me and I didn't die, you have to use magic. So in fact, even if they got him to the hospital, there's no way they were going to bring him back. He was dead for as many yeah. – you know, however long we might know that they had to use science and is the science part of it because they pushed that. Uh, but – is this like that hokey thing that I always say, and it makes me laugh, where you have a death sentence, and then you have a heart attack and die for two seconds, and they have to let you out of jail? Is that what this is, where all of a sudden it's severed this connection? But we'll see. We'll see. But really, we're talking about it. I tried to explain everything that I liked and didn't like about it, but in general, uh, I think it just continues to be uh, very much nonsense. That really isn't it's telling a, it's a, a weak story. story. It doesn't yeah. tell anything. It's just going from one place to another, and and at the end, hopefully wraps up. But right now, we aren't getting much. And I couldn't no. tell you, like, Batman has a plan. I couldn't tell you what the plan was for Batman to have a plan well, against. this is the problem. Is that's my problem. Is I don't really know the plan for – I cannot really tell you what Ivy's plan is except – 
Uh, she wants everybody to love her. And in this, I saw, and I'll go back at once again to my man Gringo, who thinks that all this is is Ivy's upset that she wants to be the maid of honor. If that's the, the case, I'm going to lose oh my, my mind. Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my fucking mind. I mean, really, at this point, you want that. Ivy can gather up the forces, get the whole Justice League, get all the, force a goddamn fucking wedding where they're just there in chains and she's the maid of honor. I mean, that can go. And if that's the case, you would think that she'd be more concerned about controlling the two people that she can't. But and that kind of seems more of a like a Harley Quinn kind of thing to do than a Poison Ivy. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But I do think that, you know, the couple of those hints, Batman not even acting like himself at the beginning, just sitting there for three weeks. Batman never uh, acts like himself like in this that. book. I know. What'd you give it? 4.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art, but I had to. I gave last issue a 4 out of 10. I gave this one a 0.5 higher because I do think it gave us more of something. I can't tell you exactly what it was, yeah. but compared to last issue, I felt that we got more of something here. Just don't know what. Yeah, I'm going to go a little more positive. I'm actually going to go 5.5, though a lot of that is art. I think the art is very good, and like I said, I like the expressions and the emotions that Mikkel Yannon, especially two panels, Ivy yelling shut up and Superman yelling shut oh, up. Oh, it's great. I think it's great, and the point where Superman yells shut up, and boy – He's menacing. You you really get the idea. Like, there's a strong fellow right there. This is why I'm always up. on Team Lex Luthor, because yeah, Superman yeah. terrifies and me. And with that, though, then you get a Batman who just sits there upside down just looking at Batman, basically like, what are you going to do, bitch? You know, there you go. You, you can do whatever. But seems to be pushing her to kill him for some yeah. reason. Though, again, it seems that that last but everybody loves Ivy. That's what makes you hit. No, start yelling about it. If you want well, to do something. Well, that's the thing, Jim. She knew that he was saying it sarcastically. Yeah, well, yes, she could tell. <laughs> how well, dare how you? about this? You know, everybody loves Ivy, huh? Not the mobsters families that you killed, you know, back there in that jokes and riddles, you know. And, and now you, remember, you get one something. was an undercover cop. Yeah, now you get something. Now I'm saying, like, here we go, where we see the anger really is relevant to what she seems to be trying to I do. I still but wouldn't instead, go with it just because the whole anger is based off of something that happened years ago, pretty much telling me that nothing has happened in between. Yeah, but, it's, it, but it hasn't in this book, so you might as well have Batman look smart. And use that, and like, huh, Eddie Bergenza doesn't love you. <laughs> no! You know, going, but yeah. But that's. I that's hear it. you burn toast. Ooh, <laughs> you don't make a bed. You unmake a bed. You unmake a bed. You're just like, that'd be great. Listen, oh, you know what's going to. Listen, Ivy. You know what's going to happen? You're going to get a solo book written by Anosenti. No! no! Boom! Dead. There you go. There you go. Or if it was Brandon, you're going to have to read 10 Brian Michael Bendis books from now on. No, ah. Brandon loses his mind. Uh, then also it's Eric Shea it's controlling impossible. the world. It's it's Eric Shea now, and it's like, hey, Eric, story huh? over continuity. No. no! <laughs> you freak out. Uh, yes, or, hey, Eric, GoBots are better than Transformers. No. no! Yeah, see, there you go. You have a lot of things that you can get angry about. But that's the end of You're the podcast, Eric. That is the end. What do you give your book of the week? 
My book of the week is a tie this week between White Knight and Deathstroke. Ooh, both my books, too. Uh, I'm going with White Knight. And, again, that was on the Patreon-only spotlight. So if you want to hear us talk about that, uh, you can go over to Patreon at patreon.com slash science. I'll just mention that quick as I go to the next bit of telling you what we're going to talk about next week on the podcast. We didn't have a lot of books this week. We have a couple more next Aww. week. But we have Action Comics 999. You look at that upside down, Eric, and it's satanic. I'm telling you, if you read this issue of Action Comics while standing on your head, you're in big trouble. I'm just going to read it backwards. I don't know that that works. It has to be upside down. I don't know how things work, man. Backwards is still 999. I'm going to read it from bottom to top. Just watch out, Eric. You're going to have to do a reverse Benjamin Button if you keep saying that. I've been doing that most of my life. You say backwards. You're such a pike. Eric, I've been waiting for that. Bat, Batgirl <laughs> Birds of Prey, number 20. Detective Comics, number 976. Eternity Girl, number one, Eric. That's a Reggie Chris book. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number something, because I'm looking here, number 40. Justice League of America, number 26. We have Mr. Miracle, number there, seven. Mr. Miracle number seven, Eric, and I'll give you a little tip or hint. There is a birth in that issue. and A rebirth? Maybe. And also, I will also let everybody know, just as a little bit of a, you know, a fast-forward spoilers man damn uh, future gym issues, I didn't mind this issue as much as I've I've minded a lot of others. So at least you got that going, Eric. People can smile. You also liked a lot now. of those issues. I did uh, the first issue, and then I kind of went down from there. But yeah, I, recently I've been the lowest on the totem pole. Uh, this seems to be something. But I, I will also tell you that I like it for nothing to do with really the overall story. But we also have <laughs> New Superman, Justice League of China, number twenty-one, Ragman, number six, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number twenty, uh, Sideways, number two, Sue. Suicide Squad number thirty-seven. Uh, when I say si- when I see Sideways, I always I wish that it was another name because Silencer and Sideways just kind of when I just glance I kind of see both at the same time. I have a problem. Suicide yeah. Squad number thirty-seven. Supergirl number nineteen. The Flash number forty-two. Maybe we'll get a little more grot, Eric. Titans number twenty-one. Uh, getting near the end of that series for now. Trinity number nineteen. Getting near the end of that series as well. And Wonder Woman number 42. And I will mention the Patreon one more time. I actually lied earlier because uh, the badasses will be picking two of those books to be on the Patreon-only spotlight. And you can go over there. And if you want to be a badass or one of the other levels, go over to patreon.com slash science. Check out everything that we Check do. Check it out. Uh, as we say this and as you listen to this on the feed, I did put up my DC – DC, I always say that – Weird Science Comics news not just dc eric it's comics news on comics. the feed and if you listen to that you can see what that's all about that's a show that i put out every week said it's weekly eric very weekly <laughs> and uh you can listen to that just to give i i know that we talk about the patreon and kind of say oh there's 190 plus things and i name names of shows and stuff like that i really do think it's one of those things that you have to kind of listen to something to kind of get the gist of what it is all about and hopefully yeah. you would go over there and listen to it it's just me it's me but 
by myself this week. And me, I myself, think it's, and I. Me, myself, and I. Bing, 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 bing. And it's about uh, 50 minutes long. So it's not like two minutes or whatever. I take my time. I have some jokes. I usually make myself look like a piece of shit by the end, which yeah. is, you know, part for the course. Uh, but, yeah, just check it out if you want to just listen to that, just to listen to it. But if you like it, go over to our Patreon, and you will not be charged till April 1st. April Fool's, Eric. Uh, and with that, you can use it as a free trial and then bail and basically say to us, like Eric laughed at uh, before, April Fool's, suck us and get the hell out. Ah. But at least give it a shot. I'm telling you, that's all I ask. No. Is, uh, listen, listen to the shows, and if they're not for you, that's fine. And then bail because we suck. But maybe you'll stay because we don't suck so much. But we'll see. But that is the end of the show. Eric, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. We keep it weird. weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, yeah.